warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 394. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about It's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, paint, erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftovers, and you're the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers, the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Sword of Omens, come to my hand. I, Lion-O, command it. Hi, this is Larry Kenny, the voice of Lion-O on Thundercats, and you're listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Thunder, Thunder, Thundercats, ho! Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And we're the Leftovers. And that was a, what was up with the, uh, with the pause there, Jake? There was a pause? Yeah. I didn't notice. Oh, I did. I, I'm Brian, and then it was like one, two, three. I'm Jake. <laughs> My apologies. I was unaware of. I did not realize there was that big of a gap. It was. It was like a Grand Canyon sized gap, there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. We're rusty. You're rusty. rusty. Don't, don't throw, don't, don't lump me into that bullshit with you. <laughs> I fucking, I fucking rattled that shit off like it was like, uh, you know, the back of my hand bullshit, man. You're like, yeah. Yeah. Don't lump me in with you, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was rusty. You're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We had a week off. We're back. Uh, I don't know if people have been begging for another episode, Jake, but we're going to give them one. Yeah. We're going to give them what they deserve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you're responsive now like immediately responsive i don't know what happened before and i, I honestly didn't even realize there was it there i thought it was right on time i don't maybe it must have been an internet glitch or something <laughs> a glitch in the matrix um I was unmuted already i don't know what was going on oh man let's get to the bottom of this i don't care let's move on all right. <laughs> I'll get Encyclopedia Brown on the case. Oh, jeez. I don't even think half our listeners know who the fuck Encyclopedia Brown is, Jake. I wanted to make the most dated fucking boomer reference I could think of. Yeah. I mean, come on. At least, like, Sherlock Holmes has been more popular in the past few years. But you, you're like, I'm going to go with Encyclopedia Brown. I don't want to get Joe Stark that excited this early on in the podcast. I forget up Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, yeah. Next, it's going to be McGruff the Crime Dog. 
There should be like a true crime kind of fucking program with McGruff. Like all of a sudden they're going over this serious murder that happened in fucking. <laughs> and then you got McGruff, the crime dog. <laughs> Looks like Cindy's dead. <laughs> <laughs> this content may be sensitive to some viewers. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucked up, man. <laughs> Jake, we're not alone. If people haven't heard, we've got Tristan Brown. Welcome back, Shifting Tristan. Hey, glad to be back. And I'm always rusty, and my responses are always delayed. So, yeah, at least you own up to it. <laughs> Jake, Jake, yeah, Jake, Jake, oblivious. What? I'm still in denial. I know. He's like, what? There's no pause in between. Let's get Encyclopedia Brown on this. (laughs) 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 All right. And joining us the last time we had this guy on was 60 episodes ago. Three episode three thirty four, Jake. We had uh Willie Lasante from Willie Ranson Reviews on. Willie is back after sixty episodes. That just goes to show you how good I was the first time. <laughs> it, it took me 60 episodes to forget how terrible you were. The, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it's been too long, Willie. How you been? I've been good, man. I've been good. And I don't, I don't mind Jake's pause. Like the dramatic effect, it was good. What about McGruff the Crime Dog's pause? His physical well, I pause. That, I, I, think that, I think that episode, the, Gruff, the Crime Dog episode, has got to be like a SVU. Make it really like uncomfortable i think it'd be great if they like they cut back to him and he's like sniffing another detective's butt (laughs) (laughs) he's like and like during like he's talking about how this lady was chopped up into little bits and the whole time he's like humping somebody's leg you know (laughs) the detective is just walking and he's just sniffing his ass walking with him (laughs) i smell a crime he's looking for evidence (laughs) Oh man, what'd you eat today, Bill? <laughs> yeah. Lay off those energy drinks, man. Let's see, yeah, welcome back, Willie. How's things going over there at Willie Ranson Reviews? Oh, great, man, great. Oh man, you got me excited for it. <laughs> it's uh, no. your, your excitement is contagious, sir. Well, no, you know what it is. I've been, I've been, um, I just finished. I, I think I recorded my review for Candyman about five different times. Ooh. And I've been afraid to post it. Really? Well, we're going to be talking about Candyman on this episode. I, I, I have seen it. Uh, Tristan, did you, I haven't, I'm going to ask you right now. Did you get a chance to see Candyman? Yeah, I saw it late last night. Oh, awesome. Awesome. So we got three of us that have watched it. That's perfect. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, I want to. I want to thank. Uh, I want to thank one of our listeners, uh, Jesus Vargas, for sending us a donation. So thank you, Jesus. Very fucking cool of you. I didn't forget, man. I know that the, it came in a few weeks ago, but thank you so much for the donation. And uh, we're gonna go over, Jake. We're gonna go over the uh, a couple weeks ago. We had the crime story contest, and we're gonna go over the, right. the crime story contest winners. And guess what, Jake? You know what happens when you're giving out five crime story digital codes and only five people enter oh no those five one's a winner those five people are all winners that's a beautiful story though isn't it jake 
It is beautiful. I, I got goosebumps on my arm right now. The movie's called Crime Story, but this, sir, is a beautiful story. Five people entered to win this movie. Five people win. Five out of five, Jake. I don't know if the movie ever gets a five out of five from anyone, but <laughs> we got five out of five people here who won. You know what, Jake? This movie stars uh, Myra Sorvino and Richard Dreyfuss. I recently, this past week, I went back and watched... Uh, Romy and Michelle's high school reunion for the first time in like 20 years. Who's got their oh, phone awesome. going off? Somebody getting a phone call? Or am I hearing uh, shit? No. no. That was you, Willie. <laughs> you know, I got to wait another 60 episodes. <laughs> you, 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 are, you are not Willie. You're more like Alf. Like having you on this podcast. You're like the <laughs> Alf of this podcast. <laughs> Jake liked that one. Jake was like, Jake was like, man, that's almost as topical as Encyclopedia Brown, Brian, bringing up Alf. Um, what was Alf's catchphrase? Do you remember? Did he have a catchphrase? I think he did. Um, Everyone had a catchphrase back then. Was it like a, it wasn't me type of thing? Yeah, it was something like, uh, yeah, it wasn't like an, it wasn't Urkel. I did I do that? Gimmick, right? Yeah, it wasn't. He ate, he ate the, the cats. cats. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he ate the cats. He was from Mel Mac. I don't know. Hey, well, you know, we'll follow up on that later, Jake. <laughs> I got you. Get me all sidetracked with Alf catchphrases. Anyway. Get McGruff the crime dog on it to discover the answer. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Five people entered, five people win. Monica Garola, William Dixon, Andrew Kane, Marissa Armstrong, and Alfredo Tostado. I will get those out to you uh, tomorrow or Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or something. One of those days, you're going to get your fucking digital copy of uh, Crime Story starring Richard Dreyfus and Myra Sorvino. Uh, we do have a new contest this week that I want to go over, and it is for uh, Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins. Uh, get at early access to Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins on digital today in this action-packed adventure that critics are calling the best G.I. Joe movie yet. The iconic hero Snake Eyes rises to become the ultimate warrior in the battle against Cobra by Snake Eyes G.I. Joe Origins on digital today and get all new special features, including a bonus short film, deleted scenes, and much more available at participating retailers. It's rated PG-13 from Paramount Pictures. We did a review on it. If you want to hear our thoughts on it, go listen to our review. But, uh, we got five digital copies of this that we're going to be giving out to people. And if you want to be entered into this contest, I'm going to be sharing a Facebook post and sending out a tweet. All you have to do is screenshot it that you either retweeted it or shared it on Facebook. And then send that to me, comments at popcultureleftovers.com, and I will get you entered into the contest. And we will go over those winners in two weeks because next week we're going to be going over Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, Jake, are you, I, you're not going to be here next week, but are you still going to go see that next week? Yes, I will be seeing it on Friday, most likely. Okay. I think I'm going to go see it again on Thursday. And I'm, they got a theater playing it in 3D. And I think I want to go see it on 3D. Yeah, I cannot tell you the last time I've seen a movie in 3D. I, I really need to do that. I, I miss it. I was upset because I found out there was a theater playing Free Guy in 3D. That would have been a fun movie to see in 3D. 
that would have been a perfect movie for 3D with yeah. all that video game world stuff. I know. I wish I would have known that, and then I would have saw it in 3D. But, uh, yeah, I saw Black Widow in 3D. Um, I am going to go see Shang-Chi in 3D. That's going to be a lot of fun. Tristan, are you going to go see Shang-Chi? I just bought my tickets actually like 30 minutes ago. Nice. Yeah. Can't wait to. Nice. You guys. Such great things. I think you're going to love, I think you, I think most people are going to love this one. I, on the way out of the theater, there was literally just one guy and I, he said something like he had, his buddy was raving about the movie and then he was like, man, I'm so let down. That is the worst, one of the worst Marvel movies I've seen in a long time. And I was like, what wow. the fuck are you talking about, dude? I've heard nothing but just glowing reviews. Yeah. I've even, I've even heard people saying they liked it better than, than Endgame. And, and that's amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, man, for me, I think, I, I th- still think Endgame's better, but as far as like these origin stories go, I think it's like, I would say Iron Man, Black Panther, and then this, in my really? opinion. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'd put it, definitely put it over like Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel. Um, it's, and you know, I like both of those movies. It's just, this is really, really fucking phenomenal in my opinion. And you know, I'm, I get, maybe I'm biased because I love martial arts shit and, and Simulu is so good in this. But, uh. Yeah, one thing I heard is that the trailers just don't do it justice. mm -mm. Good. I think like if you're wanting to see like, Wenwu is amazing, but like, I think like the one villain that let me down was death dealer death dealer like i thought it was going to be a much bigger thing like death dealer was kind of like the guy who was like abusive to to shang chi in like the trailers and stuff and fighting him and stuff i thought that there'd be like this bigger story with death dealer and there really wasn't like i think razor fist had a larger character arc than fucking death dealer in this movie which was but they gave so much to wen wu in this movie that I can't complain. It was, it's really fantastic. I, it's, it's a Tupperware and I can't wait to see it again, um, on Thursday. So I, I really can't wait for you guys to watch this. One thing I'm looking forward to is the humor I hear is, is really good in that, that movie and the chemistry between Aquafina and Simi Lou. Oh, it's, um, so, they're, they're great together. Yeah. I saw a clip, uh, today when I was watching, uh, Aquafina on, uh, Jimmy Kimmel. It's like a clip of them uh, talking about the name, like his name change, and it was hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think people are really gonna really gonna love this one. I really do, man. I hope I hope I get to go to an early screening of Eternals. I really hope that's something that that I get to do too, because it's it's these these movies, um, these Marvel movies are just such huge events that. Uh, Getting the chance to see him early is just it's it's pretty awesome if you ever get the if you ever get the opportunity. The uh, exciting thing is that um Kevin Feige, he's been really raving about the Eternals too. I mean, that's the one that he's really, really excited about. Hmm. And and if you know, Shang Chi comes out and it's an amazing film, you know, who knows what Eternals gonna turn into. I know, I know. I think, I think Eternals is, the, I think it's gonna be like one of the, what do you think, Jake? Do you think it's gonna be one of the most Easter egg laden Marvel films ever with the fact that they've been here for thousands of years and we get to maybe see like different ways that they've shaped the MCU? Like all these things that we've seen from different areas in the MCU might be because of like Eternals influence in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I, I mean- 
Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I, I do think it, it might be the most Easter egg laden of the Marvel movies, just from the pretense. I mean, just going yeah. through all those different eras. And yeah, it'll be really interesting. It's fun, like when you go back into the past and you can create storylines that we can pick up in the modern day and possibly other movies besides just Eternals. So mm -hmm. it's a really unique opportunity to kind of sow some crazy shit that we may see, you know, to fruition later on. It makes me like, you know, it makes me wonder if like, you know, Fastos played by Brian Tyree Henry, he's like the inventor of the group in the Eternals. And it makes me wonder if like maybe he kind of sparked the technology that we see in Wakanda. I think it's, I think it's almost a given, um, just given the reference to vibranium and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like whether he's the one that's behind every, monumental marble artifact that's going to be a, a question to be answered yeah yeah i still stick to my theory and i talked about it during our shang chi bonus episode i still i still think that fastos created those rings and I, and, and once you guys see the movie go into it thinking that when you get to the first mid credit scene because it's an it's an interesting i'm not going to spoil that scene for you but and they don't they don't lay it out like that but have that in the back of your mind uh, mm -hmm. when you watch that first mid credit scene. And uh, it's an interesting way to look at that scene. Um, but uh, we'll talk. Oh, we'll talk about that next week. I can't wait. I'm just dying. I'm dying to talk to somebody about Shang-Chi. <laughs> I'm dying to talk to somebody about this fucking movie. So, oh, man, you don't have a single peer that saw it as well. No, oh, really? No, you don't. No, I no, I don't. No, I thought you said oh, you had somebody that that had watched. Oh, no, it. no, I was. Because I mean, the last movie—at least when you saw the Suicide Squad—you had one other person. Yeah. You'd like kind of go back and forth with. That, right. That sucks that you got to go two full weeks. I mean, it, it's awesome that you saw it early, but then it's yeah, like biting your fingernails, waiting to fucking go crazy talking about it. Yeah, and you know the embargo's been lifted. I could talk about everything if I wanted to now, but I'm not going to spoil it for our listeners. I, we're a, we're a week away, and I cannot wait for people to to finally be able to, to watch this and uh, enjoy this movie. Willie, are you looking forward to Shang-Chi? Yeah, of course, dude. It's comic book movie. It's a theater. I mean, you don't have to twist my arm for that right now at this point. Yeah, yeah. I have yeah. a question. Go ahead, Willie. No, and I was going to say, you know, I mean, frick the, I mean, you had the Suicide Squad. I was excited. It's like, it's like, dude, this is just, it's good. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm happy. Yeah, so, Brian, um, there's, I was told that this post-credit scene is like a top-tier post-credit scene. So is this a top-tier post-credit scene that Jake's going to enjoy? I, th I think that this is one that Jake will be kind of shocked with when he sees, like, as far as, like, um, what is kind of, like... It, the the, the, the mid-credit scene actually asks more questions than it gives answers to, but you can, like, try to form your own theories and things like that about it. Um, but I... I think Jake will be, I think you'll be happy with it because it does like, um, forward the story along in an interesting way. It, it makes Shang-Chi kind of like integral to the Marvel Cinematic Universe going forward. Does he play the drums with the giant ant? No, that is bullshit. That's the <laughs> shit. And honestly, that's, I thought we were gonna get at least one comical post credit scene neither one of them are the first one basically is like the future of the mcu with this character there's some questions 
that are asked. And in the second one, it's basically setting up like the sequel of, of Shang-Chi. So there's, yeah, there's one that's like, uh, okay, let's, I'm going to shut the fuck up about Shang-Chi. We'll talk about it next week. I can't wait. Um, but we are not going to bury the lead this week. I, I really just kind of want to jump into uh, the big news of the week. We're going to jump into Marvel news and Marvel news this week starts off with uh, the uh, Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. Let's jump into Marvel news. Marvel news. All right. So, yes, uh, tell you what, I mean, Willie l- literally just watched the trailer. Jake uh, and I have have watched the trailer probably dozens of times. Tristan, I'm sure you've seen it dozens of times. I saw it, uh, yeah, about five times. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, I guess... I guess we can go ahead and, and, and rate this one now. Um, if this is your first time listening, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. Now, we are going to be breaking this down. Uh, here's the thing. I'm not going to break down every fucking beat of this trailer like I've done with some of the other trailers. I really want to talk about, like, the big things that we see in this trailer. The things that, uh, I mean, yeah, there's some Easter eggs in here. You know, you've got the the Ditko graffiti and all that stuff. I, I mean, you've seen it. So I'm not going to go beat by beat by beat. I really want to talk about the big things in this trailer, but based off of our reactions, Tristan, what was, what, what did you think about this trailer? I'm just going to go ahead and tap over the trailer. I think it gave everything that a trailer is supposed to give you. I mean, it basically tells you exactly what we're going to be dealing with. You can almost feel it pick up right after far from home. And, um, it didn't give away the pivotal second and third acts, it seems. It seems like this is all first act stuff for the most part. Um, maybe a little bit of second act peppered in there, but obviously we know something big is coming in the third act and it didn't show any of that. And I'm, I'm glad, you know, it's, it's a very informative trailer and didn't spoil much. So that's, you know, that's Tupperware from me. Tupperware from Tristan. Uh, Willie, what did you think? Um, first, I just want to make it clear that I didn't see it just now because I didn't care about it. We do genuine first trailer reactions, so that's why I didn't see it until now. I've been dying to see this trailer, and it, it did not disappoint. Oh, my God. I love that. Uh, you've seen all the stuff in the, you know, obviously online about, oh, this guy's going to be in it, this guy's going to be in it, like all these Spider-Mans and everything else. But it's so cool how the trailer just kind of held back from that. And one thing that I really love about this Spider-Man is just that bond that he has with just Mary Jane and just that he just feels like the best Peter Parker to me. I love Tobey Maguire, but he feels like the best Peter Parker to me. I love Tom Holland. And um, just, uh, it's those little things about his character and you see that, but then, you know, just to see at the very end, Doc Ock. And obviously you see, you know, you, you see, uh, you know, the Green Goblin's, you know, bomb that he throws. And I'm just like, holy shit. Like, it's like a freaking tease at the end. 
which is awesome. So absolute Tupperware. Yeah, I actually went back and watched the 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 first two Raimi Spider Man movies, and with watching those fresh after watching the trailer. And I want to hear what Jake has to say because I know you went down kind of like the same rabbit hole, Jake. Mm-hmm. But it solidified for me, and this might be a controversial statement to some people on the podcast and some people listening, maybe not others. But I still think I, I think that Tobey Maguire is the best Spider-Man we've ever had on screen. Yeah, I mean, I wish I could argue, but I, I'm right there with you 100%. I knew you would be. I knew you would be, Jake. And it was like, but before my rewatch, I really didn't know how I'd feel because, you know, and because those movies, you know, 2002, 2004, I mean, it's been so long, you know, since those movies have come out. And Mm. some of the people watching this new trailer weren't even born yet when those movies came out. So I don't even know if they have a horse you know, in this race as far as like to just, you know, if they say, you know, Tom Holland's the best Spider-Man, it's like, eh, have you, have you gone back and watched the Tobey Maguire movies? And, oh, go ahead. But I was going to say, but you know what though? I don't think that could be argued either. Like, I think you can go either direction. Tobey Maguire, I mean, he brought that to, to film. Uh, so if somebody says Tobey Maguire, I don't think that's wrong. I think that's like choosing which is the best in the Dark Knight trilogy. I mean, I know, obviously, with you, it's Dark Knight Rises, but it, it, to me, it's like whatever... It depends what day it is. So you Now, you tell me Andrew Garfield, I'll argue with you on that one. But between Toby and Tom Holland, I think they're both amazing. I just, first, I just love the Tom Holland thing a, a little bit more. Sure. Maybe if we didn't have mm-hmm. Spider-Man 3, I'd probably still be going Tobey Maguire. I just I can't get rid of the whole goth dance thing. Um, <laughs> well, I, 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 I view that the same way that I view the Superman movies. Christopher Reeve is still the best Superman, but Superman 3 is an abomination. Oh, my God. Superman 3 is the night. Well, I mean, Wonder Woman 1984 to me was the new version of Superman 3. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I agree with that now. The more time I've had away from that movie, the more Wonder Woman 1984 just really doesn't live up to the <laughs> to that first that movie. movie even happened. Oh man, it was. Maybe Spider-Man Three is leagues ahead of those two movies, in my opinion. Oh, it's no, it's it's better than both of those movies. I'll agree with you there, Jake. I mean, I I haven't watched Spider-Man Three in a long time. I remember like it not being my favorite, but I didn't hate it as much as a lot of other people. But um, on the on the flip side, it's it is not as bad as, bad as Superman Three or Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. I think one of the rough things about Spider-Man Three, honestly, to me, was just. You don't shoehorn in a villain like Venom. Well, I, I, I think the problem with that one, in my, in my personal opinion, was like they did shoehorn in Venom, but I think like what they were leading up to was, was, um, was, uh, Harry Osborn is the villain. And that's where they should have like kept it. It should have just been the Harry Osborn, like, this is the finale with him in this one. And then, and then move on into the next movie being like a Venom symbiote kind of, uh, story. Um, but let's not, let's not, let's not get too wrapped up in Spider-Man 3. Let's actually just, let's bring it back. Cause I, no, I love having these conversations. I do. And it, and like, I got, part of me is like, Wonder Woman 1984. Let me, t- let me clear this up. I didn't, I, I didn't like how they portrayed Diana in this one. She was in the first one is she was like the fish out of water. And in this one, they made her like so, 
she was not the same fun loving character that we got in that first movie. And that's what mm-hmm. I, that's what I thought like worked with the first Thor movie and what didn't work in the second Thor movie, but then what worked again in Ragnarok is we had the fun moments with our, with our hero. And yeah. <laughs> moving on, let's, <laughs> Jake, what did you think about, uh, the, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home trailer? Yeah, you know, Homecoming and Far From Home are not my favorite Marvel movies in the MCU. But, yeah, I absolutely love this trailer. It was a Tupperware for me. I I am such a big fan of the Raimi Spider-Man movies and, you know, the Garfield movies happen. But just to see all of it, like, combined together in some way, like, after how much I enjoyed the animated Spider-Verse movie, I mean, I'm just, like, fist-pumpingly excited for this movie. Like, this is probably the movie I'm most excited for now that we're past the suicide squad. I I just can't wait to see how they handle all these characters. And if they, you know, can dribble this ball and do something really fucking sweet with this stuff. I, I, I'm so excited. I, I've seen this trailer more times than any trailer that's come out this year. And it's only been out like a week or so now. Um, Oh my gosh. I can't wait to see this trailer in the theater. I have not had that experience yet. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I can't wait to talk about this. I'm so fucking pumped when Alfred Molina showed up. I wish I could have a picture of the smile on my face when that happened. Oh my gosh. Even on the grainy bootleg phone on a phone version, I was just like fist pumping in excitement. So for a trailer to have that much impact, even when you're watching it phone on phone recording, I mean, that's something that's a trailer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also going to get, yeah, when I, I watched the, the leaked one and I was fucking flipping out. I was taking, <laughs> I was taking screenshots of, uh, the pumpkin bomb and sending it to you guys. Like, oh my God, that's a fucking yeah. pumpkin bomb. You know, and we, <laughs> I was just, I was freaking the fuck out. Um, first off, I, so I Tupperware this trailer. I absolutely loved it. You guys have pretty much said everything I have to say about it. I thought it was, was fantastic and it really kind of like, um, gets me like really excited and, 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 and going into this trailer breakdown, I wasn't confident about it. Um, when I first started breaking everything down because it, it, this trailer asks a lot of questions and doesn't give you a lot of answers. Um, there's a lot of questions that it asks and I was like, I don't think I have any answers to this. And then I have a theory, which I'm going to go over with you guys at the tail end of this. But how we're going to do this is I'm going to break down the trailer, what I thought was really important about it. And then we're going to get into some major leaks uh, on this on this Spider-Man movie that I think are pretty reputable. And I'll get into how reputable I think they are. Um, there's a very reputable leaker on Reddit. And, um, and I want to get into that. But another leaker on reddit says that this trailer has it's it's and i don't think i believe this a hundred percent i believe there's a little bit in here but i don't think it's a hundred percent and i'll get into what i think might be um not real as far as like you know fake scenes like remember endgame endgame had some fake scenes thrown in things that we didn't see in the movie things that the russo brothers used in the trailer to like you know they designed a design that trailer to throw us off and not know exactly what's going on. And, um, so, I mean, if you guys point, if you guys can tell me if there's any fake scenes in this one that you kind of think that might not happen, let me know. But as far as I'm concerned, there might be a couple, but I, but I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure now. Um, 
let's dive into this. Let's just dive into it. Peter, uh, we, we know he's having problems dealing with life after the reveal that he is Spider-Man. You know, Mysterio uh, leaked out that video of him getting killed, murdered by Spider-Man. It was all, like, doctored and faked and shit. And, uh, you know, he got killed by the drone, which was actually a drone that he commanded to kill Spider-Man and then it ends up killing him and it gets blamed on Spider-Man. Everybody knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And I want to get to the point in the trailer. Um, let's talk about this. There, there's a point in the trailer where we see Peter cuffed to a table and a, and a guy slamming down some files. And, um, at first, Jake, I was convinced that the guy was Matt Murdock Yes, yes, yes. I've, I've 180 a bit on this too now. Yeah, but I, I do want to get back into that once we talk, start talking about the leaks. So in that scene, I think it is just kind of a detective questioning him and, you know, maybe like a good cop, bad cop scenario, you know, where two guys are playing good cop, bad cop and trying to get information out of Peter. Do, do you think that Peter goes to, to jail at any point in time in this movie, Jake, as some as some leakers have uh, like rumored, I do think he does. Really, I think that makes sense. Yeah, I I could see it. Maybe that's where Murdoch shows up is when he's at his lowest of lows in a jail cell. Uh, okay. What do you think, Tristan? Do you think Peter goes to jail? Um, if I have to guess, I'm going to say no. I think it's just an interrogation um, because. At this point, it's just J. Jonah Jameson saying, uh, or, or no, I'm sorry, it wasn't J. Jonah Jameson. It was uh, 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 Mysterio who basically just Quentin Peter back. Parker. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I don't know if that's enough to actually arrest someone and, and throw them into jail, but it seems like he gets to the point where he, they're just being questioned and maybe Matt Murdock comes in at that point. That's what I'm thinking too. That's what I'm thinking too. And I'm, we'll get into that a little bit more. But I think like, I think at the end of the day, I, I thought originally he was going to go, I thought Peter was going to go to prison. And then I thought while Peter's in prison, he was going to see like a sling ring open up and he was going to walk through a portal and that's where he's going to talk to, to Dr. Strange. And I don't think that that's the case anymore. We see him at a, at, in the trailer, we see him in the shot of the new suit the one that 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 came out as like it's a leaked toy and it's it it looks like it's a blend of Doctor Strange's powers. It's it's lined in gold and it's black and it has gold lining and it and and the toy itself said that the suit has uh, mystic spider web effects. So it looks like it's a suit that was like designed by Doctor Strange. Well, in this trailer, they show him running through like like a cafeteria. And it's not a school cafeteria. There are like older people there getting food. And if you look on the wall, it says feast, which is like, it's a homeless shelter in the comics. And it's also been in the PS4 game. And I think he's doing community service. So I think he's like, maybe kind of like on a, maybe on a house arrest type deal. And then he gets time to go to feast and, and do like community service and stuff. That's cool that they would introduce Feast. That's such a Marvel mainstay, and it makes sense to introduce that here. Yeah. Um, the only reason why I would think it's not community service is because it's like, you know, Peter Parker has always done Feast just out of the goodness of his heart. And 
to be forced to do this. I, I don't think they would go that route. And also, for him to do community service, he'd have to be convicted of something. I don't think he's going to actually be convicted of a crime or anything like that. Hmm. Do you think that people believe that he is... Do you think that all people believe that he's Spider-Man in this world? I think it's going to be like a mix of like the conspiracists who think he's not, but, but it seems like he's sort of owning up to it because he could have just denied it. Right. But like he's, it almost seems like he's owning up to it immediately. Yeah. What do you think, Jake? I agree with that. It doesn't seem like he's like trying to deny it. It seems like, and it seems like Tom Holland's like Spider-Man is kind of incapable of that. Right. Like if you hit him with a truth bomb to his face when he doesn't have the mask on, I, I don't think he can hide the truth just in his facial emotions and it's almost like the real life of tom holland who can't fucking like keep a spoiler down <laughs> like once it's out there i think he's not going to be able to deny it i, I kind of lean with what tristan's saying yeah hmm yeah because they could have easily rectified this with scrolls or you know nick fury could have put a squash to this if they wanted to it seems but it's like almost like he's owning it yeah I don't know. I don't know if he's actually going to come out and, I mean, okay. Uh, when I get into like the, yeah, well, I, I'll, I'll expound upon what my thoughts are a little bit later. What do you think, Willie? Um, I think, I think basically all bets are off. Anything can happen because the way I look at it is this is all going to get retconned anyway with the spell. Hmm. Before he does that spell, I mean, God knows what could happen. We could see Matt Murdock. I don't think. We, I mean, I'm thinking. I'm guessing we're not going to see him in a suit, but to see uh, like, like an intro to Matt Murdock would be cool. Um, I could see him definitely going to jail. I could see him dropping the soap. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, it's just going to get retconned. Um, I'm joking about the dropping the soap. I don't think it's going to be a Marvel movie, but um, but it's yeah. I mean, you could see anything. At the end of the day, what I'm I loved the, the second one far from home and as much as i loved you know that that last piece i also was a little bit saddened by it because just being a kid looking at the comics i loved peter's relationship with mary jane and only her knowing he was spider-man and when we finally got that and then we see that last thing with jay jonah outing him with with the broadcast i was like shit we're gonna we're not even gonna get that so I'm kind of cool they're they're touching on it and maybe retconning to an extent because um, Peter Parker's relationship with his loved ones was something that in the comics I really liked. It's something that was kind of a big thing for me. Um, and I mean, that's a kid reading comics at that time, but it, it's uh, a lot of the stuff that's going to happen. Like, I think he, he absolutely can end up in jail. He can then, well, I mean... Whatever happens, it's just going to get retconned anyway with the spell. I mean, God knows where we're going to end up. So it could be the first five minutes of the, uh, you know, or, or three minutes that are, end up being a throwaway because of what Doctor Strange does. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, let's talk about that. Uh, he goes to Doctor Strange to uh, get this, uh, get it reversed and uh, walks into the Sanctum. The Sanctum Centaurum is, it looks like it's been frozen. So I don't know. Maybe... I, I was thinking like both, both Wong and Doctor Strange were taken in the snap. Um, we didn't see Wong taken in the snap, but like if you read like the script for, um, Endgame, uh, and in, I think it was Infinity War or Endgame, one of them, it proves that Wong was also taken. 
So I think that they're, they're, they are getting back to the Sanctum Santorum. And I think maybe, you know, how Doctor Strange has all these portals within the Sanctum Santorum. I think maybe they just like left a door open to one that was like in the Antarctic or something or a planet that has like, you know, uh, ice and is frozen. Maybe they left the door open and it's just, you know, it's just a comical thing. I, I, I don't think it's anything else other than something silly like that. I agree with that. It's totally just some gag. Like they left the door open to Antarctica for whatever reason. Um, I don't know. Maybe he just likes his beer that cold or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I, I have no, I have no idea. Um, it looks like from the trailers uh, that Doctor Strange is not, he's not casting a spell to make people forget that Peter is, is Spider-Man. He's, because he's actually having to alter all of reality so that it never happened. And I mean, cause if you, if you make people forget, like it, that doesn't matter. It's like, that doesn't work. I mean, there's already been broadcasts, you know, J. Jonah Jameson has been broadcasting that he is Spider-Man. You, you, yeah. So it happens to all the YouTube videos and everything. Right. Yeah. Like making people forget, they're just gonna, they're just gonna, you know, they've, there's, there's already stuff out there. So he actually has to alter all of reality so that it never happened. And you know, Brian, you know what? You just touched on something. You know what? I want to change my answer. Shit's got to get really bad because for Doctor Strange to mess with reality like that for someone, I'm guessing shit must get really bad for Peter. Because it can't just be an inconvenience thing where, oh, I'm not sure if I like people knowing I'm Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, because he's been very responsible with, with the way he works his magic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so for him to do that is out of character. Unless Peter's like, I mean, like fucked, like really, really fucked. Yeah. And it takes a massive re-altering of reality for all that to happen. And it makes you think, OK, can you just easily put, you know, his loved ones in protective custody or something and not actually change <laughs> reality itself? No. Maybe I should get into. I, I don't know if I can hold on to my theory much longer with kind of where this is. This is all going because I think that I need to break this open, like break this wide open right now, and what I think is actually going on. Um, <laughs> Jake, are you ready? Yeah, yeah, dude. I'm. I got my seatbelt on now, and I don't know. Like, Let's do it. <laughs> Here's the thing. I. I honestly think that the trailer is showing us things that are happening in this. And I think it's, I think just like, I think it's very misleading. And I think Dr. Strange is misleading Peter in this moment. I don't think it's, I don't think that, uh, I think we're watching this whole spell and we're watching all these things and, and everybody's like, Oh my God, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna alter reality. Like the, the big questions here that people are asking, like when they're watching this trailer is like, why is Doctor Strange wearing the Eye of Agamotto? Like, it was, cr- you know, the, he's got no stone. The stones were, like, decimated. They were destroyed. Um, why Why does he have, like, the necklace on? Because that was destroyed by Thanos. Like, okay, maybe he reforged it. Whatever. I don't know. But what's, I don't understand, like, what is, what is, what does the Eye of Agamotto hold now? What kind of, like, magic is it holding now? 
And then there's the question of like, why is Dr. Strange doing this? Like this is, these are things that Dr. Strange has been warned about. Like there's forbidden magic, you know, like that, that, you know, uh, that we've seen like in the Dr. Strange movie. Um, he got, he got, he's been told by Wong. He's been told by Mordo. You don't mess with this kind of shit. Like the book of Cagliostro that we saw in the first movie, like that's one of those ancient, you know, spell books that the ancient one was using. She was using dark magic, you know, to stay alive and all this stuff. And like, once you start going down like this path of using the dark magic, like it's, it's something that can like, it can, it, it can go horribly wrong. And he's been warned about this. And, and, and even in this trailer, you know, Dr. Strange is saying stuff like, uh, saying, saying things to Peter. What does he say to him? Uh, we tampered with the stability of space time. The multiverse is a concept about which we know frighteningly little. Um, you know, he talks about, uh, you know, the problem is you trying to live two different lives. The longer you do it, the more dangerous it becomes. Be careful what you wish for, Parker. You know, all these things like these are these are things that that he's saying, even in this trailer, things that other people have told him in previous movies. And yet he's fucking doing this spell all willy nilly. And everyone's getting wrapped up in the fact that, like, this doesn't seem like it's Doctor Strange. This, why would he be doing this? He's acting really weird in this trailer. He's not dressed like he usually is dressed and, and all this stuff. I, first off, I don't think it's Mephisto. And I know there's been fucking so many people speculating that it's either him as uh, Doctor Strange has been taken over by Mephisto, that, that we're not looking at Doctor Strange, we're looking at Mephisto. Um, and and some people are saying that you know it it's that it's Kang, maybe it's a, a version of Kang in this one, because this does seem to be pulling a lot of you know things from um, the uh, One More Day storyline, um, you know, and that it, it, that basically in um, One More Day. Peter Parker goes to Doctor Strange after Aunt May uh, is dying from a gunshot wound. And Doctor Strange says, you know, you know, I can't help you. So then Peter tries the spell himself against the wishes of Strange. And then later he meets like a young girl who says she can help him. Uh, which leads him to a woman that's in red, and then that turn that woman in red turns out to be Mephisto, who says he can save Aunt May's life. And it turns out um, that uh, in order to do that, he has to basically erase his marriage with Mary Jane. And they're given like 24 hours before they make the decision. They make the decision to go ahead and do it. And a lot of things are undone, and we find out that that little girl was like the future unborn daughter of Mary Jane and Peter. So there's a lot that happens in that storyline. And, and a lot of people are theorizing that, you know, strange was acting really weird in this trailer and that, that maybe it is Mephisto, you know? And, and I've even heard, you know, like I said, I've even heard people saying that it's, that it's Kang. I don't think it's any, any of that stuff. I think it is strange. And I think that Dr. Strange is taking a, page out of the ancient ones book here. And let me explain what I mean by that. I think he is putting on a little performance for Peter and faking a spell. And he's showing Peter what would happen if they were to do this. He's trying to scare Peter, Peter a little bit. I think that, that, you know, like 
in this whole thing, we, in this trailer, we see like this moment where we see Strange in his like full, like, you know, Doctor Strange regalia and he's wearing the Eye of Agamotto and, and he, sh- I think it's Doctor Strange showing Peter what could happen if this spell were cast and how dangerous it is. Dangerous it is because like there's this scene of Peter on the, the train car and then those train cars like turn into like eight other train cars and i think that's representing like eight different universe like eight different realities eight different timelines within the timeline and then the track ends and it branches off into another track and i think he's illustrating to peter the in in the way that he can what what the timeline is and and i it's kind of it reminds me of like in the first Doctor Strange movie where the Ancient One sent Stephen Strange into the astral plane and then he's zipping all around through the different dimensions. And I think that's what Stephen is doing here. I think he's putting on a show for Peter and showing him the ramifications of what such a spell would do. And... I love that theory. It's basically performance art, and that completely explains away why he's acting so impulsively. Mm-hmm. It's just like teaching him a hard lesson. Yes, and and I think what ends up happening at the end of this, Jake, when he teaches him this lesson, I think I think Doctor Strange is summoned somewhere, and he's got to he has to leave the sanctum, and we are they've already set it up that Wong has left the sanctum. Wong. Um, goes through like the sling ring and goes through a portal. And I, and, and if you look in the portal, there's like a part of a structure that looks like it's part of the Comertage, which we saw in the original Dr. Strange movie, which is where the sorcerer is all trained. So I think that's where Wong is going. Maybe he's going to train someone or he's going to study something. So Wong is gone. And I think Dr. Strange is summoned somewhere and that leaves Peter in the sanctum. And I think what ends up happening is Peter um, ends up coming, having Ned and maybe Mary Jane join him or maybe just Peter. He ends up performing the spell by himself and things go terribly wrong. And I like the I love Sorcerer's that. Apprentice. Like, yeah, the classic Sorcerer's Apprentice story. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And let me it lines up with the photos we've seen too. Like when we've seen the three of them like peeking around the corner in Doctor Strange's like place and everything. Right. Like why else would that scene be going on? Right. And I think like he brings Mary Jane and Ned there so that they don't forget who he is because Doctor Strange already went into the all into all that. So if they're there, they'll they'll remember who he is and and so but I also have another theory on top of that that I would like to get into once I get into some of the leaks that have come out. Well, um, before before you do that, yeah. I mean, you were going on such a roll. Can you tell us what the post credit scene is? Because this is solid. Shut up, Willie. No, I love it. Oh, it's great. <laughs> no, I really do love this. This is freaking great. I can't tell you what the post credit. It's just a theory, man. It's no, just a theory. Is, I mean, this is detailed, dude. This isn't a theory. This is a script. It's 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 a. I mean, but I'm also listen. I'm kind of out of order in my notes here because I was going to get into some of the Spider-Man leaks that I've heard about. Now, none of these leaks 
allude in, allude to this. This is all no, stuff you, that I've come up with. Yeah, but you think I'm joking. It's not like you were like taking a piss and thought this up. Like you really thought this up and this is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think I'm joking? No, like I'm, I'm, this is fucking badass, dude. I'm going to see the movie. I'm going to be like, fuck. Well, I, better. I just, well, honestly, I just, I, I, I think a lot of people are just, they're looking at what they're seeing here and they're just taking it at face value that fucking Dr. Strange is just fucking, you know, throwing caution to the wind and going willy nilly and just performing the spell. And I think it is going to be a callback to that first Dr. Strange movie where the ancient one shows him, you know, what they're capable of, that there's this whole other universe. And I think that's what, that's what Dr. Strange here is doing with Peter. And he's basically showing him like, if you do this, there are ramifications that can't be reversed. It is a dangerous path to go down. And he's that trying to... Solid, that really makes sense. I, and I think the only way to kind of like illustrate this is to make Peter think that this is actually happening. And I, he's thinking like it's going to scare him into, you know, abandoning this idea. But on the flip side, there are some leaks that have come out. So I... Let, I will, I, I do want to get into, into these leaks now and then kind of tie it back in with, with my theory as well. Um, and I sent these leaks, I sent some of these leaks to, to you, Jake and Tristan, um, earlier in the week. And, um, I, there was, there's a leaker on Reddit. And if, if you guys don't want to know anything about what's being leaked on Reddit, if you're worried about leaks and, and rumors and, and possible spoilers, then don't listen to this part of the podcast. Um, but there's someone uh, on Reddit. Their 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 username is My Time to Shine, and they've they've gone on record to say, "I'm not going to tell you guys who I am or what kind of job I do at Marvel Studios, but I am bringing this out because I'm frustrated. While I have not seen the movie, I have read the script." And goes like this. Oh shit! Um, oh, 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 oh! Excuse me. That is not from. I apologize. That is not from my time to shine. That is from someone else. I apologize. I'm going to get to the my my time to shine shit here in a second. But that is actually from somebody else, and that person I don't believe has seen this movie. I apologize. That is. But they they talk about how this movie has. Um, this trailer has fake scenes that are designed to throw you off. The only thing that I think that might be fake in this was honestly, at one time I thought maybe like the eye of Agamotto that he was wearing was there to throw you off. But even if Peter, even if that is just a vision that, that, that he is taking Peter through, cause like those scenes where he's wearing the eye of Agamotto look like, it could be like when he's on the train and there's like another part where he's pushing Peter out of the Spider-Man suit into like the astral plane and shit like that. That could just be like him. Cause the last time Peter saw Dr. Strange, he was wearing the eye of Agamotto. So he, I don't think Peter even knows that it was destroyed. If that makes any yeah, sense. That, okay. that makes sense. Okay. Anyway, my time. Think, um, okay. Um, the only thing I thought was was fake is I feel like the Hello Peter stuff is out of sequence big time. Oh, so you think like, he's talking to Toby? I, I I don't know if he's talking to Toby. I don't know if I'm like that far down the rabbit hole. But those those two backgrounds, like I'm convinced that those are two different scenes. That that's not during mm-hmm. that action sequence. Yeah, agreed. My time to my time to shine on Reddit. This is somebody who has been verified on 
Reddit as being like a legitimate leaker. And if you want to, you can go back and see that this person posted these theories for these movies that he br- kind of like gives us uh, reveals to. He posted this 115 days ago by the time you listen to this. And 115 days ago, this person, My Time to Shine on Reddit, posted that um, Olga Kurlenko is the one behind Taskmaster's mask. What a twist. The OT Fagbenly guy is just a friend with benefits. And so that is basically been proven true. Um, This person also, 115 days ago, uh, talked about Loki and the series and said Kid Loki killed his own Thor. He also said, uh, he or she also said so many different, oh, uh, pruned beings go to a realm with Elioth, and that was proven true. Um, and then Carmen Ayogo has a role in Secret Invasion, and that has been proven true. So this person has come out with a bunch of different um, theories that were posted and you know, possible leaks that were posted over 100 days ago that have actually turned out to be true. And then also within that, uh, that Reddit thread, they posted some things about Spider-Man No Way Home. And the trailer backs up a lot of these things. <laughs> and so this person on Reddit posted this about the movie. So they say basically Tom Holland's Peter is and they're being very vague here and they they use different names in the actual post and I changed them to what the name should be just for the sake of the podcast but they changed the names changed the names of certain characters and villains in this so that Disney wouldn't see it initially and and it would get taken down um but they put uh, so Tom Holland's Peter is sad and alone because he killed Mysterio he cries and sleeps alone in the streets he goes to Doctor Strange seeking help and Doctor Strange shows him that he caught five villains from the multiverse uh Sandman Electro Lizard Doctor Octopus and Green Goblin uh the Green Goblin is crying because he remembers the Spider-Man of his universe killing him he asks Peter to set him free and Peter agrees for some reason maybe because he's stupid I don't know so he beat the crap out of <laughs> So he beats the crap out of Doctor Strange and steals the key to the prison and sets them all free. And then the dumbasses blow up shit in New York City. So Peter has to stop them. Uh, Doctor Strange calls upon Toby McGuire and Andrew Garfield to help the uh, to help Tom Holland's Peter Parker to stop the dumbasses. And Electro gets very upset when he sees Andrew Garfield because he also remembers killing him, him getting killed by him in his universe. But he doesn't cry because unlike the other dumbasses, he's a big boy. So him and Andrew fight, and it's very cool, and that's all I know. You're welcome. And then there's also some other reveals here. But what I think is really interesting about this, Jake, is basically, like, you know, the trailer, uh, in the trailer for No Way Home, we see there's a, a box that Doctor Strange is holding. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. During the homage to the uh, Ancient One Doctor Strange scene from the first movie where yeah. Peter's kind of... Going into his out of body experience. Exactly. He's holding a box. I believe if we're to believe this person that wrote this spoiler, if we're to believe this person that that box is basically a multiverse prison. Now, this goes into other things that I've seen. Uh, in this trailer, there's that one shot of what people are saying is the lizard. 
And we've seen, like, I sent you guys, I sent Tristan and Jake, I sent you guys a link to watch that part of the video slowed down and they kind of cleared it up. And it does look like the lizard and it looks like he's basically behind some sort of like force field prison that's keeping him locked in and not allowing him to attack Peter. Did you guys watch that? It doesn't sound like you. Yes. yes okay. Yes. Okay. And, I, and I, I'm completely subscribed to the that box is some kind of multi-dimensional prison theory at this point. Okay. So our, this is what I'm thinking could be another possibility of what Doctor Strange is doing on his own because the next movie goes into the multiverse of madness. So do you think that Doctor Strange – you know, we've already seen this guy kind of like look into, you know, the millions of different futures. Do you think that he knows that Secret Wars is coming and he's trying to get a leg up on that event and imprison some of these multiverse villains before they can make an impact for Secret Wars? I like that. I hadn't thought of that yet, but that is a, there has to be like a he's not the collector. He's not just collecting them for shits and giggles. Like there has to be some like ultimate reason that he's he's grabbing these guys but yeah I, I like that he's trying to get a leg up he sees future possibilities he knows getting these chess pieces off the table will make it easier for the side he wants to win to win uh, that's a, that's a very interesting theory i like it well and i showed you the pictures of what looks like defoe willem defoe as green goblin without the mask on there's another shot of jamie fox electro and then another shot of who is the other one? Oh, Doc Ock. And they look like they're behind that same kind of like force field prison. And those were leaked pictures on the internet, Jake, and I sent those to you as well. So I do think that that box is a multiversal prison for the Sinister Six. And I think maybe it's maybe Doctor Strange is going throughout the multiverse and trying to collect up these villains in this multiversal prison. But I, I, and then I think that maybe Maybe when Doctor Strange leaves the Sanctum, maybe Green Goblin convinces him to set him free. God, what would he have to say to fucking Tom Holland? He really fucks up if that happens, but I can see it. I think Peter gets sucked into that box and he has a conversation with Willem Dafoe. And maybe Willem Dafoe says, like, you know, he's like basically paying, playing the part of you know, the devil here, Mephisto, he's being the one that's tempting Peter, you know, with the apple and the apple being like, oh, I can erase everybody's memory. I can help you with that. I know how to do that, blah, blah, blah. And he gets set free. And then he fucking blows up the sanctum and they all the villains leave. And that's when we get our big fucking battle and shit. Hmm. I will, I, I will fucking lose my shit if I see a Sinister Six battle. Oh, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna see all these characters together at the same time on the screen. I can promise you that. We're gonna see no, yeah. Willem Dafoe. I know, it's just, it's, just it, it's, we see it at the end of that atrocious, amazing Spider-Man 2. And it's like, okay, great idea, wrong frickin' movie, wrong universe, with frickin' Garfield. And, and then, so to be able to see it in this universe, I mean, that's just frickin' mind-blowing. Yeah, there's no way that Sony's gonna miss this opportunity for no. the Sinister Six movie. <laughs> Well, here's some of the other um, leaks that he that he put out there. Uh, Doctor Strange calls upon uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield to help. Oh, yeah, I already went over that one. Uh, Charlie Cox shows up as Matt Murdock. And uh, that 
So basically that scene that we see where the guy's slamming down the files, this person believes that after that, Matt Murdock comes in as the lawyer to kind of like shut that all down. Like, you know, Peter's my client, blah, blah, blah. And he takes care of Peter. Um, this person also says that Peter wears Dr. Strange's cape in this movie. And I'm thinking that maybe Jake, that's part of like the ritual when he tries to perform this spell by himself. Hmm. I wonder if that's how he inadvertently creates the, uh, Dr. Strange, like the costume, the black and gold costume. Possibly. Or maybe when he releases, if he does release Willem Dafoe's, um, green goblin and then the goblin, you know, starts to attack and lets all the other, you know, and takes off with the, with the box himself and then, uh, you know, lets out the other villains later. Maybe the cape, maybe Peter gets knocked out by the goblin and the cape latches on to Peter and flies him out uh, to safety. Cause we've seen that before where Dr. Strange has basically been incapacitated and the, the, the cape will try to, you know, help him out of danger. And that would make sense at this point in the movie. You're not going to show Peter with the valiant win here. You're going to show him, you know, end up with the lowest of blows being completely blindsided by, you know, Norman Osborn and just knock the fuck out. This is, uh, these are things, these are, these are the, my time to shine. This is all the stuff that he put in a post over a uh, hundred days ago. And he also put on this post on Reddit, there's a big action scene between Tom and Defoe on the Queensboro Bridge where he uses the pumpkin bombs to blow up the bridge. We saw that in the trailer. That's been proven true. We didn't see Defoe, but we saw the fucking pumpkin bomb and they're on the goddamn bridge and it fucking blows up. And this person posted this 115 days ago on Reddit. Yeah, there's some credibility there. There's a big time credibility here. Yeah. Um, you you can't uh, you can't undo this considering what they're doing. But one thing that I wish, as much as I love Willem Dafoe and him being Osborne, I I do. I, I know we're going back to 2002 here, but I do wish they didn't make him look like a freaking Power Ranger dude. Oh, they're going to change. I think they'll change the look here. This time. Yeah, you're not. I think they're going to, of course, correct some of those uh, those bad costume decisions. Like 100. percent Jimmy Fox already happy if they do that, that dude. Yeah. Jamie Foxx has already come out and said that, like, he's got a different suit, like, in that Instagram or tweet, whatever, that got taken off of uh, Instagram. Um, so they're going to change that. And uh, even in this trailer, when you see, like, the electricity, it's not like the blue electricity that we saw from the Garfield movies. It's like the yellow electricity. So, oh it, 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 Dude, it, I'll lose my fucking shit. Oh, my God. Um, there's a bunch of quotes that uh, this person has put in this leak from different characters. And this is from, this is Tom Holland talking to Toby Maguire. He says, is this stuff coming out of you? And so talking about the organic web and Jake, that's something that I brought up probably over a year ago when the speculation started happening that Tom is definitely, if this is true, Tom has to have a conversation with Toby Maguire about the organic web shooters. Yeah. That's got to just blow his mind. That's, that's some wild shit. It blew our minds when it first, when we first saw that. Yeah. What was happening. Uh, Willem Dafoe says to Tom Holland, the wizard said he'd get us back to where we came from, but we can't go back. So that also leads me to believe that Tom thinks Tom doesn't know that these guys are villains. He hasn't encountered these villains. 
So he thinks that these guys are like out of time and they just want to get back home. And so I think he lets them out, not realizing this. Um, Alfred, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm assuming I'm assuming the Green Goblin's not going to have his freaking mask on. Well, he doesn't even know who the Goblin is. I know, but, but there's no way you're going to look at the Green Goblin and be like, "Oh, you got to be a Green." No, 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 no. He's not going to have his mask on. <laughs> He's not going to have his mask on. Um, Alfred Molina says the power of sun and the, the power of the sun in the palm of my hand to Tobey Maguire. Electro says to Andrew Garfield, "Well, well, if it isn't my murderer." Uh, Tom, uh, Willem Dafoe says to Tom Holland, we are who we choose to be. Now choose. Again, Jake, that sounds like, I don't know, maybe, what do you think, what do you think that means? Yeah, it sounds like just like what you were saying before, that Norman is convincing Tom Holland that he is a hero. Yeah. That it's, he shouldn't be fooled by the fact that he's seemingly locked up in a prison. Right, right, right. Yeah. That uh, he's probably saying to him, listen, everyone thinks you're a villain right now. You know? Keep in mind, this next, right. this next quote that I'm going to read was posted 115 days ago. And it says, it's Wong the Strange. You've never done anything on this magnitude. Strange, don't cast that spell. It's too dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> um, guys, I don't know about you, but like, a lot of this sh- uh, here's another one that's been proven true we tampered with the sp- uh, stability of space time St- dr strange says this to T- tom holland um here's another one after mysteria revealed my identity to uh my identity my entire life got screwed up i was wondering if maybe you can go back in time and make it so that he never did tom to strange proven true yep. holy sh- these were posted on these have been on reddit for over 115 days, I happen to believe that everything else that I've read so far that ha- that we didn't see in this trailer is going to happen. Um, yeah. the, Toby, sa- Toby says to Tom and Andrew, we can beat them together. Um, Willem Dafoe says to Tom Holland, the itsy bitsy spider climbed up the water spout. Down came the goblin and took the spider out. Um, Toby says to Tom, this I love. Don't ever forget these words. With great power comes great responsibility. So the with great power comes great responsibility line that comes from Uncle Ben to Toby Maguire. Toby Maguire, Spider-Man, is passing those words on to our Tom Holland. That's where he mm. hears them from, and I love it. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, Shit, and that actually that goes happens. in line with the fan casting for Uncle Ben, too. A lot of people wanted Toby to be Uncle Ben. That's true. That is very true. Um, Toby says to Green Goblin, I have a father. His name is Ben Parker. Uh, Willem Dafoe says to Tom Holland, Godspeed, Spider-Man. Toby says to Tom, you're Ben. How did he die? Uh, Toby and Andrew say to Tom, you're not alone. You have us. So those, those are all the quotes from, um, (laughs) from this, from this person, uh, going, uh, that's leaking some of these things from this movie. Um, Uh, it's going to be an emotional third act. I'm also hearing that, uh, Toby and Andrew do not come into the movie in the third act. It is more, halfway into the movie that we get them. Yeah, I've seen that too. I've seen it as far as we're even going to like visit Toby Spider-Man first for a moment. Mm. 
Yeah. Um, Toby and Andrew will not appear in the first trailer. This was this was leaked 115 days ago. Toby and Andrew will not appear in the first trailer. The villains are teased, but Toby and Andrew won't show up until the second trailer. Yeah, I believe that. And I honest, I honestly don't think that Molina even would be in the first trailer if he didn't just blab and yeah. you know, tell everyone that he was going to be in it. I think they would have saved that. I agree with you there. I do agree I with agree you there. Too. Yeah, I think they would have teased former villains, but at that point they were like, just like, we might as well give him the Hello yeah. Peter line with Molina. You would have just saw the tentacles and that's it. Yes, yes. Did you notice that the tentacles were red? Not not the not the not the actual tentacles, but like when you look inside the where the claw is on the tentacle. In, yeah. Okay. On the middle. Part. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't mean the whole tentacles were red, but like in the middle, there was that red light that was on, and if you go back and watch Spider Man Two, when you see that red, you know that the artificial intelligence is in control and he's evil. So. This is yeah. This is an this is not the redeemed Doctor Octopus at the end of that movie that makes that sacrifice. This is the one that's being controlled by, you know, the artificial intelligence within the within the uh, tentacles. Someone so gives this guy a new really, inhibitor chip. Yeah, it doesn't really line up with what Molina was saying, right? He was saying that they took him out of his timeline right before he died, like when he was in the water, right? He did. So yeah. So it wouldn't actually line up with that. They must have took him a little bit before that, before he changed into a good guy. I think you're right. Or, Go ahead. I would, but, I mean, that makes sense if that's what they said, Tristan. But I was actually thinking maybe they took him out of, you know, um, Earth-12 where he didn't die. Same with the Green Goblin. Uh, I don't think so. I think that, I think like in order to have like the big attachment to Toby's character, it's going to have to be the ones from his universe. No, but, but maybe there is another universe with Toby and him and the, the guy just doesn't die or they're still fighting. But like, cause like what Tristan said, what he brought up just now, you know, okay, that's how he is. But then he goes back to that world and he, you know, sacrifices himself and brings the thing down into the water. It's possible. I think it just gets a little too complex. Yes. Other yes. realities to it. Yes, I think I he's think from it's from the Raimi verse, and he's from a different verse, <laughs> from a different Raimi verse. Willie, let me let me present this to you. If you're Sony, you want people to go back and watch those original movies. You want to make those movies important, right? You do. Yeah, you do. And what scares me about this, since you just brought it up, is that they're they're going so balls balls to the wall with doing all this awesome stuff. It, it 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 almost just it, it's the writing's on the wall. This is the last Spider-Man MCU where Sony's just going to say screw it. We, we want him back completely after this, and it sucks because I want so much more of Spider-Man MCU. I don't know about I here's the th- I don't think that's true either. Um, I I think at the end of the day when when we see Tom uh, when we see Toby Maguire hold on I, I'll get back to what you're talking about but I I want to bring up something else that I that I've been thinking um when the world sees three Spider-Men fighting alongside another I think like there might be a moment where where Toby Maguire takes off his mask he's not from this universe he's from a different universe and he takes off his mask Andrew Garfield takes off his mask and people see them at that point with three different Spider-Men. Can they really pin the death of Mysterio on Peter Parker? 
yeah, I had the same thought. If these guys could be the ones to clear Tom Holland just by exposing themselves as not Tom Holland. Right. I thought maybe even the general public might not even see more than one at once. And maybe they would see one of the other two take their mask off. And that could disprove, you know. Right. The lawsuit. Yeah, I had the same kind of thoughts. Yeah. I don't know about this whole, like, Sony just wanting to take Tom Holland back and, and, and use them for for his movies thing. I, I think, like, I think a studio, hopefully they've learned, Jake, that, like, they went down this road with Raimi, three movies, and then they were done. And then they brought in Garfield and two movies, and they were done. I think that they've kind of figured out that they can only go so far. Even though they have, like, this multitude of characters, I hope that they figured out that they can only go so far with this character before they've got a reboot him because they don't have access to the full Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think, like, Peter Parker being involved in these bigger event stories, like, if we are going to get Secret Wars, I think, like, they realize how big these Marvel movies are and how integral it is to have him part of that, have Tom be a part of that universe. You want to sit at the cool kids' table, right? Yeah. And they get you guys are saying is great. They get all the profits, Willie. They get all the profits. Sony gets Marvel doesn't Kevin Feige's a consultant on these movies, but Marvel Studios makes none of the profits from the Sony movies. They they make nothing. That that's the deal. They make yeah. nothing. And the proof in the pudding, it's the most watched trailer of all time. Yes. No, listen, Wait, are you I, serious? Yes. Yeah. It within twenty four hours it was the most watched. It even beat Endgame. Whoa. It beat Endgame. I think a lot of Insane. it has I think a lot of it has to do with people knowing that the trailer got leaked the day before. You had oh, Hollywood yeah. Reporter I, I, talking about We talked about this. Yeah, yeah. Me and Jake talked about this. We were uh, uh, um and I think I think you're, I, I, I think you're right, Jake. Like, I think it really did kind of like get the public hyped for the trailer. And, you know, and, and a, a, a lot, a subgroup of people knew that CinemaCon was happening the next day and that Sony had a panel at that time. Everybody was waiting for CinemaCon's panel at, and waiting for this trailer to drop. And it did. Yeah, Willie had, you know, the so-called cool kids that were like, don't watch the leak. Don't watch the leak. Wait to watch it. in you know, 4k and wait to watch it. It's original way. And that, I think that created a lot of buzz as well. Yeah, it was yeah. just a perfect storm to become, you know, and with all the multiverse stuff going on, just MCU hype. It, it was the perfect storm to come in and oh, yeah. be the most watched trailer of all time. Honestly, even if they show, Garfield and Tobey Maguire in the next trailer, I still don't know if it'll have enough oomph to be able to out outdo this trailer as far as just how fast they got the lines. No, what I think the next trailer does when they do reveal and I think it's I think it's a foregone conclusion that we're going to get those two in the next movie because we are well, right now, you know, we've got the, the pandemic going on and in order to get people to actually go out and physically you know, sit down in a theater seat and see a movie, you're going to have to show something big and I think that they have to show their hand in the next trailer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it would definitely be a great surprise if we saw it in the theater, but it's like everyone who's a fanboy knows they're in the movie. And so they need that push for the general audience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you're going to have fucking, you know, like fathers telling their kids, like, holy shit, that was my Spider-Man when I was a kid. Yeah, exactly. Will, um, Willie, I, think- I got a question for Willie before we go on here. Hold on to that thought. What's up? What makes you think? I, 
I think that there are a bunch of fans, and you might be one of them that that believe. I think it's all posturing on Sony's side with this, with the with the contracts and and all this stuff, and maybe pulling Tom Holland out of the MCU. I think it's all posturing. I think they know what they have here, and they're just they're they're always trying to get more out of this. And they're so all, what makes me what, what makes me think about it? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm curious. Like uh, so far, know, like what makes by all means drill me. I don't care. Um. Honestly, it, fucking PTSD, because what I saw when all of a sudden they didn't know if they were going to do a third one, all I saw, and I've warmed up to the Tom, to the Tom Hardy Venom movie, but when I first saw it, and I mean, I, I still don't love it, but when I first saw it, I was like, ah, like, that's not Venom, and... um and then, you know, seeing Spider-Man 3 and then that. And then it's like, okay, please, we have something so great going on with Tom Holland in the MCU and seeing him with Iron Man. This is so amazing and all this shit. And it's like, all of a sudden, Sony's going to step in. And it's like, oh, no. Like, I thought we were just going to go back to Tom. Like, like, all of a sudden doing, like, a Sony Spider-Man, which, again, in second Spider-Man, so the, the, the originals, amazing. I love them. But, you know, the, the, as far as the track record, you did Spider-Man 3, which, by the way, Sam Raimi, it was, it was a cursed production. It's not what Sam Raimi wanted. The studio interfered like crazy. And then all of a sudden, we go to Venom, and it's like, okay, you just did this to Venom now. And, and it's like, like honestly, the, the Spider-Man I want to see, which I don't think we're ever going to see now, because the, the reality is it's just too big right now. But I always wanted to see on film one of my favorite graphic novels, probably my favorite Spider-Man graphic novel, was Craven's Last Hunt. We're but get, that's too yeah. dark. Well, we're getting a Craven, possibly getting a Craven movie. Um, it's been talked about. I, I just, I, I think it's a lot of posturing on on, and on I, Sony's you know, side. I want to be wrong. I want to be wrong. I don't want to be right about this. I want to be wrong. Yeah, I just, it's I, just yeah. I, I want to see them sign a contract for four more freaking movies because Tom Holland is so young that he can do three or four more. And plus, I mean, it's two different universes here, but I'm a huge, um, I, I like James Bond and I love Daniel Craig as James Bond. And the amount of movies that they, that they pushed out because Sony just always has to deal with BS of the James Bond movies, it's like they just don't churn them out like they should. And I'm afraid that would happen with Spider-Man 2 because, well, Spider-Man also, not 2 is the number 2, because Tom Holland, he's just so young. We can get a bunch of good films off this guy because of his age and the way he looks. Yeah. Um, and there's one more uh, movie scheduled for the MCU for Tom Holland. It's in the contract, so this definitely isn't going to be the, the door closed as far yeah. as the MCU is concerned. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess there, I guess there is that fear of like, you know, he's our toy and I'm taking him back and yes, we're going to play exactly. with him and I, I'm taking my toy back to my house. I, there's that fear. Yeah. But I, I don't think, I, I think with, I think with everything that they've seen as far as like the performance of Tom Holland in the MCU so far and how much money these movies have made, um, that I don't think that it's a real, I don't think it's something that they're going to be like, okay, 
I, and I think, Jake, I think we talked about this. I think Morbius is going to be a big wake-up call when that drops in January of next year. Yes. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. Venom, I mean, it had Tom Hardy. It had Venom, one of the most fan-favorite characters of all time. Yeah. People were clamoring for this movie. As I always said many times in this podcast, people have fucking Venom tattoos. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure Morbius tattoos exist. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would, I would bet that there are more Mobius on jet ski tattoos than they are more than there are Morbius tattoos. I would not take you. I would not take that bet. I would bet you there's more Count Chocula tattoos. (laughs) Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I bet there's more Frankenberry tattoos out there, dude. Or count from Sesame but I honestly, I honestly feel like if Morbius bombs, which it probably will, that it's going to be like Sony is still going to look at the MCU as kind of like their lifeline. Like we need this. And so posturing aside, they're always going to come to a contract agreement when it comes to this iteration of Spider-Man and Tom Holland. And I think Tom Holland has kind of like been kind of like their, you know, uh, the MCU's cheerleader in all of this. And I think like, I think they, they're trying to spin him as like this, not just a hero in the movies, but also the hero that's keeping him in the MCU. I think they like that press. I think it's really working for everybody. And also keep in mind that Sony is in charge of all of their marketing for these Spider-Man movies. And if you look at every trailer that uh, MCU collaboration with Sony has had, they milk the fact that he's in the MCU. Oh, yeah. First trailers, it's all Think Iron about Man. all it's, Iron Man. Iron Man had a Iron Man was on the poster twice. Yeah. It was Tony Stark and Iron Man's uh, picture with Ned and Mary Jane. They know that they know that they know that Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man three had over like one point three billion dollars in the box office. They know it. Fury was all over the Far From Home trailer. Yes. Doctor Strange was all over this. They want they want to be able to use that that token. You know? They want to be able to use that. But but can we agree that the Far From Home poster was shit? Which one was that? I can't remember it. Exactly. I like the one with all the stickers. I like the one with all the stickers on his face. I thought that was a fun poster. Oh, that was. That it's one. got a yeah. poster. I mean, the one of the just the three of them together. Like, is it the nineties? Like, <laughs> it, it was pretty rough. And it's like, it, like I, I knew Sony did that, and it's like, dude, like there, you just could have done so much more with it. It was just kind of yeah. like something together. Most posters yeah. these days suck. Anyway. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, they're all it. like Raiders of the Lost Ark, or oh, they all look the fucking same. If you see the memes, like where you see like thirty blockbuster movie posters, it's everyone's in the same fucking position with the same lighting. With the I like I like the Raiders poster. Yeah, I like it too. But now that we've seen one hundred and twenty different iterations of it since then, it's a little bit dulled down, you know. Yeah, I hate the floating heads, man. It's uh. It's all contractual, too. People make it a part of their contract to be on the poster. I don't understand why posters are so bad. We have these cool, like, Mondo posters that we give away. Why don't they do... Why isn't that kind of image reused to promote movies? It's like they're really just so afraid that they have to be just so on the nose with mm-hmm. the posters. The, the, the IMAX posters are always, in my opinion, so much better than the actual theatrical poster. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. They take, like, some artistic freedom. It's yeah. like doing one of three forced poses that yeah. every poster has to be in. Yeah, I just. Oh, go ahead. Am I the only person that really loves teaser posters? Like teaser posters uh, better than the main poster usually. Yeah, usually. Something so cool and mysterious about teaser posters. I freaking love teaser posters. 
Mm, I like the I like the. Uh, do you remember the striptease poster with uh, <laughs> with Demi oh, sitting on the purple uh, background? Demi, and, yeah, with Demi Moore. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I strategically placed leg. Yeah. Do, uh, did did they come out with a uh, strip teaser teaser trailer? <laughs> Was it no? It would be a strip it, teaser it, tape trailer. The strip tease <laughs> teaser trailer. <laughs> I here's bottom line. I love this trailer. I think it's fantastic. I do think it is misleading, and I don't think that Doctor Strange is actually performing the spell. I think Doctor Strange is trying to scare Peter into showing him what the ramifications would be if they were to play with and alter time. And I think that he has kind of like he is definitely heeding the advice of of um of uh Wong and and even Mordo when it comes to these kind of things and he's just kind of teaching Peter a lesson here. But te- Peter being a teenager, I think if Doctor Strange does leave the Sanctum Santorum, that leaves Peter open to try and perform this uh, ritual by himself and i think that uh i think that it's all going to lead one way or the other to william willem defoe's green goblin kind of like uh tricking peter into releasing him and then all fucking chaos is going to happen from there and they're going to have to pull the other two spider-men into this uh story to kind of like contain these guys once they're unleashed upon uh the mcu and i cannot wait but I just, I, and I, I think people, there's gonna be people that listen to this and think that there's other, there's other theories that, you know, maybe, maybe Dr. Strange did perform it. I'm, I'm sticking to my theory it's that- Mysterio! <laughs> yeah, that he, I've heard the Mysterio one too, um, that it's Mysterio, that Dr. Strange is Mysterio. I just, I, I do think it's, I do think it's, I think it's Dr. Strange teaching Peter a lesson here. I, that, and, and I think it, it's very reminiscent of like when the Ancient One, sent, you know, Stephen yeah. Strange through the astral plane and showed him, like, what they can actually do. Like, what what their magic can actually do. Yeah. So and that goes in line with, uh, you know, just the fact that Strange has been a father figure in the comics to Peter Parker, and with Tony gone and Ben gone, he's naturally stepping into that role, and this yeah. is his way of you know, teaching that, someone. Everything, everything that he's doing in this trailer and just performing this willy-nilly goes against everything I feel like he's been preaching, <laughs> you know? It feels like it's going against everything. Yeah, but, I agree. Like, if if he's not doing it to teach him a lesson, then I agree with the masses that he's very out of character. Yeah, he's very out of character. Then it could be Kang. Then it could be someone else. But... I really do think when we watch those trains and they multiply and then they branch off onto another set of train tracks, it's very illustrative. Like it's a way of showing Peter, this is how the timeline works and he's showing him. And when the city is kind of like uh, imploding within itself, I think it's all Dr. Strange showing him in like this 3d illustrative kind of way. What, can happen if you fuck with this shit. And I don't think that any of this is happening, and I think Peter's just going to be zapped back into the Santorum, and Doctor Strange is going to be like, and that's why we don't do this. <laughs> and then... And, I buy that 100%. Yeah. I, I hope I hope that that is... I hope that uh, that's a great theory. I just hope it's not the whole movie, because I can't stand movies where it's like you see the whole thing, and it's like, oh, never happened. No, 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 no. I, I still think that Peter performs this or or it, it, Peter either tries to perform Peter will either try to perform this ritual 
or Peter is going to uh, set uh, the Green Goblin free himself, and that's when all shit kind of like breaks loose. I, but you know, we're, we're going to see some ramifications of things happening in this movie, and even if we don't see like other multiverse ramifications in this movie, we're, we're still getting them. We're still getting characters from the multiverse. Shit still happened in the fucking Loki series. Shit fucking still happened in WandaVision. And remember the events of WandaVision happened before far from home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the next movie after this is Dr. Strange too. Yes. Yes. The events of WandaVision actually happened bef- before far from home. And like, there's the scene in Far From Home where JB Smoove is talking about like what he thinks is causing all this, and he says witches. Right. <laughs> and that could be because like maybe it's gotten out to the public that there was a fucking witch fight. Yeah, he's mm. seen it before. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, all right. Any final thoughts on uh, on the uh, Spider-Man No Way Home trailer? Oh, I just can't wait, man. I'm so fucking excited. Uh, it's awesome to have a big Christmas movie again. You know, it's uh, since Star Wars went away, it's like we didn't know what was going to be that big fucking like Christmas smash. And this really feels like it at this point. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm looking forward to it, too. It's the trailer wasn't a, a letdown at all. And I think the second trailer is going to really give us some reveals that just makes the general public go crazy. I'm still, I'm still kind of angry at Willie's comment of, uh, tell us what's going to happen in the post credit scenes, Brian. <laughs> no, I wasn't, dude, it was a compliment. <laughs> you're offended, really. Of all people, you're offended. <laughs> it's a joke, Willie. It's a joke, man. It's not a joke because it hurts in the inside. You don't have to do that. Right, <laughs> you, you don't call me for 60 episodes. It's fine. <laughs> dude, dude. I, and now I'm going to double that. It's 120. <laughs> <laughs> when my phone rang so now it's going to be like what it's uh 180 now <laughs> maybe maybe in another multiverse i'm calling you every week no, but we can talk about spider-man 6 next time i come back on <laughs> no according to you that's not going to happen well, it will. <laughs> <Don't>... <laughs> uh let's just... last... go ahead thing i want to say about it is um you know i, I really do think that morbius is going to be a test yeah, you know, I think right now Sony has big balls because Venom was such a big hit. Yeah, and they think, oh, everyone's going to jump at Black Cat and everyone's going to jump at Craven and all this. And I think it's going to be a big slap in the face when they realize that Spider Man and Venom are the biggest properties. They Dude, have. we're talking about a studio that at one time wanted to give us the Adventures of Young Aunt May. <laughs> <laughs> and you wonder why I'm scared. <laughs> Well, I'm saying, like, fucking, the MCU has been their fucking lifeline. It's been their fucking saving grace, man. Why would you want to fucking bite the hand that's feeding you? Because it's Sony. Ah, but they've never had, this has never happened before, where, like, two studios have worked a deal out like this before. And I think so far, it's been very profitable for both of them. I think it's been, uh, very much so profitable for Sony with those first two movies. Uh, You're talking, reasonably and intelligently it's sony these guys think they could take their toy back they're they're like that and it just scares me a little bit i no, i understand and you're not the only one that's scared about of that so i i get it i do get it i think it's i think it's posturing at the end of the day at the end of the day from sony you know what's funny though is that this whole multiverse thing i think it's going to make it very clear to the general public 
what is Marvel MCU and what's not. And so after yeah. this, I think the general public's going to know, <laughs> oh, we're, we're not fucking with that. That's not MCU. Jake, it's still going to be dumb. Yeah, I think there's going to be some people that are just kind of like, they don't, like, you, you know that there are people that watch this trailer and they had no idea who the fuck that was at the end of the trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or people that did know who everyone is that still doesn't really understand, like, the concepts of multiverse and they're just like, oh, these are the Spider-Man from the different eras all meeting up with each other, you know? Yeah, I would hope that people would understand after watching, like, if they've watched Into the Spider-Verse, you know, that this is kind of like the same kind of thing. I think hopefully after they watch the movie, they fucking get it. I would love I would love to see a Miles Morales jump in here. I would, too. I would love to see that as well. Yeah. Let's get yeah. Spider-Ham up in this bitch. <laughs> Dude, a live-action yeah. Spider-Ham. <laughs> that might be a bit much at that point. <laughs> uh, I would love... No, don't, I don't need it in a movie, but if I got a live-action Spider-Ham um, Disney Plus series, Jake, that would be... Who... Oh, fuck. Does Sony own Spider-Ham then, Jake? I'm pretty sure they do. I'm pretty sure they do. I, I think it would be a fun Easter egg for this movie. Yeah. Yeah, that... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like a Cosmo, spider. like a yeah. Cosmo or a Howard the Duck. Exactly. Howard yeah. Exactly. yeah. Oh my gosh, I would. That would freak me out. I love it. <laughs> well, you know, they had to own Spider Man because when Marvel was about to be bankrupt and they sold the rights to Spider Man and the X Men, they were selling the rights to not just the main character but everything associated with that character. Yeah, in this world, in but comic. it's weird because Spider Ham was not actually a part of like Marvel Comics. He was part of Star Comics, Jake. That that was Marvel Comics. It's just, okay. It was basically the equivalent of like Disney putting out Pretty Woman through Touchstone. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay, or like Columbia yeah. Pictures. Yeah. So anything yeah, exactly. associated with, with Spider Man and his universe would be Sony's product, just like the X Men with Twentieth uh, Century Fox, which is now. But Disney there anyway. was like this huge like misunderstanding of like Spider Woman. Is Spider Woman MCU Marvel Studios, or was Spider Woman part of like the you know the Sony side of it? Like that was like a big debate for a long time. Remember that? Yes, yeah. I do because they were potentially like she could be an Avenger. Yeah, by MCU and right. Disney still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like similar to Wanda and Peter, right? Very similar. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Pietro, Wanda and Pietro. Pietro. Um, I want to jump into some more Marvel news. Um, these are other uh, Marvel news and rumors that that have come out this week. First off, a leaker on Twitter who's gotten some things right in the past. Not everything that this person has leaked has been correct, but um, this person is saying that there is a Daredevil project that's being planned. And it was from at main middleman on Twitter. And this, uh, this leaker says discussions about Daredevil have brought the future of the character in the MCU into question. Oh, first off, I want to point this out that I do a hundred percent think that Daredevil will show up. Matt Murdock is going to show up. Charlie Cox, Daredevil is going to show up in uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. A hundred percent. I'm saying it right now. I can't oh, wait. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. I'm convinced. It- Anyway, yeah, if there is any uh, any character that's a non MCU character that needs to be in the MCU, it's him. I agree. I agree. I agree. Uh, this person says discussions about Daredevil have brought the future of the character in the MCU into question. Sounds like Matt Murdock will appear in many other productions before he gets his first MCU solo. Anyway, there is in fact a project about the Man Without Fear in early development. This is going to happen with some of the Marvel Netflix series leading characters, which will appear in some upcoming and later projects, but not all of them will have their solo part. 
Some secondary and supporting characters will also return, some of them with the familiar faces you already know uh, about the actors. Don't expect them all to return. These are the consequences of a reboot plus scheduling conflict. Uh, sounds like uh, we might be getting a different Mike Coulter, uh, excuse me, a different actor for Luke Cage because Mike Coulter is doing that evil series. We're 100% getting a, another uh, Iron Fist. Oh, I, 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 w- I would hope so. I really would hope so. We get, I hope we get a different actor under Iron Fist. And I hope that they do change Iron Fist uh, to, to an Asian actor in this one. I don't, I, I, I think that's been a long time coming. Yeah. They hunt, I'm pretty sure Marvel would. I mean, it's going to be uh, a great opportunity for them to, to have a diverse cast like that. Mm-hmm. And as far as um, Mike Coulter is concerned, I mean, he was serviceable, but yeah. I don't think anybody was in love with him as Luke Cage. Yeah, I wasn't like I wasn't in love with like the portrayal of Luke Cage in every episode, and I wasn't the biggest Mike Coulter fan. I and no fault to him, um, yeah. but man, I would like the man who. That's a tough one to cast because I think now we are past the point of like fucking Terry Crews playing that guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, we got to find be an unknown. Yeah, they got to find a diamond in the rough. Man, it's too bad that fucking uh, Winston Duke is already M'Baku, because that motherfucker would be a great Luke Cage. Mm, yeah, he would be perfect. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Get him. Remember when he was supposed to do the fucking Kimbo Slice biopic? Whatever fucking happened well, to that? not anymore? I haven't heard anything about that, man, for fucking, like, five years, it seems. That announcement was only, like, last year, if I'm not mistaken. No, this has been in Uh, development. They've been talking about this Kimbo Slice biopic. If you look at the original articles, I guarantee it from, like, 2016-17. It's been been years. Hasn't it, Jake? No one even knew who Winston Duke was back then. Uh, Hold on, hold on. When did fucking Black Panther came out? Like 2018. Well, it would have been 2018 then. I've been doing this fucking show a long time, Tristan. (laughs) I mean, 2018, you can count 2020 as two years. It's been like four years since we talked about it. I feel like, I feel like that news dropped about him being, uh, Kimbo Slice happened like, you know, it came, okay, so Black Panther came out in uh, February of 2018. I feel like, I feel like we got those announcements like maybe a couple months after that movie came out, it feels like. But I feel like I've been, I feel like I've been talking about it for years, Jake. Yeah, I know. I was I was googling it while we were talking about it. All right, like deadline. No fucking news. All right, deadline dropped it on July 9th, two thousand eighteen. Yeah, so a little bit after Black Panther. Yeah, right on the money, Brian. Well, yeah. Well, I said two thousand sixteen, seventeen at first. Then Tristan well, called I mean, me. Tristan called me out, and he was fucking right, dude. I was fucking way off. But <laughs> I blame two thousand twenty. Like I said, that that counted like two, three years. I blame the fact that we've been doing the show for fucking nearly nine years, and I fucking. <laughs> Like, I feel like we've been talking about the Crow reboot for fucking nine years. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, let's see here. To conclude, I won't mention any more names before confirming, but Matt Murdock and Kingpin won't be the only ones back. You'll see soon. So that's a rumor. And then I also saw another rumor from Atlanta Filming, and they say that Vincent D'Onofrio was spotted in Atlanta and I think I read that Hawkeye just ended filming within the past week or last week. So 
I think there's a huge chance that we're going to get some kingpin in uh, in Hawkeye, possibly yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio, kingpin in Hawkeye. So yeah, and yeah, I'm sure other Charlie's point. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say we, you know, we talked about the tweet that D'Onofrio liked and then unliked. Yes. Talking about that as well. And then was it was totally good. deleted after that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I'm sure Charlie Cox is going to be all over uh, She-Hulk too. Oh yeah, with with uh, with her being uh, a lawyer and him also being a lawyer, it makes sense. At least one episode of a Hundo, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, bunch of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness rumors coming out this week, and and basically it's kind of trickled down from one person to a bunch of other people trying to confirm this and even elaborating on this rumor even further. This week, the internet has been blowing up over rumors of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Daniel RPK on Twitter, who's been a leaker in the past, it seems like. You know, a couple years ago, the, this guy was on fire, had a bunch of uh, rumors that came true. And then there was a string of them that weren't true. But this is one that I feel has a lot behind it. Um, Daniel RPK says, in Doctor Strange 2, Wanda will fight someone from the Foxverse. I'm not allowed to reveal who it is, but it could top this fight. And then he showed us the fight between Thanos and Doctor Strange from Infinity War. So basically he's saying that there's going to be a fight in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness from a Foxverse character. From Magneto. Well, Twitter was fucking blowing up with Magneto, but... Another leaker, viewer Anon, Jake, this was the guy who got all the fucking Endgame leaks right years ago. Then when we did our Endgame spoiler episode, all the fucking leaks that turned out to be true came from viewer Anon. And viewer Anon followed up with this. I've been hearing stuff about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And if it's true, it's just bonkers as shit. But because it's because it's out there from other people, Wanda is the villain of the movie, and she does have a confrontation with Xavier and Captain Carter, among others. So, what if comes into play? I don't know if this is a final list, and I will stress, as always, to take things with a grain of salt, but here is who I've heard make up the Illuminati in the multiverse of madness. So Jake, basically there's this rumor of a multiversal Illuminati. I'm going to get to that here in a second because this, it doesn't stop with viewer Anon. There's somebody else here. That's a legitimate leaker that fucking te- that, 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 that jumps into this conversation. But they, he says viewer Anon says professor X, captain Carter, Balder, the brave, who's the half brother of Thor. Odin gifted him with invulnerability He's from the Thor comics, Monica Rambo, and Baron Mordo. That's who. That's who viewer Anon is saying is going to be the multiversal Illuminati that takes on Wanda in this movie. I think that's a cool way to bring uh, Baron Mordo back. I like that he's involved. It makes sense that that would happen in a Doctor Strange sequel that we finally see him again. So Monica Rambo and Mordo come from our universe. Balder the Brave might be coming from a different multiverse. Captain Carter, of course, coming from like the what if side of the multiverse. Professor X. If they bring in Professor X, if we got Charles Xavier in here, uh, I'm going to get 
there's only one person that's basically like planted their flag into like which Professor X we're going to get. I'll go over that here in a second. But one more person chimes in and it's the person that had all the leaks right in the Reddit thread that we just went over from No Way Home. My time to shine says says this most reputable in my opinion he's the he or she is the most reputable of these leakers so far and on reddit this is what they said when they they were asked on reddit which character from the fox verse it'll be and my time to shine said of course i do and they're talking about they know they said of course i do charles xavier leading the multiversal illuminati against wanda everybody's saying the same thing Everybody's saying the same thing, that it's a multiversal Illuminati fighting Wanda, and it's led by Charles Xavier. Now, as for which Xavier it is, the only thing I could find online was that Variety writer Chris Tapley hinted that it's Patrick Stewart portraying Charles Xavier in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, wow. I would have guessed it was going to be McAvoy, to be honest with you, without knowing that. He's saying it's know, he's I, saying it's Patrick Stewart. It just makes me feel like they're not going to use it for a ton more, like, appearances later on. Right. Patrick Stewart. Right. It well, doesn't mean that he's that. going to be... He's. It, I don't feel like it's... It, like, it could be like he's going to be the final... The, the final, you know, Professor X that we're going to get in the MCU. They could always introduce another one. But if this is... if. Guys, they're introducing the multiverse. We're get, if this is true, a multiversal Illuminati. We're getting Captain Carter. Is I mean, are we going to get? Is Peggy Carter going to be a like a mainstay going forward in this, or is this just going to be for so. like? You think so? Yeah. I, okay. I, not a mainstay in the live action world, but I think that, and I heard somewhere that that what if is not just a you know an animated series they're throwing out there for right. and giggles it's yeah. going to actually tie into all of this multiverse shit mm-hmm. and they've already kind of uh put uh captain carter on a pedestal to where she's like the leader of this you know sort of multiverse avengers team. thing that's going on yeah yeah it's going on so like yeah I, I think that she's going to pop up at some point in live action i wouldn't i would definitely I can definitely see her popping up in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I could see, I could see Patrick yeah. Stewart doing it again here and like pumping fans up. There was actually, um, uh, I, yeah, I'm not gonna, I can't quote it, but like one of these leakers did say that at one time they were gonna have like, um, they were wanting Hugh Jackman to jump into one of these movies as kind of like a multiversal Wolverine. And oh then God. scheduling conflicts and COVID or whatever, something happened and it, and it didn't happen. So now they're doing Patrick Stewart, um, uh, uh, Charles Xavier. But I don't think that Jake, I, I don't think that he's going to be like the, the, you know, when they do introduce the X-Men and we are going to get Professor X, I don't think he's going to be like the guy sticking around to do the rest of these movies. Yeah, I got you. In that context, I guess it makes sense. I mean, the previous movie, we're seeing all these Spider-Man come back together. If we're just doing a, multiverse Illuminati. You might as well go with the big guns and have Patrick Stewart be there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't think this is a concept that we're going to be seeing in multiple movies moving forward, this multiverse Illuminati. I think it's just going to be kind of a one-and-done idea, probably. Well, I think I think the multiverse is going to be something that we're going to see, like, constant throughout Phase 4, and then... Well, that I do, but not the, like, grouping of these people. Sure. I, I think, like, once... 
once Secret Wars ends and we're left with one universe, we're going to, you know, whatever comes from the other universes, it's going to stick. It's kind of like when Miles was pulled from the Ultimate Universe into, like, the main 616. Yeah, makes sense. And that happened during fucking Secret War, right? Uh, for Secret Wars. Yeah, yeah. Um... As far as what else happens in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, there is a compiled list on Reddit of uh, specific things, and they were pulled from three or four different leaks on 4chan, and it was a compiled list, and the list was actually looked at by the My Time to Shine leaker on Reddit, and this person said that some of these things in the list are true. So I don't know. He doesn't... He or she doesn't specify which things are 100% true, but I'm going to go over a few of the things in the list. And this, um, let's see here. The main villain is Shuma Gorath. Um, he's going after America Chavez to use her powers to take over the multiverse. I believe we know that America Chavez is in this movie. Is it confirmed that Shuma Gorath is going to be in that movie or is that just still like... Rumors. I thought that was still speculation. I, I thought it was think that was confirmed. Yeah, yeah, but I, but it's. I, I would happen to say that there's a good chance that that actually does happen. Um, Wanda has a big role in the movie, comparable of how to how much Tony Stark was in Civil War. Uh, she's looking for her kids and is partially responsible for the madness because she wants them back at any cost. Wanda and Strange have a fight at some point. Some leaks said that she turns full villain. Some that she eventually teams up and helps Strange. More likely, in my opinion, considering the crew gift art and toy concept art. I do think that they'll team up. Alternate universes are visited, possibly with several cameos from actors who almost got MCU roles. And uh, so, you know, things like, uh, you know, Tom Cruise Iron Man, which was rumored at one time, maybe even, uh, John Krasinski, uh, Captain America, um, uh, of course, they they allude to the fact that Bruce Campbell's going to get a cameo in the movie, and that's a given. Um, so supposedly, Chris Evans has a possible cameo in some alternate role. Um, what if characters might appear in the movie? Uh, Loki might appear in the movie. Uh, Wong is Sorcerer Supreme in one of the alternate universes. Awesome. <laughs> um, a Spider-Man from Nowhere, uh, No Way Home might appear in the movie. Wanda's kids are in the movie and are stuck in Shumagorath's chaos dimension. The heroes save them. Mordo is in the movie and pretends to be helping Wanda get her kids, but intends to betray her. Uh, there might be a flashback of Strange's past, maybe his sister drowning, like in the comics. Um, yeah, so these are compiled from like uh, three or four... 4chan leaks that this person read and um, uh, my time to shine basically said that yeah some of these things are actually true but didn't elaborate on which ones were true or not so I don't know it's all speculation yeah some of it means he knows some of them are bullshit and some of them aren't yeah yeah when you're well when you're pulling from two or three different you know 4chan leaks some of them could be legit and some of them are, are going to be bullshit so I actually don't buy the uh, Scarlet Witch will be in it as much as Iron Man was in Civil War stuff I, I really feel like I, I, I think oh, sorry I dropped my mic I, I don't think Sam Raimi's making that movie like I, I think he's still making a Doctor Strange sequel I, I 
the Scarlet Witch is the main villain. Like, I just don't see that being the case. Hmm. Like, she could be a big bad, and we could see a big bad sequence with her, but I don't think she's going to be, like, what Strange is, like, going after the whole movie. I just have a hard time buying that. I, I'm, 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 go I'm ahead. with Brian on that. I think that it's one of the... I'm sorry, I'm with Jake on that, where I think it's one of those things where it's like, okay, like, she's not the main villain. She's going to be doing her bad moment. And that third act, she snaps out of it, does whatever, joins Doctor Strange, a good guy again. We've seen this. But aren't they going to be cutting, yeah. like, uh, like WandaVision was such a big show, but aren't they going to be cutting to, like, scenes of her, like, looking for, like, her yeah, children? A story arc is going to get pushed forward in this. Don't you think so? I, I think so, too. Here's the thing, like, at the end of WandaVision, it was, like, very... You know, like we heard her kids screaming and like we know that that's going to be probably coming up in this Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. I feel like maybe like this movie could cut away to scenes of her and what she's doing in order to get, you know, Billy and Tommy back. I don't know. I mean, I I, I feel like it could, but my gut tells me it won't. Yeah, I'm with Jake. Uh, I, I think it could for a while, but I think at the end of the day, third act. She's going to be like a, you know, good guy Avenger again, realize, you know, whatever it is. And it's part of her arc. And at the end of the day, she's going to, you know, be the good guy. If Mordo's... There's no... Uh, oh, go ahead. There's no Disney Plus show coming and no movie in development for Wanda. So I, I would see that this is an opportunity for her to have a some sizable time, you know. To yeah. And, and then... And also think about, like, if, if it's true, if this one leak is true, that Mordo is in the movie and pretends to be helping Wanda get her kids but intends to betray her, if that leak is true, and I'm not saying that it is, but if it is true, like, that really ties in a lot of, like, Doctor Strange with Mordo, his character, and it also ties in a lot with Wanda. And so, like... It, it really is putting all these things together. These like, you know, and, and I mean, think about Wanda. It's, she's very connected to magic. Dr. Strange is very connected to magic. I'm not counting it out. I'm not saying Jake, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm not counting it out that she might have a bigger part in this movie than we even expect because, I'm not, I'm because not counting it out either because of the, because of like, when you look at like the first Dr. Strange movie and then, um, how do I say this? Uh, even the Thor movie, like Ragnarok, like fucking like those movies, they incorporate other characters. We had fucking Mark Ruffalo was a big part of that movie. Fucking, you know, Loki and Valkyrie were all big parts of that movie. And I feel like the movies that basically just dealt with, you know, Chris Hemsworth character, like when he was directed under different directors and stuff like that weren't, I don't know. It just didn't feel like it. I, I feel like they just want to involve like, I think we're going to get plenty of Stephen Strange, but I feel like they want to incorporate more of the MCU and bring the, bring more of the universe into this, especially, especially after this character had such a huge impact in the WandaVision series. I think she's very important uh, going forward. I don't know if it's just going to be like one of these things where we're following Doctor Strange around and then all of a sudden third act we get some Wanda and then that's the end of our movie. I feel like she she might have a she might have a bigger media role in this movie than we even think. Uh, no, I, I, I think I think she is. I think she's going to have a huge role. So going back to Ragnarok real quick, I mean, Hulk had the role he did because the MCU doesn't own the rights to Hulk for a, for a solo film. 
so that was their that I mean Ragnarok, which by the way I freaking adored. I Ragnarok is in my top tour one of the MCU. It's I fucking great, Ragnarok. yeah. Um, but uh, the Hulk played the part he did because that was their way to do like a freaking buddy cop movie, pretty much. Because they can't do a Hulk solo film because they don't have the rights to it. So they that was their way to just do like a, a buddy cop movie, which was amazing. I can, I can, Ragnarok's got the watchability of, I don't know what, what else. But going back to this, I don't, I, I mean, I think she can play a huge role in it. I just don't think she's the main baddie. There's got to be somebody like, like, uh, now you're, fl- now you're, I, I felt like you were like, Jake was saying, like, he doesn't think that she's going to be in this movie as oh, much I, as Jake, they're saying. I, okay. I was talking, I was defending, I, I was backing Jake on the whole, she's not the main bad guy. I think she can play a huge part in this film. I just don't well, think she's the main bad guy. Yeah, and keep in mind, back in 2019 at Comic-Con, she was introduced with Benedict Cumberbatch um, to star in that movie. Like, they were introduced by Kevin Feige to be the stars of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So it's going to be definitely much more than just a, oh, an yeah, appearance. No, I yeah. forgot about no, that. No, no, no yeah. yes. I, I think she's going to be a huge part of this film. I just don't think she's the main bad guy. No, 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 no. I, I, okay. I understand. Here's the thing. I think that she is going to be a big part of this movie. Um, I'm not saying that Jake is, is wrong. You could be right at the end of the day, but I do think she's going to be a big part of this movie. At the end of the day, I don't think she's going to be the main villain. It could be Shuma Goroth by the time this is all done. And I don't, I don't think that we saw Shuma Goroth in, in the what if episode with Captain Carter. I don't. Is that was that confirmed to be Shuma Goroth, or am I wrong here? No, no, it was not confirmed. Okay, okay, okay. It was random tentacles, random space tentacles. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, that's all I have uh, for the Marvel news, except for one more thing, real quick. I I I do have what I believe is uh, an Eternals plot leak. And um, I'm not going to go over it on the podcast. I'm not going to go over it on the podcast. But if you want to know uh, what the Eternals, uh, what's going to happen in the movie The Eternals, as well as uh, mid and post credit scenes, um, you can send me an email. Uh, send me an email, comments at popcultureleftovers.com with the title Eternals Leak. And I will copy and paste it and send it to you. And you can read what I believe is the Eternals plot leak. Leak, Jake, did you read it? Yes, yes. It was very spicy. Um, <laughs> if you're interested in those post-credit sequences, you should definitely send Brian that email. I, I was my, my jaw dropped reading that second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely send me uh, send me an email comments at popcultureleftovers.com with the title Eternals Leak. And I will uh, copy, paste it, and send it to you, and you can read it if you want to. I just don't want to get into it on the show because I really do feel like this is what's going to happen in the movie. Yeah, so. it's a lot. It's a lot. Just yeah. even the fact of you reading this would be like 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, well, I mean, because we're going to read and then we're going to talk about it. Just, yeah. Just yeah. not going to happen. Not going to happen. But I, I will I will send it out to people that want to know. Guys, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to go over uh, Good Pop, Bad Pop for the week. Awesome. All right. Well, let me tell you something, brother. You should head over to popcultureleftovers.com and use the Amazon shopping link for all your shopping needs. Ooh, yeah. The cream of the crop always rise to the top, dig it? Speaking of cream, you can probably buy it on Amazon. 
not 100% sure. Yeah, tell all my little Hulkamaniacs, say your prayers, take your vitamins, and you will never go wrong, brother. And listen, dude, you can buy those vitamins through the Amazon shopping link on popcultureleftovers.com. Ooh, yeah. I just bought a neon orange cowboy hat and a curtain of Slim Jims. Snap into a Slim Jim. Head on over to popcultureleftovers.com now and use the link. Because what you going to do, brother, when Pop Culture Leftovers runs wild on you? All right, hey, we are back. I, I, I got my, I got my cat on the table here wanting some love, Jake. Aw, Tee. Mine was doing some yelling during that Spider-Man thing. I had to do some some careful muting. Yeah, he's got it. He's laying his head on my uh, on my portable recorder here, so I'm. I hope that this is still recording. <laughs> 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 oh, he he, you're so fucking handsome. I love you, guys. Let's jump into uh, good pop, bad pop. Time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. All right, yeah, we might be rating some things in Good Pop, Bad Pop. Uh, toss it, taste it, Tupperware. Uh, real quick, I want to let everybody. I had, you know, we had the week off last week, Jake, and uh, yeah, it was great. I used it to like, you know, I went back and I revisited some uh, some movies that I hadn't seen in a long time. I, I mentioned. Uh, Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. Fucking great movie. Fucking great. You know what, you know what came to me is the fact that like we'll get these fucking like, uh, these buddy movies from like, you know, 20, 30 years ago and shit. And then they'll do like this fucking like, uh, sequel to it years later. Like Dumb and Dumber gets a fucking sequel years later and all this. Why the fuck have we not gotten their 30th anniversary, uh, their 30th high school reunion with those two? Oh, that would be perfect. Like, the setup actually makes sense. Like, sometimes they have to, like, reach so hard to come up with a sequel idea. Yeah. That one just, like, is so simple. It's not far-fetched. Or- yeah. Why have we not... I feel... it. See, here's the thing. And I don't want... I, I feel like... I feel like... Is it because it's too... Two female leads that, that we haven't gotten this. I don't, I hate playing this kind of like conspiracy theorist thing that, but I feel like that's such a fucking great movie, man. Why the fuck have we gotten three Bill and Ted's, but we haven't gotten a second fucking, uh, high school reunion movie? I mean, well, you know me, I usually am not the biggest fan of the sequel to something I love. Um, yeah. Maybe it's for the, maybe it's for the better. Maybe, yeah. Maybe they know that it wouldn't be as good as the first one and if you don't have that idea and you don't have those jokes that top what you did before then why tarnish such a cult classic yeah 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 i guess so i guess so yeah hey tristan you ever seen that movie romain michelle yeah um i've seen it but like it's just vaguely in my memory. I saw it so long ago. You should revisit I'm not it. Not rewatched. It's really yeah. good. Willie, you ever watch the? You ever watch the Romeo and Michelle? Absolutely, um, loved it. I think Tristan kind of answered my answer to what you, what, you, what you were wondering, which is, as much as I think it's a classic, is it a cult classic? Is it is that fan base still there? I think they could come up with easy modern jokes for them too. But um, it, 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 is it still like? Are they going to have that? Fa- like, are people clamoring for it? Is it a Ghostbusters? You know what I mean? 
Yeah, well, I mean, there's been some other fucking. I can't think of one off the top. We didn't wait that long. For, I mean, we did wait long, but consider when Romy and Michelle came out versus now. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like coming to America is kind of another example, I guess. Is coming that, to America bigger? Big it's it's huge though. That's huge. Like, is Romy and Michelle on the same level as a? No, it's a great cult classic. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's on Hulu. Watch it if you haven't seen it. Watch it. Another movie that another movie that I watched, Jake, this uh, this past week. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh, that's uh. one of my all time favorites. I. <laughs> Oh my gosh! It's the most f bombs in one scene in movie history. <laughs> Steve Martin. Oh my god, that f bomb scene! Listen to me. Listen to this, dude. I hadn't seen this movie in probably, definitely over fifteen years. I think over maybe maybe it had been about fifteen years since I seen this movie. It's been a long time. And uh, I am not kidding you, Jake. I I haven't laughed that hard in a long time. I I fucking. <laughs> I was I was fucking cackling. I was hooting and hollering like a. I was ridiculous. It was ridiculous watching me watch this fucking movie. Oh my, Jake. Oh, go ahead, Tristan. Isn't there a remake being made right now? Yeah, it's uh, Will Smith and Kevin Hart. Okay. And I, you know, I like I like those guys, but man, after watching this again, John Candy, Steve Martin. There's no way. I don't think you can touch what they did. Oh my god. John Candy, when he is fucking, when Steve Martin is sleeping in the car and John Candy is smoking a cigarette and he's fucking like singing along with that Ray Charles song and he's fucking pretending like he's playing the piano on the dashboard of the car and he's acting like he's playing the trumpet. I am losing my fucking shit. I'm laughing. I am laughing so hard. I'm out of breath. He was so fucking hilarious. John Candy was so fucking hilarious. It made me want to go through like a John Candy rabbit hole. I wanted to watch Uncle Buck again. I wanted to watch oh, what was the spy movie that he was in? Who, who's Harry Crumb? Oh, with Eugene Levy. Oh, who's, no, that's a different movie. I'm though. thinking of Who's Harry Crumb. Um, I wanted to go back and we'll just watch Stripes. I want to watch like all this John Candy shit. I fucking... Armed and Dangerous is uh, the one I'm thinking of. Armed and Dangerous. Eugene Levy. Yeah. I laugh my ass. Do you know John Candy, Jake, is the exact same age that we are now when he passed away? Mm, I did. I was not aware of that. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Um, just the the catalog of comedy that this guy left behind. I remember watching him on SCTV when I was a fucking kid. You know, on syndication. Fucking, oh yeah, same. He was a yeah. household favorite. Like yeah. I, every, all the adults around me were just in love with this guy. So I, I kind of idolized him too at that age. Yeah, yeah. I haven't watched. Uh, I haven't watched the new episode of What If. Have you guys watched it? I have. What'd you think? I haven't watched it. I watched the T'Challa Star Lord one, and I fucking adored it. I loved it. I loved it. Oh, yeah. I thought the newest episode was my favorite so far. Really. Um. Because it was just a straight up murder mystery, kind of, and I I was making all kinds of guesses throughout the entire episode, and they actually did a like a one over on me, and uh-huh. the reveal of who was murdering all these Avengers came as a complete surprise, and I, I just loved it. It was just a really fun, like it was so different than the first two. Like a, it it repeated a few famous Marvel moments, but it was mostly original story, and it was just a really fun murder mystery. 
Huh. Yeah, I haven't watched I don't even know anything about it. This is the first I'm hearing about it. I've kind of stayed away from it. It's basically what if all the Avengers got killed. Huh. Like Nick, Fu- Nick Fury's trying to form the Avengers, and they're all being killed one by one. Wow. Mm. Have you seen it, Tristan? No, I've not seen episode three, but I saw the first two. Yeah. Um, man, the second one, just hearing Chadwick Boseman's voice, man, yeah. it was like really tugging at the heartstrings. And then I hear the story afterwards where um, he really wanted to use this iteration of T'Challa moving forward because he had so much fun doing it. And so that's a big loss. I really loved how he was kind of mixing that sort of uh, charismatic kind of swashbuckling attitude with T'Challa. It, it really worked for me. Yeah, I loved it. The fact that fucking uh, this version of Star-Lord was able to talk Thanos out of fucking decimating yeah. half the universe. I, I, I fucking loved it. I, I love the fact that he fucking turned the Ravengers into like Robin Hoods, you know? Yeah. yeah. I loved this version of Nebula that we saw in this episode too. I thought she was really portrayed really well. We're actually, guys, we're recording on the one year anniversary of his passing. Oh God! That's right. Yeah. 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 It feels so long ago again because that last year was just so long. Like it feels like it's been two years almost. But yeah, it's only been one. Yeah. I was able to keep my emotions in check that episode until the very end when like the title card came up and then all the emotions kind of came flooding into me. Yeah. 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 I was hearing that um he was you know a lot of the MCU actors didn't sign on for What If and they were saying that he was so enthused about signing up for What If. Because, I mean, I guess in hindsight, he knew that he had limited opportunities. Yeah. Chala, so. Yeah. I'm, God damn it, it, it drives me nuts, Tristan, that we're, that we're, that we, that we never get that sequel with, with Chadwick. I mean, in a perfect world, he would have pulled through, you know, this, 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 uh, this illness, but, um, I mean, I guess it's a selfish way for me to look at it that we'll never get him as Black Panther again. But it's it's also just a testament is like a testament of like how fucking amazing he was as that character. Yeah, there's very few people that can just come in and leave such a lasting imprint. Yeah. In such a short period of time because we didn't have him that long. No. In the MCU, I, I mean, I mean it's like you know, his filmography is not even, like, that huge, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, he's going to go down as, you know, one of the great actors of our time. I feel like, yeah, I feel like it was, like, it's kind of like a Heath Ledger thing all over again. Yeah. Because Heath Ledger died so young. And I know Chadwick Boseman was, you know, like, in his 40s, but I feel like his career didn't really kick off until, you know... Late 30s. Late 30s, yeah, like, when we got the the Hank Aaron movie. Because I feel like that's uh, when he really Jackie came. Jackie Robinson. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, Jackie Robinson. I apologize. Wrong black actor. <laughs> 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 oh, fuck. Wrong record-setting black <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, know what, you know what I loved about him is that um, he brought that with Black Panther. He brought that... Um, just that MCU vibe, but he was able to balance it so wonderfully with just like a regalness of an actual king, which he was. Yeah, yeah. 
and it was like it was a nice balance where he wasn't a stiff ass either. He was playful, he was fun, he had a little smile about him, but he was at the same time royalty, and it was so cool the way he balanced that nicely. Well, even even in the what if episode, it was almost like that royalty kind of like bled through with his character, and he earned the respect of like what a good king would do. Like even with like everybody that around him that was like. You know, shit bags. The Ravagers are shit bags. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm kind of getting teary eyed even fucking talking about this. Yeah. And that's why I'm a little disappointed in the fact that he's not being recast. I didn't want him to be recast, but yeah. it's such a loss. The T'Challa character is such a loss for the MCU. Yeah. Just in general, the character is just such an integral part to the MCU. I wish, I, you know, who, my, 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 my favorite character in that film, actually, I hate to say it wasn't T'Challa, but it was, it was Shuri. It was the sister. I loved her. And it's like, I wish there was a way to make her take that role. Cause I just, she was just so. Well, did you hear the news a couple of days ago that she got injured? Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. She got injured during the filming of the, of the, the movie, correct? Yeah. During the filming of yeah. uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, she got yeah. injured. So she's definitely doing more than just shooting her little lasers at people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was so great in that film. I loved her. I could not get enough of her. Would you be? Would you? Be, would you be cool if they brought in a T'Challa from a different multiverse or a different Black Panther from the multiverse? Not a different T'Challa, but a different different actor. Like as long as as long as it still respects what Chadwick Boseman did. What about what? What if they brought Killmonger from the multiverse as? I fuck can see yeah. that. Fuck yeah. yeah, that makes fuck sense. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan. Can take any role he wants. I love him. He can. You can freaking put him as whoever the hell you want. I will freaking sign off on that, dude. He's great. Yeah. That's the only. That's like you know. For as much as I, you know, I, I love the Shuri character. I just, I, I, I really would love to see if if we got another fucking Black Panther. I'd love it. I'd love it to be Michael B. Jordan. Like if they could pull him over from like the multiverse where uh, where Killmonger actually took over the fucking mantle. Of Black Panther, and they could. I just think that's a lot to fucking do in a Black Panther Wakanda Forever movie. I don't know if that's. I don't or res- resurrect him and have him. I don't know. Like like those moments before he died, he grew. Resurrect him. I don't know. But yeah. like, because it, 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 it does suck. Because Michael B. Jordan was so good in that film. Yeah, you I didn't I, want him to die. Well, I, he wanted to die though. That was his choice, and so that's yeah. why I don't want that iteration of Killmonger to come back. That was that iterations of Killmonger. That 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 version of Killmonger wanted to die in that moment. Yeah, you know. So if they brought if they brought Michael B. Jordan back, I I'd want it to be a multiversal Killmonger that did take over the mantle of Black Panther. Because he, he had, they, go ahead. I was, they could possibly set something like that up before we got to Wakanda Forever too, to like e- ease the load. Of, You're cutting out, Jake. Yeah. Oh, to ease the load of what that movie has to do, they could introduce some of that concept before we get to Wakanda Forever. Multiverse hmm. well, of madness. There you go. Yeah. Well, Shit, that, maybe even a what, what if episode, you know. Well, that's a big that's a big thing to do, though. I mean, you might want to put that on a screen where everybody sees it, because a lot of people don't watch What If, and it's yeah. walking into a Black Panther movie, and the villain is suddenly the good guy. Yeah, here's the thing with the Black Panther franchise. I mean, that movie kind of transcended the MCU. It was such a big hit worldwide that there were a lot of people that watched that movie and don't 
typically watch the other MCU properties. So mm-hmm. if they do return to the sequel, it's going to have to make sense for the general audience. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. That's a great point. Mm. Yeah, I was really second guessing earlier this week about what I thought about recasting Black Panther. Like I don't it's just such a shame like you guys said that the T'Challa character won't won't be there anymore. I was like, you know, my original stance was they should never recast, but I'm like, man, maybe I was wrong. Maybe the better idea is to recast. It's not like that isn't something we've done previously, but I guess we've done it for different reasons. We've done it for, you know, like the actor just doesn't want to participate in you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're Terrence Howard. Well, it's Terrence Howard or it's Hugo Weaving. It's like, yeah, I'm I'm not going to, I'm not going to pretend I know what Chad with Boseman would have wanted because obviously I don't, but I would, I would like to think that what he put into that role and how much he knows that role meant for children of all, races and colors that are growing up i would like to think that he would want that that character to continue yeah yeah i, I would just think so as well i would hope and i also think that i also think that um even though that's what chadwick would have wanted i think just given the way that he passed i think it's just a, a sign of respect that mcu is trying to show yeah. by not recasting him yeah yeah Speaking of uh, you, you, you talk about Terrence Howard and Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle fucking retweeted me last week. Oh, really? Yes, that's you, awesome. What's you your movie suggestion? Huh? What's that? What's that, Willie? How do you not lead with that? <laughs> no, I just thought I'd bring it up right now. Yeah, Don Cheadle. How do you not? How do you not go like, oh, welcome, welcome to leftover, uh, you know, pop, you know, pop culture leftovers. By the way, Don Cheadle retweeted me because Don Cheadle has some great uh, Twitter. Uh, um, um, interactions. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, basically it was, uh, I was thinking about, uh, I just got done watching like, um, and we're going to talk about it here in a, in a moment. Untold Malice at the Palace on Netflix, but I watched that. And then I was thinking about some other great basketball movies and I was thinking about, you know, um, the pistol Pete Maravich movie, uh, called the pistol. And you, you can't stream that anywhere. It's, <laughs> Um, and then there's, you know, some other basketball movies. I was thinking about Hoosiers and, and then I thought about, um, have, has anybody on the podcast ever watched the movie? It's an HBO original. It came out in 1996. It was called Rebound and it starred, uh, Don Cheadle. Mm-mm. No. Ah, no. I can't remember that one. It came out in 96 and it was based on a true story about a, uh, up and coming basketball player who was like gonna be, they were saying like he was gonna be, one of the greatest and he got hooked on drugs he got hooked on, i think it was uh, i think it was heroin or crack i can't remember it's been so long since this is a true story based on a true story yeah yeah and um it, and uh i fucking i fucking was like well i want to watch rebound now i watched you know untold malice at the palace and i was like i want to watch rebound so i went to i went to an app to find out if it was streaming anywhere not streaming anywhere you can't find it you can't even fucking rent it and so I was like, this is an HBO original movie that came out in 96. Why is this not on HBO Max? So I tweeted, um, and I, I tagged Don Cheadle in the tweet, and I said, uh, 
you know, HBO Max, why do you not have Rebound on your service? This is a fantastic movie, and I think a lot of people would love to see this. I, I love this movie. It should be on your service, and and I'm not I, I'm not I'm not saying it verbatim, but that's basically what I said. And then I showed the picture of the cover of the of the of the DVD. And if you want to buy the DVD on fucking eBay, the lowest it's going for is forty bucks. And it's like that's the only way people can watch this movie is that they want to drop forty bucks to buy it on eBay. And it's a fucking fantastic film. And, uh, so I tweeted this and I tagged Don Cheadle in it. Don Cheadle, I've, Don Cheadle fucking retweeted that shit. And all of a sudden, like, you know, all these people started hearting it on Twitter and shit. I got like over 200 people hearting this fucking thing and it got retweeted a bunch of times. Um, and, uh, it, it, it made me realize like Don Cheadle's probably wondering why the fuck is this not on HBO Max either? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, you know, and it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, we can't forget about these great movies that these people have made. Put a lot of, I, I guarantee you, Don Cheadle put a lot of fucking heart and passion into that role when he played that role in that movie. And other people need to see this, man. This is one of those movies like you guys haven't even fucking seen this movie. And I think that all, everybody listening to this podcast right now would love to see this movie. Fantastic fucking film. Rebound. Yeah, he probably made some phone calls after that. I'm hoping, I was hoping that the tweet would get enough traction to where like maybe HBO Max, cause I tagged them in it too, would fucking be like, yeah, why the fuck do we not have this in this? This guy was fucking nominated for an Emmy this year. Why the fuck, why the fuck do we not have this on the service? <laughs> yeah, sadly, the only John Cheadle basketball movie I've ever seen is Space Jam 2. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 it's a fucking it's a fucking great movie anyway. Uh real quick, real quick. Um Jake, I I've watched the first episode, first 3 episodes of Reservation Dogs, you know, we talked about it last episode. Yeah. This it gets better, dude. It's really good. Yeah, I watched the next episode. I haven't watched the third episode yet, but yeah, it's it's a lovely show. Yeah, yeah. And I finished F-Boy Island and I wanted everybody to know that I was down on it, but it does I think the last episode was really good, but I do see like a lot of fucking producer kind of like I feel like a lot of it it feels scripted some of it feels scripted and fake so it yeah it went from like a show that I love to kind of like it's okay but I did love the ending I did love the final episode I thought was uh, really cool um, yeah let's jump into uh, Untold Malice at the Palace who got a chance to watch this I know Jake did I know Tristan I know you did Willie did you see Untold Malice at the Palace Yes, I did. Yeah, this is, uh, it's, uh, this, it's an un untold is a series on Netflix. It's a, I, I think it's all a sports series, but. Yeah. Um, this was Untold Malice at the Palace, and, uh, it's about, uh, the brawl that broke out near the end of a game between the Indiana Pacers and the Detroit Pistons on November 19th, 2004. Nearly 17 years later, uh, it's reexamined. Um, that night and all the consequences that came from it. And so, yeah, I watched this game. I don't know if you guys were watching. I was watching yeah. NBA religiously. And uh, I remember watching this game and watching this breakout. And, like, it felt like after this happened, this this huge fight, which not only was, like, you know, like a fight between – you know, the players at first, but then it bled into the crowd. So you literally had, this is like unheard of. You had 
players running into the crowd and punching fans. Then you had fucking Detroit Pistons fans getting on the floor and picking fights with the with the with the with the Indiana Pacers. And this shit was it, this shit was just absolutely insane when this happened. Um but uh Tristan, I you you fucking you brought this up to me and I was like had I had I watched it at the time when you messaged me? No, you said you were gonna watch Yeah, yeah. What did you think about this, man? I'm gonna Tupperware because, you know, I I just like sports documentaries and things like this all the time. But like just in general, I feel that this um uh, this special or, or one hour documentary, it just gave such a an interesting take from all different perspectives. You know, they're talking to the fans they're talking to the players and I, I learned a lot. I thought I knew everything about what was going on, but I yeah. learned a lot as far as what happened in this event. And, you know, I didn't watch the game live. I remember it well though. Um, I remember the news images being everywhere. I remember Ron Artest, uh, it was always Ron Artest running in the stands and Jermaine O'Neal doing a Superman punch, you know? Yeah. That was like yeah. What we kept seeing over and over again. And, and the media kind of made it look like, you know, these thug NBA players were just wilding out on fans, you know, and anyone who didn't really look into it didn't understand that, you know, all the different nuance, um, details that, that needed to, uh, be included as well. Like, yeah. You know, Ron Artest, he had some real mental health issues. And, you know, uh, I, I, I guess I can go into some detail for people that don't know it very well, but, Basically, uh, I guess it started out with Ron Artest and Ben Wallace of the Detroit Pistons. They got into a little scuffle, which happens all the time. Uh, Ron Artest then goes over and lays on the, the uh, it was like a the, the scores uh, table. What would you call it? The yeah. scores table. Yeah, he yeah. So he lays down on that, and then someone from the audience throws a bottle at him, and then Ron Artest just loses his shit and runs in the stand to find the person that's threw the bottle at him, and in the hitting the wrong guy and and you know melee ensues and his teammates jump in and all kinds of stuff and then it just gets out of control um one fact that was key to mention was that ron artest he had he had some mental health issues and the him laying on the table people thought he was just being arrogant and disrespectful but that's what he was taught to do to calm himself before he loses his shit yeah when his therapist would actually tell him to do that and to count down from five yeah yeah, so he was trying to protect his mental health as much as possible, and then someone throws a bottle at him, and he just lost it. A lot of his team didn't even know what he was dealing with mentally, you know. And and I think in later years we all kind of found out that he had a, you know, he had a lot going on upstairs yeah. that needed to be um, dealt with with delicate hands. But yeah, he basically runs up in there, uh, you know, t- teammates kind of uh, defend him. Um, some fans are just looking for fights and, you know, they show how some of the fans are just trying to get paydays and, yeah. and, and get into scuffles with the NBA players. They had that one guy who was about to be kicked out or lose his, his season ticket holder status because he was always known for causing trouble in the, in the stands. You know, there was that one fan that, you know, was very close to just getting kicked out of the palace to begin with and he was involved and I, I wasn't aware, um, 
and I guess I just didn't re- remember the context, but man, like I, I wasn't aware of the rep- ramifications of this on Reggie Miller's career because oh um, yeah, you know, dude, he, they were they were primed for a championship that year. Yeah, and I have I have a connection with Reggie Miller because uh, he and I went to the same high school and we also went to the same college, so I've always felt like some kind of connection to him. And uh, he, well, his fucking his fucking sister yeah. was a great player too. Oh yeah, his sister was better than him. Oh yeah, and he he would admit that too. He would say that the best player in their family was Cheryl. So yeah, yeah, I remember in my high school they had her big her jersey hanging up in the in the office, you know. And, and Reggie was there, but he was not as prominent as his sister in those early days. But um, but yeah, I felt so bad for him because he could have ended his career possibly yeah. with a championship, and and he didn't because of this fuckery. Yeah, <laughs> you know, all this stuff that happened. And, you know, you could see the pain, even though he agreed to participate in the documentary, you can tell there was a lot of pain there, you know, he, because he knows what he could have gotten had this not happened. Yeah. Um, I, I felt it was really interesting seeing Steven Jackson's, uh, takes on, on a lot of this. He was kind of the one that was a little bit, a bit more cavalier about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he, he, he seemed like he just was like, oh, you're fucking with my teammate. I'm going to fuck with you. You know, I'm going to, defend my team you know that's all right. he was about but um and good for him i think yeah i think people like jermaine o'neal i think was a little misunderstood as well he was dealing with a lot of pressure uh, even ben wallace it was just a uh, like a, a a cocktail like a toxic cocktail for chaos i mean ben wallace had just lost his brother and so you know that kind of set him off to to push run our tests you know and not really you know uh yeah deal with his his bs it was just a lot of just weird uh, just toxic things in that in that environment that just culminated in this this madness and and I really enjoyed the, the documentary overall. Just it was very well um, put together. I think the participants um, you know revealed some key information and it was you know it didn't drag on too long. It just got right to it. Yeah, man, I Tupperware as well. I you know I I was a Ron Artest fan from the day he was drafted. I, I you know I was I was a I'm, you know I am a Chicago Bulls fan. So like the night back in 1999, I remember watching the draft, and he was drafted. You know we we got Elton Brand at number one, and then at number 16 we took Ron Artest. I didn't know anything about this young player coming out of St. John's, and then when he when he joined the Bulls, him and him and Elton Brand, I thought that they were great. Ron Ron Artest was in my opinion one of the best defensive players I've ever seen. Like this guy could oh, yeah. he could steal the ball, he was tough. He didn't have like the he didn't he didn't have that the attitude um that he did, you know, when he went to the Pacers or even when he went to the Lakers. He was a, he, I felt like he was a different player on the Bulls, but he was always a defensive presence on the court, man. I remember this guy stealing balls. It was like he was like a magician out in the court the way he would just fucking just hound guys and steal the ball. We'd always, we always loved putting him on Kobe. He would always give Kobe a hard time. So for the fact that those two were actually on the same team together, Kobe must have been relieved because fucking Ron Artest would give him so, he always made Kobe work for it. Anyway, yeah. I, I remember Ron Artest when he was with the Bulls. And if you want to watch a, a follow up documentary about this and learn even more watch a it's called quiet storm the ron artest story and it's on showtime and it goes into this as well it goes into ron artest mental health and everything it's fantastic and i think it's still on showtime i would highly recommend that if you love this watch quiet storm 
But, uh, yeah, Ronda Test at one time, he fucking, when he was playing for the Bulls, he was working part-time at Circuit City. Oh, wow. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> Wait, why was that? Elton Brand used to go pick him up at his job at Circuit City. He just needed something else. He always had to stay busy. He needed something else. And he was always worried. He was always worried that the shit wouldn't work out with the NBA. So he had like this, he had this part-time job at stocking shelves at Circuit City, man. It was fucking crazy. And when the NBA found out about it, they said, you got to quit that job. We can't have you work at the Circuit City. <laughs> but yeah, um, when, when he was brought onto the Bulls, I was, I've got, I've got to run our test, Chicago Bulls. When he was number 16 on the Bulls, I've got to run our test signed eight by 10. You know, I'm, I'm a, I, I fucking loved Ron Artest. And when him and Brad Miller were traded to Indiana, it fucking broke my heart. I fucking, I really miss those two. You know, we got, I think we got, what is it, Travis, uh, tra- we got Jalen Rose, and I can't remember the other dude's name. His last name was Travis. But, uh, anyway, uh, this was fantastic. I, 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 there's a lot of stuff that I did not know about that fight that broke out that night. And especially I didn't, you know, like Jermaine O'Neal, who I remember when he was playing with Portland, he was always riding the bench. They never, he got drafted out of high school. They never let this guy fucking play in the games. He yeah. got limited time. And so like he was still, even, even when he fucking went to Indiana, Nobody knew what this guy was capable of. And then when he starts playing for Indiana, he fucking breaks out and he's fucking an all-star and shit. This guy's fucking incredible. And then well, he came out of uh, high school the same time as Kobe, I believe, or a little bit before, maybe. Uh, I'm trying to think. Kobe, Kobe came into the NBA in 96, right? Yeah. And I think he might have came out. Was he was he maybe 95? I can't remember. If it wasn't the same year, it was it was either the year before or after. Yeah, there were a couple high school players that came out that year, and I think he was the one that kind of really panned out. But, man, he rode the bench in Portland. And so it was still a big question mark as whether uh, Jermaine... I just, I just looked it up. Kobe, 96. Kobe, 96. Yeah, I mean, Kobe around the same age. And so... Yeah, and Jermaine, Jermaine O'Neal was 96, too. So, yeah, they were at the same time. Same time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Jermaine O'Neal. Jesus Christ. This... The, yeah, and this fucked him up, too. This fucked up his career, this whole thing. And I think... I, and David Stern... It made him the villain in this, in my opinion. Like, it he... did, a little bit. He it did. It absolutely did. And if you really look at it, and in case you guys want to know, I, I Tupperware this... Um, no, Willie. Oh, I wasn't ready for that. Okay, sorry. I'll, 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 I'll go back into my corner. Give me a second. You're fine. You're fine. We're, we're going to open it up. What do you think, Willie? No, I tupperware the shit out of it, dude. And it's like a, a, a full confession. Um, the NBA is uh, the NBA is the only sport that I actually follow players, not a team. But in my defense, I think it's a it's a player marketed sport. Um, it wasn't always that way, though. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. I think it's more that way now. Like, like that's why, you know, I've mentioned this before, Brian, but, like, I enjoyed the NBA much more in the 90s, maybe early 2000s than yeah. now because it's more individual player focused. It's like, it just seems now it's, a, you know, people just top teams and create super well, teams yeah, and yeah. get rings and move on to somewhere else. Well, in, 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 in the, I remember I got into the NBA in the, in the mid 90s with Michael Jordan. Before he won his championships, fell in love with the Bulls, 
and then fall in love with that guy out of LSU that broke the backboards. Shaq. Um, yep. And, uh, no, yeah, I was being playful not saying his name, but I followed him to LA from Orlando to LA. Yeah. And then Kobe. And I remember the year before, um, this happened, I was afraid of the Pistons as a Laker fan. I wasn't afraid of Indiana. And then the Pistons win and killed the Lakers. And the following year, I didn't realize how strong Indiana was. But watching this, you're right, where it's like you see one perspective. And I know um, I want to blame the media to an extent, but at the same time, I, I think I, I think you know Brian's right. It's really stern because they only released this this video footage now. Stern threw the, stern threw the players, stern threw the players under the bus and did not yeah, yeah. hold the fans or anybody accountable exactly. for their actions. And that's what he did by not, because you released this footage and it's like, oh my God, like these guys had to carry this shit all this time. And it's, it's, it's like, you, you tend to forget. I'm looking back. I'm, I'm thinking back when this happened and all you saw was just the same footage over and over again on, on, on ESPN and everywhere else. And you're like, you know, you tend to forget back then, especially without Twitter and really reacting to like interacting with these players in, in a little bit more of a closer level that they're human beings. So you're like, oh, well, you make this much money. It should be okay. You don't go in the stands. And it's like, no, that's not true. They're human beings, dude. You throw a bottle of water at somebody, expect somebody to come at you. And it's like you tend to forget that, and you watch this, and it's like shit. Well, man. and then and then it's and then the and then the fucking well, the media and David Stern, not David not David Stern, but David Stern just fucking threw the players under the bus and made them take the fucking hit. And then the media was just like, okay, these guys are just a bunch of thugs. Well, let me ask you how, and, and and I don't know how close the timetable is or, or the timeline is, but Brian, Tristan, and, and and Jake, how much do you think it was just kind of a fear from David Stern's side of like the Jordan era is over? We don't want to piss off the fans. A hundred percent. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, Jake, and, and Jake, we, I want to hear Jake's Jake, thoughts on this because yeah. Jake, this yeah. is one of those things where I was like. Jake, if there's anything you got to watch this week, I want you to watch Untold Malice at the Palace. Yeah, I loved this. I, I, I've seen the footage, of course. You'd have to be, like, under a rock yeah. to have seen this footage when it happened. But I never really knew the true story. I wasn't familiar with almost any of these personalities, except for Ron, Ron Artest. I mean, he, you know, later on becomes the Meta World Peace, yeah. celebrity big brother, and then Jake Elliott is aware of who this guy is all of a sudden. Right. Um but yeah, I, this was amazing. And, um, one thing that it was so interesting, the whole like struggle between blame the fans, blame the players. And it was really interesting to see kind of after the decisions were made on what they were going to do with the players, then they went on their manhunt on, you know, for a lot of these fans. And they even had one of the fans like got interviews for this doc. And I thought that was really wild. I thought he did not make himself look good. In those new interviews that he took, like, oh, the guy, the guy that threw the bottle. Well, no, the guy that no. came onto the court. The oh, that, yeah, uh, yeah. He got punched by Jermaine. Okay. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought. Prick. Yeah, he came off as such a prick in his personals. Um, I agree with you guys on the Roger Stern. I thought uh, one of the most David Stern. David Stern. One of the scenes that really made me drop my jaw was when they asked him if it was a unanimous decision, and he said, "Yeah, one to zero. It's just him. Yep. It was just him." It was like, like he was gloating about that, about how he was the one that was going to, you know, save the NBA by, you know, 
taking these thugs and making it so they got their just punishment. And it was just ridiculous. I, I felt a lot of sympathy for Reggie Miller and Jermaine O'Neal watching this. Just a ton of sympathy. I mean, oh, my God. Seeing the footage of Reggie Miller's last game and just all the emotion there, that, that really got me. And I was just like, oh, my God, poor guy. 18 years and he can't can't get that ring yeah and uh, And he fucking he's coming from a pacers team back in 98 the only team to take the bulls to a seven game series and i know that this wasn't the same this wasn't the same team you know like that team had dale davis and antonio davis and different players but he's back in the same like he's i think he even had a better team here than the back back in the day with rick smiths i think this was a better team i think this team is prime to take the championship this year that year i think i think um i thought they made ron look very sympathetic but at one point where I was not sympathetic with Ron was I agreed with Jermaine and Steven that it was a bullshit move that he, you know, everyone had his back for all of this. Yeah. He just turns and goes to the Lakers. I thought that yeah. Yeah, that really upset me, um, even though everything previous, I was like, yeah. I understood the mental health aspect and everything. But it was like, man, those guys had your back so hard. And it, it really right. hurt me in my heart for poor Jermaine. Like, he was the loyal one. Yeah. And, the, and he didn't even like Ron. He didn't even like Ron. The disloyal yeah. guy gets the ring, like, the following yeah. year. And that was just like, oh, my God, Carl, and, like, fucked up there. And well, Artest knew it because he even said it in the in the interview with the Lakers when they won. Oh, cowardly. Yeah. 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 So I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that aided his soul. I would think him less of a human being if he was just, like, brushed it under the rug and you know, could just a hundred percent celebrate and feel no remorse, no guilt. So at least he's aware of kind of the shitty, shady move he did there. You guys all should watch Quiet Storm, the Ron Artest story. He actually in that documentary, if I remember correctly, he uh in the documentary they show him meeting the guy that threw the bottle. Oh they're friends. Oh, yeah, they yeah. friends after that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. How do yeah. you not include that in this shit? Well, I mean, this was, they just wanted to go over the malice of the palace. And so I, I think that like, yeah, it's a good supplemental documentary to this that really just focuses, like it goes back into like Ron Artest growing up and, uh, playing basketball as a young kid, uh, his relationship with his father. It goes into like him being drafted by the Bulls. I mean, it really gets into everything, but it does get into the, you know, the malice of the palace, man. And I, I don't think, I, I hope we never ever see anything like that ever happen again. But my God, you just, could, it was like a train wreck. You could just not stop watching this and no, you could not no. stop following the story. I'm not that a came basketball out. guy. I have one question. Is it, is it really rude of what the Pacers were doing by leaving their starters in in the fourth quarter? Was that a dick move or was that the narration? It, 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 it was it was the foul that was a little bit timely weird with the lead mm. you had. They, they alluded to the fact that just them running up the board at the end as hard as they did. Well, they wanted to make, they wanted to make a statement because the the year before, I remember the Pistons beating them in the playoffs. And they got lucky with a one foul. I do remember that because as a Laker fan at the time, I did not want the Lakers to play the Pistons. Listen, so listen, Jake. Here's the thing. In my fucking personal opinion, a good coach is going to fucking pull their their big. If you're up and it's garbage minutes, if it's yeah. if it's listen. In my opinion, if it if you're up by so many points and you're going to win this game no matter what, and it's garbage minutes. 
if you're a good coach, you're going to pull those, you're going to pull your main guys out of the game. You're going to pull them out of the game and you're going to let them rest. And you're going to throw your second string in there to finish this game out in garbage time. That's my yeah, personal. Think- you don't want your players to be overworked and get fucking hurt or injured in the playoffs, especially in garbage time. If it's garbage time, you pull those main players out. I do feel that it is kind of a, in my opinion, I do think that it is, it's either an irresponsible move by the coach to keep your main players in the game playing in what I consider are garbage minutes. I think I, I've never been a fan of it. I've seen, I've seen coaches do it and not pull their players out. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Jordan ain't playing garbage minutes. Jordan is not. They're up 15 plus. Like if the coach would have done the responsible thing, none of this would have even happened. Jordan's not playing. Jordan's not playing garbage minutes when the Bulls are up and they, they fucking got this game wrapped up. Jordan's sitting on the bench and he's, he's watching Corey Benjamin dunk and he's having a good time. He's watching these other fucking like third string players, these fucking guys riding the bench play the game out and have a good time get them some fucking he's watching Dick, Dickie Simpkins crash the boards in the final minutes of the game you're not you don't have your fucking starters out there on the court I, I get I do get that special circumstances where you do that and that's when it's like a historical significance like if they're gonna break a record yeah if Jordan's gonna good. fucking hit a hundred points in a game I got yeah. you that well, makes sense and, as an and, exception and listen, I'm with you 100% I agree with you but could it have been a little bit of lack of confidence on their end where they just wanted to see it through? Because they were, they swore that the year before was their year. That playoff series was their series. And they went in that, that game like just so determined. And was it the right move? Obviously not. But could it have just been that instead of just like, I don't know. I don't know. But, but I agree with you. I, as far as the, the, the way the game is played, I agree. Yes, you're right. I always some of the best parts of like when the when the Bulls are up by like you know twenty thirty points and shit was just seeing them pull the 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 starters out and watching like Dickie Simpkins and some of these motherfuckers get out there and be able to play the game a little bit. (laughs) You don't have your starters. You you pull you pull those guys out. You want to keep their legs fresh for the next game. I mean that's I think Tom Thibodeau fucking uh, contributed to Derrick Rose getting injured because he never fucking pulled them out of games. So what was his name that went up to uh, our test and said, now you can get your foul. <laughs> uh, no, that? that was fucked up. They just egged him on. Yeah. Well, because that was, I mean, that's like, like what's his name said? That's, you don't say that to our test. Now you can go get your foul. Yeah. All right, let's move on. We've been talking about it. We loved it. We loved it. Even if you don't like basketball, watch it. It's fucking insane. Unt- untold yeah, malice at the surreal. palace. It's hard to believe these things really happened. It really happened. You had fucking players going out into the stands and punching fans. It was fucking inc- not incredible. It was insane. Um, Sweet Girl on Netflix. Who got a chance to watch Sweet Girl? I did. I did. J- Jake, did you watch Sweet Girl? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, I watched it. Okay. Uh, a man this vows... Jason Momoa flick. This is the Jason Momoa Netflix movie. A man vows to bring justice to those responsible for his wife's death while protecting the the only family he has left, his daughter. Uh, it's an action thriller directed by Brian Andrew Mendoza in his feature directorial debut, and it's written by Philip Eisner and Greg Hurwitz. The film stars Jason Momoa, Isabella Merced, Manuel Garcia Rolfo, a bunch of other fucking people. 
And so basically in this movie, you've got uh, a woman. It, it takes place in Pittsburgh. A woman, Amanda Cooper, she gets this rare form of cancer. Her husband um, is uh, Ray Cooper, played by Jason Momoa, is uh, told that there's this potentially life-saving drug for Amanda. And it's uh, he's got all this hope for her that she's going to pull through with this uh, this this life saving drug. That's this, it's a generic version of this drug that's going to be made available and uh, could save her life. It's pulled off the market before her treatment was set to begin. And uh, basically, uh, this CEO of this bioprime company, Simon Keeley, uh, was paying the the other manufacturer to delay production and then Amanda Cooper dies and there's like this fucking like uh TV show where they're interviewing this 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 Simon Keeley guy and one of the callers comes and talks to him and says that if my wife dies I'll I'll and it's Jason Momoa he's like if my wife dies I'll fucking kill you he says it right on the air <laughs> he gets right in too <laughs> Yeah, in and he's on the air. I will. He says, "I will hunt you down and kill you if my wife dies," and she ends up dying. And uh, and then I don't know. Just in this, listen. This movie has this. This this movie has the first. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Like, should I spoil this? First off, I'm just no, going to... Don't spoil it. It was the only good part. I, yeah. Honestly, I... <laughs> listen, I hated this movie. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to toss this movie so fucking hard. It was so fucking bad. I hated this movie. I fucking... Like, there's a moment where, like, you know... Um, I thought like, wow, this is a, this is a great message. And like, yeah, this is shit that shouldn't be happening. Uh, you know, you know, uh, big pharma and like, you know, all these, these fucking drugs and like, you know, this, and it, I was just like, what? And then all of a sudden you got fucking Jason Momoa going around killing people. And then, <laughs> and then there's this M night Shyamalan twist at the end that I thought was fucking stupid as shit. And I tossed the fuck out of this movie. I thought it was absolutely an abomination of a movie. And I tossed it. I think it's, I think it is absolutely garbage. And the whole movie, like they're singing like Sweet Child of Mine. And, uh, that was dumb. And, uh, <laughs> fuck this movie. It's a toss it. Jake, what did you think about Sweet Girl? Yeah, I'm going to give it a low taste. You're talking me into the toss it. I really did hate this movie. Um, I guess the only difference between me and you is I thought the twist was actually a little bit inspired. Coming. <laughs> oh, it was but terrible. I was just shocked that this movie had the ability, in my opinion, to do something interesting an hour into the movie. I was just blown away that I found something interesting. So just for that, I was going to reward it the low taste it. Um, I thought it was going to be fun when it was like, okay, we've got the story built up. Now we're just going to see Jason Momoa kind of on this taken quest for revenge. And I thought the action sequences and the fight sequences were so uninspired and clunky and boring and filmed poorly. It, it really took away from the movie. Um, there was really nothing to enjoy here. Like you could, if this movie was a half an hour long, it would be a solid taste. It if you just had the introduction and the twist and then the conclusion. Um, yeah, I 
stay away from this movie. There is no need to watch this movie whatsoever. There's much better stuff on Netflix that you could be spending your time on. This was pretty terrible. Sweet girl is trash. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tristan. Um, yeah, I'm actually very in line with Jake because uh, I was going to toss this movie. But I think the twist is the only thing that bumps it up to a low taste. Oh, my God. You guys are killing me. <laughs> it's because it's, it was something that I did not see coming. And, and like Jake, I was like, man, I, I didn't know the scriptwriter was this intelligent to even throw us off like this. <laughs> it was like, I was like, cause, you know, I, I didn't even almost get to the twist. I was going to cut it off before I even got to the twist. But I, I'm glad I stuck through with it because I was like, wow, you guys did something that wasn't just run of the mill. You know, and um I'm I'm very I'm struggling to sometimes take Jason Momoa as a serious actor. Sometimes I know he's very good when he's in his pocket, but there are certain scenes where I was just like, "This is not you. you this is not you, man. You can't do this." <laughs> and there's a scene where he's crying over his wife dying of cancer in the hospital. Yeah, and I, and I just kept thinking to myself, like, this is like Tuesday night acting class. <laughs> oh, when he slams when he slams against the wall and he goes. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I was like, I should be chuckling at someone who's, whose wife is dying of cancer, but like this guy doesn't convince me that he's really this, you know, that he's really pulling off this scene. Yeah. And, um, that's and why they could, they couldn't show his face. They couldn't show his face. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there were certain things that happened in the movie where I was just like, this is ridiculous. Like there's no way this five foot eight guy is going to give Jason Momoa a challenge. And I, I mean, the twist kind of explained some of this, but like, yeah, I was just, thinking like he's not like why is he getting his ass kicked and why is he struggling with these people like this this doesn't make any sense yeah but overall it was it was a bore fest and and yeah it was a toss it that just gets bumped up to a taste it just for the Shyamalan twist see it was like if what's crazy about this for me is like the twist made it even worse for me and like <laughs> you guys were like oh fuck the twist actually bumps it up so there's there's a couple different ways to look at this uh Willie what was your thoughts on sweet girl I hated the fucking twist <laughs> um, <laughs> this is like if a kid like your kid brings home Something like a project that looks like total shit, but they have a big smile on their face, and you know there was love put into it. This, so, this sounds like this good. sounds like it's coming from personal experience. No, I it was. I'm talking about my neighbor's kid, not mine. Okay. okay. Um, and then and then like it looks like <laughs> shit, and you just want to hug him and say hey, it's beautiful, sweetie. And you put it up on the fucking fridge, and like yeah, it's great. No, it's it, the intention was good. The the. I'm glad I got to see Aquaman punch a guy in the dick. That was fun. Um, other than that, uh, dude, it was fucking rough. Like, this is good if, like, you got drunk as fuck the night before, and you're home, and you hate life, and you're, like, it's the afternoon, and you're on the couch, <laughs> and you're like, okay, I got to watch something. That's, the, so that's the ideal situation, huh? It's huh. a low <laughs> I think you have to be sick. You have to be sick and unable to reach your remote, and yes. the next thing Netflix yes. suggests is this. Yes. And then you're like, the this, <laughs> yes, and the key, this is a low taste it if it's like middle of the day Saturday and you can't get up. <laughs> yeah, I, my, the twist also, like, I didn't think this was a movie with a twist. I, like, I wasn't looking for a twist ever to even happen. And so when it did, I was like, really? The, 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 the twist, you know what the twist did? The twist... Uh, quote-unquote justified 
that horrible exchange in the beginning. Can we go into spoilers a little no, bit? No, no, no. It's not a good part of the movie. Well, no, well, no, 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 I won't do that. <laughs> do that Do that for your YouTube video. <laughs> no, I'm not going to fucking, I'm not going to review this shit. <laughs> I, know, I know exactly <laughs> what scene you're talking about, Willie, though, like the training scene. No, 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 it, no, 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 no. It's just the exchange of two characters seems a little bit weird. And then you realize with a twist why it was like that. But to me, and Shyamalan has dropped the ball. No, not Shyamalan, but other people have dropped the ball with this. Where you have a twist that uh, the story, as it gets to the twist, suffers because you have a twist. It's got to be organic if you do a twist. And if you can't, uh, if you can't tell a story correctly and have a twist, then you're doing it wrong. I would love if I fucking lace twists. I would love, Jake, wouldn't you like it in movies if there's, like, a twist and they all of a sudden start playing Chubby Checkers the twist? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, baby. Down to that. Let's like do the, the twist. They show you all the ways you should have known the twist was, was going on. They're playing okay. that song. Remember okay. when? <laughs> Jake, I love that. All of a sudden, they're just like... They're they're showing you all the moments where you should have realized it with a with a montage with with Chubby Checkers the twist going on in the background. Yeah, like like Fight Club, the second day reveal like Tyler Durden is is the same person as Edward Norton and you do that flashback where you see all the Edward Norton doing it. You know you, know you guys actually you guys are actually basically making the greatest robot chicken skit with Shumpy. <laughs> I'm just kind of relieved to know that Chubby Checkers is still alive. Huh? Sorry for the Fight Club spoilers, by the way. If somebody hasn't seen that movie by this time, fuck them. There's a statute of limitations on spoilers. Yeah, 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 and it's fucking uh, 22 years because that movie came out in 1999, you fucking lazy fucks. (laughs) Great film. It wasn't as sincere. I didn't even even spoil Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, though, guys. Come on. <laughs> I mean, you know. those aren't pillows. Fuck. Uh, let's talk about uh, who, who got a chance to see uh, Heels. I watched the first two episodes that have dropped on uh, on Stars. I've seen the first I episode. I saw the first one. I saw the first one. Okay. Here's the thing. I tried thi- to see the second one. Listen, here's the thing. I... It, Heels is a story about the men and women who chase their dreams in the, in the world of small town pro wrestling. Uh, set in a close knit Georgia community, it follows a family owned wrestling promotion as two brothers and rivals war over their fate, uh, over their late father's legacy in the ring. Somebody must play the good guy and somebody must play their nemesis, the heel. But in the real world, those characters can be hard to live up to or hard to leave behind. Uh, it, it's uh, written in ex- uh, written and created by executive producer Michael Waldron. He did uh, the Loki. He wrote the Loki series. And um, it stars uh, Stephen Amell uh, as Jack Spade. Alexander Ludwig uh, from The Hunger Games and Vikings plays his younger brother Ace. And um, I will say this. Um, the first episode is is pretty bad. Um, I'm going to give it the, the lowest of taste-its. And honestly, I don't feel that this series actually kind of like finds its way until um, the second episode, which I will give a taste-it. And I think this has the potential to be a better series. It's got it's got a great creator behind it, uh, Michael Waldron. I loved what he did with Loki. I just feel like this first episode was pretty, um, pretty bad. And I, I 
I honestly feel that they should have released the first two episodes the first week. Stars doesn't do that. And so I'm not surprised they didn't. But I feel like you really need to get to the end of the second episode before you can kind of like understand where the series is going to go. And I'm what so happy you said that. And what makes this series interesting. And okay, real quick, um, mild spoilers for the second episode. Um something happens at the end of the first episode and the way to spin what happens in the at the end of the first episode i think the best way to spin that and i think what they're leading to is to make the younger brother ace the new heel that's what makes sense for the story going forward the story that Stephen amell is writing for this wrestling family um uh, for their for their whole wrestling, um, I don't know what to call it. Whatever fucking small, their family owned wrestling promotion. promotion company. Yeah, and I think that's where the story gets interesting for me. Is the fact that what ha- what what Stephen Amell's character of Jack Spade did to his brother in the first episode at the end of it by ruining his you know future prospects. And the way that his younger brother acts, you know, at the end of that episode and then going into the second episode to make his brother the new heel. That's interesting. And but the first episode by itself is 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 the lowest of taste. It's and and, and honestly, could, I, I would not be surprised if you guys toss this because it was not great. But I think like this series has the chance to be a little bit better. I don't I don't think it'll ever be a Tupperware, but it's enough. You know, I, I loved watching wrestling growing up when I was a kid, and I think it's enough for me to continue to watch the show. And I'm going to watch the new episode that drops tomorrow. Ho- I'm hoping it gets better. You know, you got you know Michael Waldron here from Loki writing this thing. I hope it gets better, but goddamn, that first episode was rough for me. <laughs> rough as fuck. Um, Jake, what did oh, you think God. about Heels? Uh, it was a. I watched the first episode. It was a middle of the road taste it for me. Um, I'm excited. It gets better after the first episode, you say? <laughs> yeah, it gets better, dude. It gets better. Okay. Like you, okay. I'm interested to see what happens. Um, I, I liked it how they had the roles reversed. I liked it how Stephen Amell's character was the heel in the ring, and his brother was the face. But you quickly learn in their personal lives that it's kind of the other way around as who they are as people. And so it's in, in the second episode, they allude to the fact that like that's what Stephen Amell will probably do with the storyline going forward. Yeah, it's almost like his hand is forced into doing that because his brother can't keep up the kayfabe. And they explain what that is in the series. It's the appearance of your character, even when you're not in the promotion doing the act. You know, you don't hang out with the guy that's supposed to be your arch enemy. You know, you stay away from him even out in the real world. It's, you know, something that they do in the big wrestling promotions to this day still. And I, I thought that kind of stuff was cool. I thought they kind of hit that stuff home with the big Jim character, how he was just a, a natural face. Like, even when they wanted to turn him heel, like, he, it, you never want to make the guy that doesn't want to get booed be the guy that's getting booed like that's just never going to work your your best character is always loosely based on who you who you are as a person in real life just a a more exaggerated extension of kind of the real life who you are that's when things are always firing in all cylinders when you have these make-believe wrestling characters and i thought they they portrayed that really in a real interesting way i 
I would watch another episode of this to see where they continue with it. I like the idea of the the two promotions like fighting with each other, people leaving this promotion, promising they'll come back and help, but never doing so. It seems like there's some cool story threads that they could do with this. So, yeah, I, I wanted it to be better than it was, though. I, I really like the idea of seeing this wrestling show where we talk about kayfabe, where we talk about heels, we talk about faces. Like, I've always, my entire life, kind of wanted that show about the WWE where we're willing to break that wall and talk about, like, what's going on behind the scenes when it comes to stuff like this. So mm-hmm. I had really high hopes for this, but it it didn't really itch all the needs for the kind of show I wanted from this. Am I, Jake, am I am I the heel of PCL? Um, I don't know. I think <laughs> I think we go back and forth. I, I, I think it's one of those things where we're, we're kind of bad characters. I think we we switch back and forth from face to heel a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, Tristan, what do you think? Am I am I the heel of PCL? Uh, most times, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Post time. I think I'm a. I think I'm a bit of a tweener, or I'm not. I, I definitely don't feel like a like. No one's chanting USA when I start giving my rating. You're the heels of post credit scenes, Jake. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. There you go. There you go. I, I waited sixty episodes to get back here. I'm not going to answer that question. You imply that Brian is the heel by saying that. Oh yeah, that's totally what I got out of it. No, no, really, everything I say, you get mad, Brian. What the hell? I, didn't I don't say- know how you can explain your way out of this one. I will agree with you on the one thing that you've said. Everything that you do say makes me angry. I will agree with that. No, but uh, you know what? Full transparency, and I'm thinking about taking this back now after what you just said, is that um, I don't think there is a heel on here. Okay. All right. No, there's really not. Okay. All right, Willie. Well, tell me what you thought about this. Uh, tell me what. You, just tell me what you thought about this. Just tell me what you thought about this fucking show. <laughs> whatever. The first one was on here. You got. Yeah. Like, whatever. You know what? Um. You 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 you're still working through issues over over the first time you were on here. My therapist said it's going to take a while. Okay? I don't. This is, this is a big step in healing. Willie, I, I, it's been so long. I forgot the first time you were on here, and like That's it's, the problem is that you forgot. I, I did not. I know, I know, and now it's all, it's all, it's all fucking coming back to me, and I'm like, why the fuck did I invite this guy back on? <laughs> Willie needs to lay down, count from five back. Throw <laughs> <laughs> a fucking water bottle. I mean, it's here comes the bottle. <laughs> he acts like I've been throwing water bottles at him this whole time, Jake. Honestly, this 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 uh, I I I don't fall asleep during things, and um, this first episode, I saw so much greatness, but I it took three times to go, get through that episode because I kept passing out, and it was middle of the day. And I don't know what it was, but I saw greatness. I see a story and I kept falling asleep. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, Arrow's cool. He's in this. And there's like a whole thing going. I love that reverse thing that Jake brought up. Um, where it's like the bad guy's the good guy, the good guy's the bad guy. Ah, Jake, do you I like, Jake, do you like, uh, do you like, uh, speaking of reverse things, Jake, do you like reverse cowgirl? Yeah, it's not the worst thing. 
I love it's a it's a great position. Sorry. Go ahead. That just shows the lack of respect you'd have for me. (laughs) (laughs) That I would bring up the sexual position of reverse cowgirl during your during your reverse cowgirl uh, Tupperware completely. But um, the whole thing is, it's it's there's a lot of great stuff in this. Mm -hmm. Not reverse cowgirl, but when that's great, there's a lot of great stuff that makes you sleepy in this, in this show. No, it's just when he, when, when, when what's his name? The dick fucking goes at, um, the, 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 the girl at the convenience store that got me into it. Yeah. Okay. This is, this is interesting. Once he showed, once he got like that with that poor girl and went right at her past when she went over to their house, I was like, okay, now I'm now I'm plugged in, and then I went to the second. <laughs> Fat episode. Jamie, now I'm into this. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Jake is like, Jake Willie's like, finally, someone is fat shaming. I <laughs> <laughs> now something I can sink my teeth into. <laughs> well, if, 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 if this, if like, he's like, if this episode ends with reverse cowgirl, it's a Tupperware. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I love the show. The, 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 but you're right. The, the first episode was a. I almost wanted to toss it, but the, the potential is like a low taste. It. Uh huh. Um. I I, I want to get past. I want to get through the second episode. I see where it's going. <laughs> you're just hoping there's. Like a, you're hoping there's more fat shaming. <laughs> I like fat chicks, dude. You're going. You 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 no. And fat chicks with cowgirl even better. But um Willie Willie no, you're but, you're not helping your third appearance on the on the podcast <laughs> right now. <laughs> Whatever. It's a low it's a, it's a low taster. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think Jake, I think that was a, I think that was a three count there. I think I pinned him. <laughs> no, I think you deflated a little bit there. I know. You got him you got him in the Boston crab on that one. I, that was that was a, that, I felt like the Iron Sheik, Jake. <laughs> Tristan, what did you think about that? Oh, apparently now he's the showrunner. He's <laughs> trying <laughs> to get the heat off me, take the spotlight off of me. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm pretty much in line with you guys. It was a uh, for me. It was I probably enjoyed it a little bit more. I was probably just like a middle of the road tasted. Um, I just see the potential in the show and the concept, and I think the actors are great. The leads, the two leads, I really liked a lot. Um, the the first pilot as a pilot, I don't think did a, a good job of just really grabbing you in. Um, I th- I thought the last scene was pretty good. I think that was probably the best part of the first freaking yeah pilot, but uh. But yeah, just in general, I, I see a lot of potential if it's you know written and done right. They have like the right pieces in place to make a really good series. I like seeing the politics behind wrestling and you know the script writing and all the you know all the the, the just the the politics that goes into everything. So you know I think that's a uh, something that's long overdue and it can potentially get good. Yeah, I, I recommend watching the second episode. It does get better, in my opinion. So watch the second episode. But that is Heels on Stars. Let's move into Candyman. This uh, dropped in theaters. Skeptical graduate student Helen Lyle befriends Anne-Marie McCoy while researching superstitions in a housing project on Chicago's near north side. From Anne-Marie, Helen learns about the Candyman, a knife-wielding figure of urban 
Wait, am I reading like? I feel like I'm reading like the fucking synopsis for the first movie. Yeah, no kidding. You are. <laughs> yeah, but this is not. I got this off of Wikipedia, and it's Jesus Christ. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm reading the what the fuck Wikipedia. Yeah, that's the, that's the original. Yeah, hold on, Jesus Christ, Candyman. Please not, don't, please don't get mad at me for this. What? Oh God, damn it! What the fuck do you? Well, here we go. What do you got? What do you got to say? What do you got to say, Willie? No, that you read the wrong thing. You're not getting mad at me for that too. What? Oh God, you are so sensitive this episode. Stop it. Period. What do you want, dude? Oh my God, no, I'm not mad at you. I caught myself on that one as well, and a spiritual sequel to the Willie. Stop it. A spiritual sequel to the horror film Candyman from 1992 that returns to the now gentrified Chicago neighborhood where the legend began. And it's directed by uh, Nia DaCosta. It's written by Jordan uh, Jordan Peele, Wynne Rosenfeld, and Nia DaCosta. I read that synopsis off of the Candyman um, fucking uh, Wikipedia earlier today. Um, that I, cop- I copied and pasted it, and then it actually went into, like, the director being Nia DaCosta. But, yeah, that synopsis is from the first fucking movie. Anyway, um, I'll get into this one. I, um, I fucking, uh, I love the first Candyman movie. I remember watching that movie when it first came out. I don't think, I, I was too young to see it in the theater, but I did rent this one from the video store when I was a kid and watched it at home. And uh, I love the Candyman. It was like one of those things where uh, when you were a kid, it, you had to go into the bathroom with the lights off and look in the mirror and say Candyman five times. It was like it, you had to do it. it and um, for me, this movie, first off, I want to say that I thought that it had super interesting characters. It's not like they just focused 100% on the character of the Candyman here. I felt like, you know, you got Yaya Abdul-Mateen in this movie, and um, who's the actor that plays, um, oh yeah, Tiana Prince, who was uh, fucking Monica Paris. Rambo. Uh, yeah, Tiana Paris. Paris, yeah, who plays Monica Rambo in, um, in, uh, in WandaVision. You got her in here, and oh, they had a bunch of fucking people, uh, um, Carl Clemens Hopkins was in Hacks, and I loved him in Hacks, and he was in here for a limited time. And um, just, I thought that you had, seriously, I don't, and I don't want to spoil this, um, but I do want to say that this movie, I thought all the characters were super interesting. They gave them all super interesting, like, backstories. They made the characters in this movie super interesting. They weren't just focusing on on Candyman. Everybody that was in the story they gave super interesting backstories too. And but not only did they pay homage to the original 1992 film, but they enhanced the lore. And I didn't think it was possible. I didn't think it was possible. I thought that anything that they were going to do in this movie was going to take away from that first movie. But I think that they enhanced upon the lore of the Candyman in in this movie. And and I'll also say that 
okay, I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give it a Tupperware. I absolutely, I loved it. I thought it was great because, because it lived up to like what I wanted to see from this and they really didn't take away from that first movie at all. I feel like they enhanced it with what they did here. Um, and paid a lot of homage and respect to like that first movie. And that's what I was worried about from the trailers. Um, and I'll also say that, uh, there are some fucking Candyman kills in this movie that are f- incredible, just incredible. Um, the school, the school killing, like when, oh God, yeah. that was just fucking visually amazing. And then there's like that one fucking kill that they show from like the, the apartments when they're pulling out and they, Oh my God, that's fucking an an incredible shot, man. Um, I thought everybody that was involved in this movie did a really, really great job. And I fucking, I Tupperware this movie. Can't wait to watch it again. And I think that they've, I think they've like re, like, reinvigorated this fucking Candyman series uh, for me. So, um, Willie, what did you think? Oof. Um, oh, God. <laughs> All right, I, I, I have to say this. Okay. Um, racism is a very sensitive issue for me. Um, I try not to show what if there's a left or right side, I try not to talk about that, but I'm very sensitive towards this issue. Um, I love movies that give a message and I'm not going to act like I understand what some people go through, even though I have dealt with racism. Um, a big thing for me with these movies are that uh, I want the people that should listen to the message to be able to still listen to it. So when it's heavy handed, I'm not a fan of that because that antiquated racist prick sitting in the back should absorb something. Um, they don't because if it's too heavy handed, they kind of like, you know, nobody like they, they, they shut off. That's why, to me, like, the Green Book is better than a Purge film if you want to, you know, deliver a message. I think this film, I think Nia DaCosta is amazing. I think she's such a talented director. Yeah. I think that this is a beautiful looking film. I don't know if it's for the horror fan because she is new to the genre. So that, that kind of, in the dark hallway moment of tension isn't there. Um, I, so I don't think it's, I think it's more of a, of a message film than a horror film. I do think there were some, like, like what you mentioned, not to get into the detail because I don't want to do spoilers, but what you mentioned about the apartment scene. Yeah. That apartment scene up close could be even more impactful because it was a beautiful scene, but hearing a thump with, that sound of when you're maybe cleaning a, a, a window with the, you know, the street thing would have been amazing. It's disturbing. You could have done that same scene uh, instead of 200 feet away, do it 40 feet away. And, and it's little things like, like the, the bathroom scene was amazing. And I love the fact that 
um, where, you know, that, like, you're dressing. I like that Candyman um, is is a monster developed by, created by hate and by racism. Like, racism can create monsters. But I also um, want a film that, or I also hope a film can still deliver the message without giving the racist people or the people that should really absorb the message, giving them ammunition to say, oh, you see, most of the people are white that are being killed. Or you see, all the cops are evil in the film. Or you see, like, that, it's giving another side ammunition where I wonder if a certain news station isn't delivering Jordan Peele a fruit basket with a big thank you letter. Mm. And that's what scares me. Because I, I think that the messages of this film are so important. They are. But I don't want every cop that sees the movie, including the ones that actually do protect and serve, to leave mad. Because there are people that should be held accountable for their racism. But it's not everyone. And you shouldn't generalize. Because then at that point, I'm not... It's, 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 it's counterproductive. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. It does. Yeah. Yeah. And I say this, I know I've been joking around, but it's touching to me. And, and I, I, I can't tell you how many black friends I have because I don't count them because I'm pretty colorblind when it comes to that. I'm a mutt. So I, I don't really count my friends and I don't try to, try to overcompensate. I treat my black friends the same way I treat my Spanish friends, my white friends. I, I don't really look at that. So, but, but I, I've been afraid to post my review because there's a lot of people that are trying so hard to show they're not racist that it's like the, the backlash. If you look at comments on reviews that say anything neg- negative about this movie, and it's not from black people, um, black people have been very laid back about this. A lot of black critics have criticized this film for not being perfect, but it, it's, it's unfortunate when you can't express your opinion. And it's not a perfect film. I think the message is so important, but I think it's delivered in a way that can turn off or even give fuel to the fire of people that it shouldn't. Instead of connecting to those people, it, it, it's giving them ammunition. And that scares me. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't look at it from, I don't know. I, just, I guess I was just, it, it has like a lot of mes- messages about you know um, it go, it go it does go into gentrification and like uh, you know Cabrini Green which like Jake you know we know about Cabrini Green up in Chicago and stuff and but I was just looking at it from like a can I guess I'm just looking at it from like a horror fan and like it did it I was kind of just looking at it from like did it enhance the lore of the Candyman from like when I was a kid and I felt like it that's what I'm coming from it as is like. And I feel like it did. I feel like it paid homage to like the original without fucking taking away from the original. And, um, that's why I gave it a Tupperware. I thought it was, and like the characters were super interesting. Like I was just worried that they were just going to focus too much on the candy man. But like, I was like totally like into like, you know, yeah, yeah. Abdul Mateen's like fucking like, he's like a, he's an artist. And I was into like what he was trying to do with like his new, um, he was having a new exhibition that he had. I was totally into that. I was totally into like 
his uh, journey as an artist and trying to get this inspiration and like his new exhibition and where it was all coming from. And uh, I, 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 I give it a, I, I give it an absolute Tupperware, but I, I was looking at it from like a different uh, perspective. Tristan, what did you think about Candy Man? Um, yeah. Um, yeah. First of all, I want to say, Willie, I think that was a very good review. Like I think you should post it. Um, there's a lot of people that have uh, similar views to you that I've seen online. So, you know, I don't think you should have any, uh, you know, hesitation to post that. But um, just in general, um, I'm going to give it, for me personally, I'm going to give it a high tasted. Um, it wasn't a Tupperware for me, but it was a movie that I definitely enjoyed. The director, um, Nia DaCosta, like I can see why Marvel swooped her up because I think she's phenomenal. It's just a director. Um, just every scene was just so beautiful and it was, it's a horror movie, but like at the same time, it's just like every, every scene and, and, and shot selection was just, you know, it almost seemed like she was just a, a filmmaker that's been doing this for years. Um, I got a lot of Kubrick and, and Nolan vibes from some of the shots that she was using. Oh, so, fuck it, like yeah, the, the hallway yeah. shots and the, and the, yeah. yeah. Oh no, you yeah. nailed it with. You nailed it with a Kubrick. Kubrick, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I can see why Kevin Feige swiped her up to do the the, the Marvels film. Um, she's really gifted. And in general, you know, I love the use of the, the flashback puppets. And um, you did know, you stick the, around? Uh, did you stick around for the end where they kept showing the the, the puppets and shit at the very like in the credits? Um, yeah, I did. Yeah. At the very, was there something at the very, very end? No, I'm just saying, like, did you stick uh, around? They kind of basically, yeah. yeah, showed this. Yeah. 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 So I liked her use of those puppets. I liked, um, the use of mirrors, you know, how she would always kind of show mirrors and you kind of be looking through the mirrors to see if there's something creeping yeah, in the background yeah. there. Um, a lot of very, very well planned and well executed shots. So yeah, she's going to be a phenomenal director. And, um, you know, I loved the cast. I thought that the cast was strong. You know, um, Tiana Paris, um, the guy that played her brother, um, you know, just even some of the uh, the lower uh, secondary characters I thought were really good. Um, Yahya Abdul-Mateen, um, I like him. I don't love him, but I like him. Um, I, I like him. I, like, I, I liked him way more in this than I did, like, fucking Aquaman. <laughs> so Yeah, I remember you saying you didn't like him as Black Man. I didn't. Um, I I feel like he has all the tools to be a great leading man. I just feel that he's not there yet. Um, like I feel like he he can be there. Um, but yeah, I did I did like him in this role. I just didn't love him. Um, to be honest with you, like I I feel that there's something about Tony Todd too that I would have just liked to have seen more of in this. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but overall, you. Know, I think my rating would have been enhanced if I watched the old one, uh, the 90s version right before this, because I haven't seen that in so long. Yeah. And I yeah. know there's a lot of ties into it. Um, but overall, like, I enjoyed the movie just because it was just well, you know, just very good filmmaking. Um, one thing that I want to do comment on, is, which is what Willie was talking about, was some of the social commentary, which I do think is needed. But um, I do agree with Willie in, in the sense that I feel that you can execute a message without being so heavy handed with it. Um, and I think that there should have, well, I don't want to say should, but I think um, it could have been done in a way where it was a little more woven seamlessly into it rather than sort of this very, very blatant message. Because 
Um, yeah, in general, the people that do need to hear the message are, it's just going to kind of piss them off, you know, um, as opposed to just, you know, making it, uh, interwoven into the story and make sense, you know, but, but in general, I did enjoy it and I'm, and I'm glad that it did go there. I just kind of wish it was executed a little differently. I have also have criticism for the third act because I feel that the third act is, it was like this slow kind of build up and then all of a sudden it just culminated very fast. Like I feel that like that third act just like just yeah zero to hundred. Yeah. I you're you're right there, dude. I feel like I, I loved the, all the build up and everything, but that third act, I, I feel like I need to definitely watch it again and break it down a little bit slower because it did fucking move really quickly. The, the, yeah. the third act, if I wanted to give it a Tupperware, I couldn't, even if I tried, because the third act had the message be as subtle as like a really bad purge sequel out of out of the blue yeah. it just it was just like from 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 it just went to 100 miles an hour like in two seconds yeah yeah so overall yeah i mean i, I really enjoyed the movie but um um yeah I, I think there's certain things that could have been handled a little differently but it, but i also feel that I think if I watched the first one yeah. um, right before this and I had it fresh in my mind, it might have been a little bit more enhanced as far as my viewing its experience was because they pretty much is basically a, a sequel. Yeah, you know, it, is. it is. It's it's like they got rid of like the the I think there was like a 95 sequel and a, well, another one in 99. Yeah. So they, and they yeah, basically they got, did the Halloween thing where they like retconned yeah. it and like this was like a spiritual sequel to like the original and that's what I liked about it, man. Because I fucking I love that first Candyman movie. And honestly, I like the second one too. I'm not gonna lie, I fucking love the second one too. I I, I like the second, third one didn't really care for, but I like the first two. Um, but yeah, I I don't know, man. I think I do need to watch this again. And I was looking to see if like I could watch Candyman anywhere. I don't think it's streaming anywhere right now. Oh, is it not? I don't think it's streaming anywhere. You might you might be able to rent it, but. Um, you, you might you might be able to go to Best Buy and pick that up for like because it's so old. Pick it up for like five bucks in the Blu-ray section. Yeah, yeah, I fucking love it, Jake. You got to watch this one. I think you dig it. If you like, you like yeah, the first I love Candy the movie. Original. Yeah, yeah, I remember the sequel too. I didn't think it was the worst. You know, one of those kind of directed video sequels. Right. Um, yeah, I definitely plan on checking this out. I, I'm excited to hear like it sounds like it has some really sweet cinematography even if the plot isn't as digestible as you would want it to be yeah i guess i do it just like check it it checked some boxes for me as far as like enhancing the lore of Candyman, which that went a long way with me you know because i was worried about this kind of like retconning everything from like the original movie and I feel like they paid homage to it. And that's why I give it a Tupperware. Um, cause I was really invested with, with the movie from the beginning. And then by the end, they really paid tribute to that first movie. And that was enough to sell me. <laughs> so, so. Did you see how good his, uh, the mother looked? Like, how the hell? What the fuck? Like, she looked like his sister. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, what the fuck? She looked, oh, that's his mom. Well, you know. <laughs> Um, Tristan can, can vouch for this. Black people are vampires. They don't age. <laughs> Look at Samuel Jackson. <laughs> Look at they Morgan Freeman. Which makes me wonder, since we did touch on spoilers, which, which makes me wonder, 
why did you not just put Tony Todd in this more? Maybe because he, they're not sure of the shelf life that he has left. I don't know if they wanted to build a franchise on him. You know, it looks like he grew a day older than he did in '92 or '99. Or ah, uh, there was some de aging going on. Yeah, there was definitely some CGI there. Yeah. Uh, did we just spoil something? Well, hundred percent. You guys spoiled it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, that's a viewing tip because if somebody goes in there thinking Tony Todd's going to be there the whole film, they're going to be upset. So we're we're, we're helping them. <laughs> it's only going to be at this mark in the movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, anyways. Yeah. I watched. Um, I watched a. Uh, it was a one night fathom event for a movie called The Show, and it's a. Uh, it it was it's written by Alan Moore. And so, you know, I love Watchmen and, you know, I love, you know, some of the stuff that he did for DC. So I was like, I was going to give this movie a chance and watch this in the theater. Uh, a man goes on a mission to locate a, a stolen artifact for a client, which leads him to a haunted town full of vampires, sleeping beauties and voodoo gangsters. Uh, it's directed by Mitch Jenkins. I'm not going to get into this one too much. I fucking hated this thing. It was so terrible. <laughs> Oh my god. It was like two hours long and like it just got so convoluted in the story and I just, I checked out. I, I checked out so hard in this one. I, my eyes were getting tired and I started to like, I went into like full willy mode where I was like sleeping during heels. <laughs> and I checked out of this movie. I think you have to be like a die hard, die hard Alan Moore fan because this was, it was a lot of detective work and a lot of spoken word, not a lot of action, and I was just not into the show. So I'm going to give it a toss it. And um, I fucking, it was an event film, so you had to pay 15 bucks to watch this one, Jake. Oh, the double whammy. Yeah. So I paid 15 bucks to watch this, and I was hoping that I was going to be like, oh my God, I love this movie, because I love The Watchmen, and I did not like the show. Uh, clickbait on Netflix. Uh, when family man Nick Brewer is abducted in a crime with a sinister online twist, those closest to him race to uncover who is behind it and why. And so basically in clickbait, it's, uh, uh, is it, Willie, did you say it's an eight episode series? I'm through three episodes. I saw eight. Yes. You saw all eight. I, I watched three episodes. So basically what happens here is, uh, you've got, uh, um, this guy, Nick Brewer, he's married, he's got a family, he's got a sister who, lo you know, who loves him, but you know, like they, 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 they get into their little arguments and shit like that. But, um, a family get together and, uh, Nick and, and his sister, uh, who is uh, a character named Pia, played by Zoe Kazan. They get into an argument. She ends up leaving this family uh, get-together. And uh, later on that night, Nick leaves her like a voicemail message. And then the next day, there's a video that pops up online of Nick Brewer. And uh, it says uh, something like, um, uh, you know, I abuse women. And after this video has been viewed five million times, I'm going to be killed. So he's been abducted and his abductors are saying like, once this video hits five million views, they're going to kill this guy. And so it's a race against time. 
to fucking find Nick Brewer before this video hits five million views and before he can get ki- before he can get killed. I'm through three episodes, and uh, I feel like this movie, this, this series, is is giving us twists to give us twists to not uh not reveal exactly what's going on here i think it is kind of like it's an addictive kind of show to watch to try to figure out like where it's going to go i just didn't have enough time to to finish this one uh between watching all the things that i've been watching um i will give it a i I will give it a taste it but and i don't know if i guess it's willie i'm gonna hear what you have to say about this one before i before I, before I maybe come to my conclusion as to whether I'm going to revisit clickbait because you've seen the whole series. Um, but before I get to you, Jake, did you watch any of clickbait? I watched the first two episodes of this. I thought the, the first episode was okay. I'll give it a middle of the road taste it. I, I was definitely interested in the suspense of what was really going on. If this guy was really innocent or not. Um, how long was it going to take to get all these clicks? And then I was very drawn to watch the next episode right away, but I actually hated the second episode. The second episode was a toss it for me. And I, I, exactly what you said, it felt like twist for the sake of twist. The main draw of the show was kind of gone. It almost seemed like a focal shift as far as which character we were following and the new character we were following in the second episode was so drab. Um, I, I'm, checked out of this series I, i'm tapped out i won't i won't watch any more past two unless willie tells me some crazy ass fucking like you know t- mind-blowing twist happens in the next few episodes i, I don't <laughs> i don't know i this was a toss-up for me all right yeah tristan uh did you watch any of clickbait no i did not get a chance to watch this one okay willie talk to me about clickbait you watched all eight episodes like you're Fuck, you're a madman. You got sucked down the clickbait well. Well, because I was trying to do good, and it's been 60 episodes. Oh, God, you're still fucking bringing this shit up. Jesus fucking Christ. Jake, he is not going to let this go. Oh, my God. It's one of those things that it's he's not let it go so much that it's impossible for me to feel guilty. Like, I did feel guilty about it. But he's completely. I know, Willie. Yeah, we get it. You've been gone for a fucking year. Let's let's move on. Let's move on. I get it. I get it. That's not what I meant. Oh God! Now he's getting defensive, Willie. What I mean, did you? If we bring him back next week, he won't have any material. I know, but oh, Willie, Willie. Every time I mention, like, no so I mentioned something, you've always got to bring it back to like I haven't been here for sixty episodes. Just tell me, what did you think about clickbait? I, I thought that I wanted to make sure I watched everything. All and right, yeah. I, I fucked up watching all eight episodes because I screwed up on two other things I should have watched. Um, I think it's a because a lot of the stuff that I saw I wasn't thrilled with. I, I want to call it a, a a solid taste. It. I think the show definitely did a whole what if thing. I like the way technology is used, and it shows how you can kind of do a whodunit with technology. Um, with no spoilers, I definitely had an idea of who it was, and at the very end, I was wrong. Hmm. And through the whole thing, I was pretty certain who it was, and it kept 
it definitely teases you. Um, you. What I like about the show is that it does give you the perspective of everyone's view through the process, from a detective to a family member to a reporter to so you get really to really see the whole uh, viewpoint, the point of view from everyone in the process of finding out what happens to somebody, the aftermath, and so on. Um, I will say if somebody wants to watch this show, I, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I look at Netflix and I look at other episodes, like the rest of the episodes, and see the titles. I would not look at the titles of all the episodes before watching this. Hmm. Because it gives you a little bit of a hint of where the show is going. So don't look at the titles of the eight episodes. Just watch it cold if you want. I will give it a taste because it's 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 fun. I kept like th- this whole there's this whole uh you know um they're trying to locate where after it hits five million views uh spoilers yeah it five million people watch this out of fucking morbid curiosity for a man that could be killed. Anyway, um, there's this app that uh, people start uh, taking advantage of called Geonicking, where mm-hmm. they can search for Nick Brewer. You know, they're looking for his either Nick Brewer or his body in, in this in this city area, and it's an app called Geonicking. And if you've uh, covered this area, you can uh, basically say, "Oh, I've been here. He's not here." And I kept thinking to myself, like. If the person that fucking like killed him <laughs> got on geonicking and said and and fucking like basically said like here's you know I killed them here here's the body they could use the geonicking app and say yeah I've checked that place There were so many things in my notes that touch on things like that and I can't say it for spoiler reasons Yeah but yeah, there, there's a lot of things you'll run into in this show that touch on that, and um, it, it's what I like about this show is that it. it uh, I like seeing mystery with technology. There was a movie in that I absolutely love. It's probably my favorite movie of 2018, which got no traction because The Nun came out the same weekend. And the nun was, I'm sorry, a piece of shit. That was terrible. Uh, I saw that shit. Yeah. I saw that shit in Dolby Atmos, and it was fucking garbage. Oh, it was fucking horrible. Um, my favorite movie of 2018 was probably Searching. Oh, I fu- John Cho. That fucking movie was great. Yeah, that was my favorite. Yeah, movie was great of 2018. I love that film. Yeah, it's a good movie. This movie, it's not. By no means is it Searching. But it 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 puts a little bit of that into it, where you do work with technology. And, and it's it's cool because you see the polarizing effect of the internet and people like with one event you'll see people saying like oh this is great and other ones are like sad and they show their empathy so there's that nice balance um I'm not gonna tell anybody to, to, to like run in or like like to Netflix and watch this but if you're bored and you're watching, yeah. it's a fun watch yeah it's a fun watch yeah I I, I, I agree with that I agree with that. Willie, I like your commentary when you're not always flipping back to how you haven't been on for 60 fucking episodes. I I hope you do know I'm totally fucking with you, dude. Like, I'm not really heartbroken by that. I'm fucking with you. I'm messing with you. 
Sometimes it feels a little more real. Yeah, like, like, come on. I swear, if you watch my YouTube channel, you'll know I just fuck around. I, I'm totally messing with you guys. I love you guys. Let's let's make this. Come on, let's let's have some fun. I'm a fan. Let's have. I know you're a fucking fan. That's why I wanted to have you back on. And then I gotta. And then I gotta fucking. I gotta. <laughs> I gotta fucking. I gotta be constantly fucking browbeaten by the fact that I haven't had you on in sixty episodes, dude. I'm a fan. Every every three reviews, every three reviews, you're telling me how you haven't been on for sixty episodes and how you're trying to fucking impress me by watching all this shit. And it, it it's a it, it, it's a little hurtful. It's a little hurtful, Willie. All I've done is piss you off the whole time. <laughs> you try. You, I feel like you're trying to rile me up, here, Willie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, full transparency, dude. I'm a fan. I love, I love this fucking podcast, and the fact that I'm on it. I don't care if it's 180 episodes. I'll, I'll wait. I love this. <laughs> so, you know, Aww. You guys, I love you guys. <laughs> it's that's see, Jake. He's you know what? He he fucking it's 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 this fucking Ike Turner bullshit with him. He'll fucking he'll smack me around and then he'll bring me right back. You are not my Tina. You are Brian. And don't let anyone tell you different. <laughs> wow. Oh man! <laughs> mm. All righty. Yeah. Uh, did anybody watch any episodes of Post Post Mortem? No. What is that? Did I send that to you, Tristan? No. Post Mortem. Not on my list. Tristan. <laughs> Tristan fell asleep. Sorry. No. <laughs> he started watching no. Heels again. Did I not send this to you guys? <laughs> <laughs> Watching Sweet Girl. You watching Sweet Girl? Did Why? I? Uh, uh, <laughs> no, I, I didn't see that one. Oh fuck! I, I didn't. I didn't get that list. Eh, don't worry about it, guys. I didn't get it either. Yeah, I'm messing. Up. I'm fucking up. I'm a fucking. I'm, I, <laughs> it's it's a it's a Norwegian. It's uh it's a it's a Norwegian show on uh, Netflix. Uh, yeah, don't watch it. It's called Postmortem. There you go. There's, don't watch you, it. Did Thank you watch you. it? I watched the first episode and I was out. It, it's just, it's it's not for me. It's not for me. It's a cool title. Yeah, it's, it's a, the full title is Postmortem. Postmortem. No one dies in scarns. Is the okay? F- well, I'll take the cool title for the way right now. <laughs> like yeah, BVS Dawn of Justice, basically. <laughs> Um, all right, Bob, Bob, let's move on to something we've all watched. Bob Ross, Happy Accidents, Betrayal and Greed. Did we all get a chance to watch the Bob Ross, by uh, the documentary here? Yes. Jake, you watched it. Yeah, yeah, I said yes. I, Willie was our only non-speaker there. <laughs> I was halfway through. I was doing freaking clickbait. Damn it. Okay. Uh, TV host Bob Ross uh, from The Joy of Painting brings joy to millions as the world's most famous art instructor. However, a battle for his business empire casts a shadow over his happy trees. Um, holy shit, man. Um, yeah, this dropped. It's a it's a it's a documentary about the the life of Bob Ross. It goes into like the early years, how he got involved in painting and then uh, how he started this. Uh, show, his show on PBS, and then it gets into the darker side of the business. And, um, I don't know about, like, this was, like, 
I think it's a, I think it's a great fucking documentary and man, I never want to buy any Bob Ross merchandise ever after watching yeah. this. Yeah, exactly the same. Exactly the same. It's so depressing. So yeah, they took this man's legacy and just did everything they could to turn a buck for it. And it, it's, yeah. Wow. His son Steve got shafted. Um, the Kowalskis that basically ripped, basically took over, um, um, the business here. I mean, I, I, I do recommend people to watch this just to be in the know of like, you know, every time you buy a Bob Ross product, um, that you're lining the pockets of, uh, of two assholes, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I don't feel bad about spoiling that because I, I, I think, I think people need to watch this and I think we, I think we, God damn it. I, I will never buy anything Bob Ross ever after no, watching with you they made bob ross magic the gathering land cards that i was so tempted to get because i'm such a such a fan and i ended up passing on it and now i'm like i'm pretty sure those were probably licensed by the assholes so yeah i'm, I'm yep. glad i didn't buy them yeah mm-hmm. what would you rate this jake for me it would be a taste it i i'm right there with you or it's it's such a weird taste it it's like it's a tupperware in the aspect that i agree that everyone should watch it but it's a taste it in the aspect that it's it's something I never have the need to watch again. And it did make me feel kind of icky while watching it. Yeah. So I, it's just a solid taste it for me, but it, it's definitely made with very high quality. They did their research. They did their legwork. And I just like Brian, I think if you're any kind of a fan of Bob Ross, you should a hundred percent watch this. If you don't know who Bob Ross is at all, then this is an easy skip. Yeah. Yeah. Tristan, what'd you think, man? You know, I'm, I was conflicted whether or not to give this a Tupperware or high tasted. I'm leaning towards high tasted just because I feel that um, Bob Ross and people who are not familiar with him need to kind of understand how amazing this guy was. <laughs> I thought he was just a, you know, he's just one of those figures from my childhood that, you know, lives in like the, the like, you know, the Hall of Fame, you know, as far as his figures that I remember. And, you know, he's, he's, a person whose life I feel needs to be um, put on display, but at the same time, the the last third of this documentary is just it just left such a bad taste in my mouth, given no how things turned out with him. I was not expecting this, dude. I was expecting to watch Bob Ross. This yeah. movie. I was expecting to watch this movie um, and get like the same kind of like feel good feelings that yeah. i got from watching like the mr rogers documentary you know yeah which would be my neighbor, i was yeah. scared from the title but like with betrayal being in the title i didn't even kind of like i didn't even jake i i don't i didn't even read the full title going into this. oh that's funny that's funny because i kind of was like man this, even from the beginning i was like this is gonna upset me yeah just seeing how like they just tell you right up front that it's gonna be bad news for them yeah yeah, but overall, you know, I, I enjoyed the documentary for the most part. You know, I love the fact that that it just really kind of showed that he was, you know, generally as good a person as he kind of portrayed himself to be. I mean, there was, yeah. you know, allegations of infidelity and things like that. But it's like aside from that, like the guy was, a you know, seemed like a really decent human being. And yeah. and it was heartbreaking to see because you, uh, you knew he loved his son. You know, you could see the way he was kind of pushing him to Fuck be yeah. Yeah. the next 
version of him. And, right. and there's a part in the documentary where his son said that Bob Ross could actually paint much better than he was doing, but he was holding back because he didn't want to outdo his son yeah. on, on TV. And that's, you know, so he really wanted this empire to go to his son to see the fact that his son is struggling and couldn't even afford his lawyer fees to fight for the rights. And these these assholes have the rights to his legacy. It's just it's just heartbreaking. It is. And yeah. And but in general, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the documentary. Um, I didn't know that Alaska was his inspiration for everything because he lived there at some point. But I I was in Alaska a few years ago and I thought, like, man, this looks like a Bob Ross painting. That's just what I <laughs> what I would think when I would see the scenery and yeah. make sense because he grew up there. And uh, and just the way that he made people feel about painting. They even talked about how he would, you know, he had all these groupies and stuff because he, he almost like painting was like a sexual thing to him. But he he didn't cross the line and get gratuitous with it or anything. But it was like such a passion. That, and he was able to portray that and 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 through the screen and make people feel a way about painting. Yeah. They said that the, and, the, when he would when he would whisper the way he would whisper, yeah. he was trying to. You know, he'd seen other people do these painting shows and how they were kind of like loud and like, I guess, boisterous. And he wanted to kind of like, he, they almost described it like, like, like a lover talking to you in the bedroom. And, uh, yeah. And, and, but it worked, man. For some reason, it just fucking worked with Bob Ross. The, the fucking afro, everything fucking worked. Like he, he, he was, uh, and that was not a natural afro. <laughs> so that is something that I learned too, that he fucking, what did he call it? He, he had to get his, uh, his, uh, 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 springs tightened or something. Yeah. 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 But, uh, every, every three weeks or, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Just the, the people that took over his, his empire, man, it just left a bad taste in my mouth. And the way that they, they even tried to hide his death so that they thought, you know, they wanted people to believe that he was still alive. Like, cause I do remember him kind of dying as a whisper. It wasn't like a big thing. That yeah. When yeah. Died. Like, it, and there's a lot of people that still don't know if he's dead or not. Right. You know, because, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a high taste for me. I really, I really enjoyed it. I just, wish that the story ended better it's we all do it's a high taste yeah. it for me too it's a high taste it for me too and it's like one of those things where it's like i think the the final message of this like getting this story out there for the public to realize like the people that are in charge of his legacy and you know bob ross the name are i think like for the public to know that every time you buy a Bob Ross product or anything that a t-shirt with Bob Ross or dude, there's Bob Ross, everything, Bob Ross, Chia pets, everything, everything that you buy Bob Ross, you're lining the pockets of two assholes that fucking ripped off the family and are deceitful and evil people. In my opinion, I think that's important. I think that message, getting that message out there is an absolute Tupperware, but my God, this was move. This movie was a fucking downer. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was wild what they did to the flower painters how that how she just copied her book yeah what the fuck pictures how the me away how the fuck is there no lawsuit going on there with that you know like that was wild yeah yeah i uh willie did you not you didn't get a chance to see this i got halfway through it halfway 
and then and then and honestly, I got halfway through it right before we got on, and uh, I was touched by it. I cannot wait to see this third act. Yeah. Well, you and, you watched the better half. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yes. Fuck, I'm kind of depressed now. Should mm. I even watch the third act? I would. I mean, listen, um, just throwing it out there because I, I I deal with design work. Um, if anyone gets a high resolution image of whatever they want from Bob Ross, whether it be paintings or anything else, you can shrink that and put it on anything, whether it be a shirt or anything else. If you want to rob these assholes of merchandise, all you have to do is get a high resolution and uh, shrink it and you can put it on anything. Yeah, I would like to take money out of their fucking pockets. They they yeah, so they sicken me. So, um, real quick, I don't, did anybody get a chance to watch any of uh, Chapel Weight on uh, Epics? I did. I watched the first episode. I did not on this one, I, Tristan. I feel like you watched the first episode and you're not into it. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Pretty much, and I was also like fucking around on my phone the entire time okay this is um, a chapel weight it, it's a it's a series featuring academy award winner adrian brody and uh, it's based on stephen king's short story jerusalem jerusalem's lot uh it's set in the 1850s uh chapel weight follows captain charles boone who relocates his family of three children to his ancestral home in the small seemingly sleepy town of preacher's corners um, after his wife, it's in Maine after his wife dies at sea. However, Charles will soon have to confront the secrets of his family's, uh, sordid st- history and fight to the end of the darkness that has plagued the boons for generations. Um, yeah. So basically you've got a, uh, you've got a guy who's lived at sea with his family and, um, he has been, um, uh, a, a member of his family passed away and leaves him a mansion and it is called Chapelwaite. And, um, his family that has lived in this town of Preacher's Corners, Maine, um, they have left a bad impression upon the people of the town. So anybody that's related, um, to, uh, you know, uh, the Boone family, this family does not want anything to do with. They just want to get them out of this town. There have been, um, uh, they have a they they have a really bad history with the people in this town, and uh, you've got Emily Hampshire uh, from Schitt's Creek. Uh, she plays Rebecca Morgan in this one, and then of course Adrian Brody is in this series. Tristan, you watched one episode. It doesn't sound like you liked it at all. Um, I don't think I gave it a proper chance to be honest with you. I was kind of multitasking while watching it, but you know, just visually, you know, it looked really good and and. Um, Adrian Brody, Oscar-winning actor, you know, I mean, he's <laughs> seemed to be doing a serviceable uh, position, but <laughs> I can't really say much about it, man. Like, it was just this slow crawl with, like, little reveals, um, and I didn't give, I, did, I just didn't pay proper attention. I, if I have to rate it, it'd be a low taste, just from my perspective. It just seemed like it was a poor Stephen King adapta- adaptation. Oh, my God. Okay, uh, Willie, what'd you think? Um, I only saw one episode. Yeah. I only saw one episode available at the time when I looked at it. Oh, um, they dropped three. Oh, fuck. What did I miss? Yeah, they dropped three on day one. Uh, okay. Well, um, 
<laughs> the fact that I didn't go back and look tells you something. Um, I, I, um, I have a hard time with period pieces. Like, they got to really get me right away or at mm-hmm. least close to. Um, you can tell this story is a slow burn. Like, there's going to be more coming up. The production value, like Tristan said, is great. Um, and as soon as we get to the house... And the guy's like, oh, you want to hang out? And the girl's like, fuck that. That's not what she said, but I'm paraphrasing. Um, I was like, okay, well, this might be good. Um, the story's there. It is a slow burn. But I see some interesting things. I'll get, uh, I'll go a little higher and give it a taste it. But, but uh, uh, yeah, you're, I'm with Tristan. It's a low taste it. Uh, it looks good. <laughs> <laughs> that was a roller coaster. I'll get. I'll give it a taste. It. I'll go with Tristan. It's a low taste. It. What the fuck? I like Tristan. I'm going with him, dude. He's right. I know. I know. He's the only fucking person you've liked on this entire episode. <laughs> I, 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 Brian, I love you. I know. I have been taking a beating from you this entire episode. <laughs> the people listening think that you've been taking the beating, but I feel like I've been taking the emotional beating from one Willie. I'm sending you a fucking card. I'm putting a card. I haven't mailed shit. I'm putting a card in the mail tomorrow for you. <laughs> I love you. No, it's it's good. You know what it is? Yeah. You just told me, dude, that there's three episodes and I saw one. Yeah. Didn't go back there. Makes me wonder. So it's the production value is great. I think the story says there's going to be a lot of awesome stuff. And but but it's yeah, it's a taste it like a mid low taste it. But anyone who's watching it, I think should watch more. Here we go. You guys want to hear what I thought? Here's the thing. I watched the first episode. I was hooked, and I watched the second and third episode back to back to back. I fucking love Chapel Weight. This is an absolute Tupperware from me. I don't know what the fuck show you guys were watching. We watched I, <laughs> I, I, I fucking loved this show. I am hooked. And tomorrow, the fourth episode drops on Epic's. Tomorrow I'm fucking watching fourth episode of Chapelweight. I give it an absolute Tupperware. I am hooked on this show. I think it is phenomenal. And I'm not the biggest fan of Stephen King adaptations uh, when it comes to Stephen King adaptations to film, when it comes to Stephen King adaptations to television. But I think that this – I've never read uh, Jerusalem's, Jerusalem's Lot um, so maybe if you've read it and then you go into this, you might be at a disadvantage. You might like the book better. Um, me not having, and I've read Stephen King. I'm a, he, I love Stephen King's writing. He's probably my favorite writer to be quite honest with you. But this, I fucking, I was hooked. I was hooked. Mm. I, I was hooked by this show. I, I think it's, I think it's an absolute Tupperware and I cannot wait to finish this. I could, I didn't think I was gonna like this going in, Jake. Jake, I didn't think I was gonna like this going in. And after the first episode, I was like, holy shit, I'm digging this. I watched the second episode, I'm like, holy fuck, I still like this show. And it is a slow burn, but I fucking love it, man. I fucking love it. So I'm gonna give Chap away to fucking Tupperware on Epics. So. Yeah, I didn't realize it was based off of Jerusalem's lot. I, that's really strange source material to make a television series out of. It's really just a, a short story that's a lead-in to Salem's Lot. 
So I, it, it sounds like they really like did a lot of adapting here to uh, stretch the material, which may be a good thing. I mean, it, it honestly was never one of my favorite stories. It kind of read like a history lesson. Well, so. I, there's this there's this town that is has, there's basically. Um, Oh my god, I, I watched this last week and I don't wanna... There's this town and they've basically been affected, they believe they've been affected by the Boone family. Um, there is, uh, there, there's kind of like this sickness that goes around and the sickness first kind of appeared at the Boone family, um, work, you know, people were working for the Boones and the first people that were afflicted by like this, this virus or, or this sickness actually came from the, from the, from the Boone family. And it's almost like, it's almost like kind of like, um, so, so they blame, uh, the Boone family for this sickness and, and, and people have been dying ever since from the sickness. And, um, there's this mystery of, um, uh, of one of the Boones. Is he dead or is he not dead? Like, like Adrian Brody's character digs up the grave of, of one of the of the Boone family members and there's no body in the grave and so like they don't know if this guy actually fucking died or not. I'm just intrigued by this this mystery. I'm intrigued by the mystery. I'm intrigued by the people in this town and what they're going through and um his family. I'm intrigued by what they're going through by living there now and is the father going to fucking become unhinged? It seems like members of the male members of the Boone family kind of go through like this crazy, they kind of go crazy and you don't, it, it, it made me feel like, like uh, gave me like Amityville horror vibes as far as like, um, and of course, and there's a scene where, um, it, and it totally gave me the shining vibes because there's a scene of like, uh, of, uh, Adrian Brody grabbing an ax He's hearing what he believes are like rats in the walls and he takes this axe and he starts fucking hacking away at the walls and shit. And I'm like, oh, my God, like this is not the first time we've seen a character with an axe in a Stephen King uh, story. I kept thinking of The Shining in that moment. But I don't know. It's just like this. It, I part of me wants um, uh Adrian Brody's character not to go crazy, but I can't see him not going crazy in this series. I'm hooked though. I'm hooked. I, I give it a top of I love it. Well, you know, and what you're saying, I, I'm only on the first episode that I saw, but you're right because you can't help. And I'm just talking about the first episode. It feels like right away, Adrian Brody, it's almost like a rite of evil passage where he's just going to repeat history almost. It does. And I don't want it to go down that road, but it's done enough for me to continue to want to watch this movie. I was hooked from the first episode though, guys. And so this might not be your bag. Like, nope. like, like you guys watch this episode and you're not digging it. Low taste. It's for both of you. I was Tupperware from the first episode and surprised. So this might not be your thing, but this nope. is totally up my fucking alley, and I cannot wait for the new episode tomorrow. Nope. Here, Brian, is where I'm saying something good. We're not... We're not. Oh, finally. Are, are we, we're at that point in the podcast where you finally say something good? I say nice things to you all night. I know, but see, here's the thing. You'll say this shitty thing, and then you'll follow it up with all this ass kissing. <laughs> That's what you've been doing this whole fucking time, Willie. Like, oh my God, you guys, it's been 60 episodes since you had me back. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, but I love you. 
I love you, Brian. You're I love you. Sweet and sour Willie. It is sweet and sour Willie sauce. I'll take the sweet and sour Willie sauce on my. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like porn, dude. Sweet and sour. No, it sounds like it's it, it sounds like the secret menu at a fucking like Chinese restaurant. Like I'll take the oh. sweet and sour willy sauce. Well, what I was gonna say was <laughs> what, what I was gonna say after I insulted you with something nice. Yeah, it's been the theme of the episode, Willie. <laughs> no, I was going to say that I I, I want to watch the other two, and I'm, I want to message you and tell you what I thought because fuck, it sounds like I really missed something. No, uh, it might not be for you. I feel well, like no, no, I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, it just felt like the first episode dragged a little bit, and I didn't realize there were two more. I wanted to see more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's two more episodes. They dropped three, and I was I was actually. <laughs> here's the thing. Like I was. I was hooked after the first episode. I, this might just to be, this might just be a divisive take. Like there might be people that just fucking watch this and get it and love it. And then there's people, you know, that are just fucking like, no, this is not for me after the first episode. I think this might be like a niche kind of thing where some people like it and then some people don't. Um, I, I unabashedly love this thing. It's fucking, it's a Tupperware for me so far. First three episodes. I'd be interested, Jake, I'd be interested to hear what you thought about Chapelweight. And, and I would not be surprised if you fucking hated this thing. I might be like on an island of, of, of loving this fucking show by myself. And you know what? I don't care. I love it. I'm, 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 I'm hipster Brian now, right now. Loving, <laughs> loving my Chapelweight. Yeah, I plan on checking it out. I, I, it's, interesting how divisive the the opinions of the show are but yeah i'm i'm right there with you i'm a big fan of stephen king like you know his his written work and i'm definitely familiar with the stories so yeah i'll probably give this a look is it supposed to be just a maxi series because i i can't imagine it's going to go more than one season or at that point we're salem's lot i think it's just going to go to the one season i would imagine I, i i haven't heard otherwise so i fucking love it i can't wait for the next episode I don't think it's as divisive as you think. I think that the, yeah. the first episode showed a lot of potential. It was just a matter of let's get to it, and but it wasn't I, there. The first episode, I think, showed hints of I mean, uh, Fear Street 1666, which was great. The only reason I don't think it's as divisive is because I think only five people in the world subscribe to Epics. Yes. Yes, but I don't think it's as divisive as you think it is. I think that it's got potential. I I think that I could go out on – Jake, I think that I could go out on the street tomorrow and and every person I encountered, I could walk into every store tomorrow. I could walk through Walmart and I could walk through every fucking store. I could go through a Kohl's. I could go through – is Bergner still around, Jake? Do they still have Bergner's? Is Bergner's gone? It is. Oh. <laughs> I'm I'm learning right now that there is no more Bergners. R.I.P. Bergners. Hashtag R.I.B. Bergners. Jake, my mom. If you can find one person that has an Epic subscription, yes. No way. I Jake, I could I could dial random phone numbers tomorrow all day. At the same time that I'm walking through stores, department stores tomorrow, and I could ask people randomly, do you have an Epics subscription? Jake, 
If if seriously, that should be a movie. Remember the like the clickbait. If you have five million views on this video, we're gonna kill this guy. There could be a movie where uh, they send me out into the world to find someone with an epic subscription. You'll survive. I know. I have twenty four hours. I will not, Willie. I'm dead. I'm dead. I am fucking dead. I am dead. If they give me twenty four hours to fucking find someone out in the, I can't get on the internet and pose the question, but out in the real world, knocking on doors and asking people oh, if they. No, no, no. Oh no! I, I thought you were saying like if you get five million subscriptions, you'll live. No, no like you'll die. The opposite. No, you're fine. Jake, I don't understand Willie as a human being. <laughs> I was I was lost on that comment. I was definitely like, I cannot be the person to help fill the silence right here. Yeah, I don't. I don't. What's going on? I don't. I, I don't understand Willie. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't. Not only could you not find someone that had an Epic subscription, I'd be shocked if you could <clears throat> find someone that knew what an Epic subscription. Was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Let's double down on that, Jake. <laughs> Let's double down on that. Not only do I have to like, 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 seriously, like the first hurdle is finding somebody with an Epic subscription. The second hurdle is actually finding somebody that knows what fucking Epics is. Yeah. Name three shows on Epics. If someone to answer that question, I'll give you a million dollars. <laughs> it's like, fuck, fuck. There's no way. Nobody knows what the fuck Epics is. Anyway, uh, last thing in Good Pop, Bad Pop is Vacation Friends. Uh, Jake, Vacation Friends, Marcus and Emily enjoy an unusual week with uh, without inhibitions when they meet new friends on vacation. But they are horrified when Ron and Kyla show up uninvited to their wedding. Uh, vacation Friends, uh, this dropped on Hulu. This, uh, it's directed by Clay Tarver, who was a producer on Silicon Valley, uh, who co-wrote the screenplay with Tom Mullen, Tim Mullen, Jonathan Goldstein, and John Francis Daly. Um, it stars John Cena, Lil Rel Howery, uh, Yvonne Orji, Meredith Hagner, Robert Wisdom, Lynn Whitfield, and Andrew Batchelor. Um, I was excited for this movie when I first saw, like, uh, the, uh, the poster and the trailer and John Cena and Lil Rah Howery. And, um, I think it's honestly, I think it's better than I, than I thought it was going to be. I'll give it a high taste that I, I kind of liked it. I don't think it was like super fucking hysterical, but I thought it was fun enough and I, I liked it. So what did you think about vacation friends? I was, I'm right there with you. It's a high taste it for me as well. There were definitely some moments that I thought were really funny. It was both very predictable and unexpected at the same time. It, it was kind of weird like that. Like you knew where the story beats were going, but you weren't sure where the humor was going to come from. And there was definitely some really funny stuff here. I lost my shit when they ate the mushrooms and all of a sudden they were in the beastie voice. So what, <laughs> what you want video? Yes. Oh, I, I left very hard at that sequence yeah um, yeah i thought everyone was was pretty great in this everyone brought their a game and was very very funny for a stupid stupid lowbrow hulu comedy yeah yeah what did you hey, tristan did you get a chance to watch this no i didn't get a chance to watch this one all right vacation friends willie did you watch vacation friends i did not it's just me and you jake I tried. I tried. I know you did, Willie. We all know you did. You didn't even have to tell us that. We all know. 60 episodes. We know you tried. 
<laughs> I just say that. You did now. You did this. <laughs> I know. Well, shit, man. You fucking, you've been browbeating me this entire episode. I'm trying to let it go. You didn't let it go. Okay. Oh, okay. You're trying to let it go. That's a false statement that's been on this entire podcast. <laughs> oh, my God, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking people are going to view me as the villain of this episode, Jake. But I swear, I swear that fucking, 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 fucking Willie has been. It's me. It's me. I'm the victim here. No, I'm the villain because I drank too much. And that stupid statement I made last about fucking finding Epic subscribers, it didn't work. And it's wrong. And you know what? I'm the villain. And I'm sorry, Brian. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I brought up the 60 fucking videos. I'm sorry. <laughs> Damn, Willie is pretty drunk. I didn't realize he until is, my last yeah. statement. Yeah. <laughs> Willie's there, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, this was fun. I highly, if you have a Hulu subscription, yeah. I, I think this is a must-watch. I liked it, man. I liked it. I really did like this one quite a bit. I thought John Cena was fun, and I think it had like a, I don't know, it was a sweet little friendship between them. And they, I love the fact, like the first time we see John Cena in this movie, um, with his uh, with his girlfriend, there's fucking they're on a jet ski and she's smoking a bowl behind them. <laughs> John Cena does a lot of comedy movies where he's big into the drugs. This yeah, seems to be a thing. <laughs> He's funny, man. He's fucking funny. Yeah, vacation friends. I'll give it a high taste. It, man. It was fun. It was fun. Would Jake? Would it? Would your rating bump up if you were watching it with a group of people? Mm, I don't know. I don't yeah. know if this would be a, a good theater experience or not. I, I don't know. I. You know what? I I compared this a lot to the wrong Missy for some reason. While I oh, the watching. wrong Missy is way better than this. And I thought that was way better. Like, way funnier. The one I wish I would have saw like with the full crowd. I think that would have been a great. You're experience. not alone. You're not alone. Comparing. That's a great film. Oh, it's a fucking fantastic comedy, Jake. You're oh, not wrong God. comparing it to that movie because I did as I did as well. Yeah, yeah. It really felt like it was a little bit of the same formula. Yeah. I don't know. Let's uh, let's just jump into one news story and then we're gonna end this bitch. Fucking, I feel like I feel like fucking Willie has just like raked me over the fucking. Coals. I, don't, I don't know how much more torture we can take from Willie. <laughs> I don't know, dude. You fucking Willie. I feel like people are gonna fucking listen to this and they're gonna be like, I can't believe Brian's treating Willie like this. And I feel like. Willie, you've raked me over the coals this episode. You have fucking, like, I get it, dude. You haven't been here for 60 episodes. You have made that known. And you have fucking, you made me feel that, man. Seriously. I feel it, dude. You fucking, (laughs) you have fucking, you have beaten that into me like nobody else has ever fucking beaten anything into me before. Ever. Ever. No, no. Now you're playing the victim again. You're playing the fucking victim. You're playing the fucking victim. Seriously, I feel like you're fucking Valerie Bertinelli in every fucking Lifetime movie right now. And like, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Let's jump in the wrong Missy. The wrong Missy. 
she's just like the perfect balance of fun and batshit crazy. Um, I love her. Either people loved that movie, Willie, or they hated it, and I was on the side of I fucking absolutely love it, and I thought David Spade was great in it, and I thought whoever the fuck that girl is, I don't remember her name, Jake. Do you know her name? Are you talking about in the wrong Missy? Yeah. Laura oh, Lapkus? Yeah. What's her name? Lauren Lapkus. Lauren Lapkus, Lauren Lapkus. yeah. She's funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I listen to her podcast, Newcomers, where they uh, watch movie franchises. Her and Nicole Byer watch movie franchises for the first time. Oh, that's uh, they right. Started, yeah. They started with Star Wars, moved on to Lord of the Rings, and now they're doing all the uh, Fast and the Furious movies. And those have been really great podcasts. Jake, you just told me. You just told me today. <laughs> Jake, you just told me today. We were. To- I don't know why I'm talking like this. Um, Jake, you just told me today. That uh, you rewatched uh, all the Lord of the Rings movies, the extended editions, in one day. Yeah, yeah, we got up at like eight in the morning, and <laughs> it was like right before midnight. I think we finished. <laughs> that like is an awesome day. That is fucking insane, bro. Yeah, it was crazy. It's the first time I've ever done. I don't even know if I've watched two in one day before. I'm surprised. Hold on, I'm surprised that you watched the extended editions because you are so. You are so, like, on this show, you are so adamant about the extended editions. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to hear this. I got to hear this. I got to hear this. There's a couple moments where it's a little bit different. Like, definitely in Return of the King, I thought it was complete bullshit that Christopher Lee is kind of the main villain in two movies. Yes. And then they his scenes hit the cutting room floor. Yes. When it comes to the theatrical. Film. He boycotted. He boycotted that movie. He didn't go to the premiere of that movie because he was cut from it. I thought that was a very justified thing to be upset about. It is. It is. Do you, hey, fun fact. Uh, fucking uh, Christopher Lee is the only member of the Lord of the Rings cast that ever met the real Tolkien in, in real life. Wow. I believe it. He was a mega, mega, mega fan. At one point, he wanted he wanted to be Gandalf. He auditioned to be Gandalf in that movie. Did you know, hey, listen to this shit, dude. I just found that, this out recently. Um, do you know who they really, uh, who, who, who was uh, pursuing the role of uh, Elrond? No. Hugo Weaving got the part, right, Jake? Mm-hmm. Do you know who wanted the part? Who aud- who auditioned for the part and got turned down? Was it Bowie? David Bowie. Yeah, yeah, wow. I actually heard that. Do you know why he got turned down? Listen to this bullshit. Do you know why he got turned down? No. Was it too old? Peter Jackson said that it would uh, it, it would take away that they wanted a lesser known guy for the role because they didn't want people to focus on the fact that it was Bowie. Listen to this though. Fucking Hugo Weaving's coming off like two years earlier, the biggest movie fucking ever, The Matrix. Number Yeah, I mean Hold on. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. Listen to this shit, Jake. Who did they want originally to play Gandalf? Sean fucking Connery. Sean fucking Connery. So you're telling me that Peter Jackson, Peter Jackson didn't want fucking people to, um, uh, get, get obsessed with the fact that there's a bigger name in the fucking movie that would distract people when he's going after Sean Connery for fucking Gandalf. 
get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that's a little bit, a little bit this, a little bit that. I you fucking can't have it both ways. Listen, listen. I think David Bowie would have made a great Elrond. I'm not saying that Hugo Weaving was bad. He was really good. And like, but I, but I honestly feel that it's kind of bullshit that fucking David Bowie was turned down for those reasons. When do you see what I'm saying? Oh yeah, yeah, I agree. It is. A, it, it's a little bit hypocritical for him to do that. Yeah, it's. I. You're right, though. It's kind of the exception that proves the rule. I I usually do watch the extended editions of Lord of the Rings when I watch them. I, I feel like a lot of that footage was really hard to not include in the movie, especially the Christopher, Christopher Lee, Lee stuff. stuff like, yeah, it just makes no fucking sense why you wouldn't conclude that character when he's, you know, such a main part of the other two movies. So. Yeah, dude, fucking. Uh... I'm going to tip my hat to you, sir, for watching all three extended editions in one day. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. I watched all five Spider-Man movies last week as well. That was pretty fun. Dude, um, I feel like that trailer fucking made me want to watch the, the at least the first two Raimi movies. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. watched the first two Raimi movies in one day, and then I, I think Spider-Man 3 and Amazing Spider-Man 1 the next day, and then Spider-Man 2 after that, and... uh yeah, it was pretty fun. I, I didn't like the Garfield stuff any more or any less watching it a second time. It was just, <laughs> I, I don't think I'd seen Amazing Spider-Man 2 since the theater. Yeah, um, it's bad. I've forgotten the thing. abomination of what they made the Green Goblin look like in that movie. Oh, Dane DeHaan? Uh, yeah, woof. <laughs> I was like, I, I completely like had washed that from my brain. Yeah, so yeah. Man. Listen, everybody that's seeing the rumors that uh, fucking uh, – is it Dane DeHaan or Dane DeHaan? I think it's – I don't know. I don't I, know. I've always said Dane DeHaan. I thought it was DeHaan. Uh, there are rumors that he's coming back in uh, No Way Home as well as – I think they've said um, Emma Watson. Not Emma Watson. Who? What's her fucking name? Emma Stone. Oh, Stone. Emma Stone. It's bullshit. They're not coming back. They're not doing that. But there is rumors that uh, 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 the other Mary Jane is coming back, right? Chris, uh, Kristen, Dunst. Kristen Dunst. There is a rumor that she's coming back. Yes, there is that rumor that we will see her in this movie. Yes. I mean, if we go to the Raimi-verse, I mean, those two are pretty much happily ever after there. So right. it makes no sense to not see her. Yeah, there is that rumor that we will see her in the movie, and I would not be surprised if we did. Yeah. Do you know she's married to Jesse Plemons? I did know that. That is I so... no idea. Yeah, dude, that is fucking beautiful, man. Yeah, what a cute couple. They are awesome. I love Jesse Plemons. I love the fact that they're fucking married. They met on the, on, on Fargo season two. Yeah, that's awesome. That, I love that it. Seems like a really cool couple. Fuck I'd yeah. love to have a beer with them. Oh yeah. Fucking, ah. Uh, two wonderful gingers, Jake. <laughs> my only the only the only two favorite gingers that i have beside them are fucking paul hart and matt kirby i love them mm, i was gonna say ale ginger ale yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know what i you know what <laughs> i i go i go with i go with two personal friends and you go with a with a carbonated beverage <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, it's hot. You know, I could use a nice cold drink. You know what? What's Hart and Matt Kirby going to do for me? I'm parched. Dude, if your tummy is hurting a little bit, if you got an upset tummy, ginger ale hits the spot. But Matt Kirby and Paul Hart do nothing for an upset tummy. Yeah, you get where I'm going. Oh, uh, you you know what you know what sends my tummy into a tizzy? Willie. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Willie, you send my tummy into a tizzy, sir. <laughs> You're picking on me now. Oh god. Oh god. Oh uh, Jake, I'm gonna get the emails. I'm gonna get the emails that I don't like the way that you treated Willie on the last episode. <laughs> Willie, I you're think, I think this is this is a very low offense. I don't think you've been too mean to Willie. <laughs> no, listen, for anyone listening, Brian has not been mean to me at all. This is fun. This is great. <laughs> Willie sounds like he's been held at gunpoint. <laughs> <laughs> they are treating me very nice here. <laughs> well, <laughs> full, full, full transparency, full transparency for anyone listening. At five million, at five million downloads of this episode, I'm gonna kill Willie. <laughs> full transparency for anyone listening. The first time I was on was as a fan, and Brian busted like busted my chops a few times. Yeah. And I, I, I've heard that that fans that come on the show get a little sensitive. Yes. And it's I was happened. like, it's I happened. Like, what the fuck? This is great. This like has has people have people not listened to the show. So like, I love this shit, dude. Like, I, you're great. We, I, I so so what changed, any other way? <laughs> huh? well, yeah. What happened between then and what now? Yeah. yeah. What do you mean? I'm fucking around, dude. <laughs> Did you guys lose your sense of humor? What the hell? You know, I'm fucking around. <laughs> Jake, Jake, what did you, you? I think you broke Willie. I didn't mean to. <laughs> I was joking around as well. Actually, we, Jake, remember we had uh, we had a guy that we were going to have on for one episode, and like before we even recorded, I think I remember when I offended that one dude. Oh, I'll never forget. This is one of my favorite PCL moments. You're talking to Jake right now. Please tell us all because it sounds great. Hold on. There was there was an episode that we were going to record. We were going to have this guy on. And, uh, before we even recorded, I, I, I fucking offended this guy or something. Remember that, Jake? Like, I fucking. Like I said, I'll never forget. He got super fucking mad. He got super fucking butt hurt and then, like, said, like, uh. He, like, made up an excuse of why he couldn't record. Why he couldn't record. And so then I, Paul Hart, like a fucking, like, uh, you know, Bonnie Tyler's, uh, you know, uh, holding out for a hero, fucking Paul Hart recorded with us that (laughs) night. And he fucking Paul Hart saved the fucking episode, but this guy bailed on us because he didn't like, you know, it was, it's like one thing to listen to me, and then it's like another thing to actually interact with me. I guess, Jay. Well, his <laughs> audio, his audio wasn't a hundred percent, if I remember clearly. Yeah, yeah, there was a and problem. We were, yes, we were busting his balls about his audio. Yeah, and rather than make any attempt to like fixed the problem, he just got very, very offended. Very offended, and then I got I. And then he wouldn't record with us at night because he was just like, we'll try it again another time. And then I got an, I got an email from this guy probably a couple days later or something. And it was basically kind of like, I can't, I don't, I don't even know if I have the email. I, I can't pull it up right now, but it was basically like, 
I, I, you know, I prepared for your show and I had all these stories ready to go and you treated me like shit and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and fuck you. You're an asshole. And I can't believe this. And, and, um, Fuck that. Well, hold on, hold on. Here's it, it. Here's the thing. Um, so I did not respond. I did not respond to the email because I was just like, okay, like you know, this guy's clearly fucking trying to bait me into some sort of like argument now. So I didn't respond. He got to speak his mind. He got his feelings out there, and that's how he felt about the whole situation. That's not how I wanted this to go down. That's just I kind of like you know. <clears throat> When I have people on the show and I do bust their balls, that's just my way of like breaking them, breaking them into like this environment. Like that's just the environment that we have here. It's not to hurt anybody. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. It's just like, that's like you're going through the fires of like doing this podcast with us. And like, that's how we break you in. It has nothing to do with and that's what i love about you willie tonight is like i will fucking i'll say shit you'll say shit but at the end of the day you're still a fucking fan and you're fucking sticking it out and i love that about yeah, I love you. you and so but this guy fucking said he said a bunch of mean shit in this fucking email and i didn't respond i i think people and there are many people jake jake and i don't send you these emails i delete them most of the time i've sent you a few but, uh, like, they'll say mean things, and I think that they're expecting, like, they listen to me on the show, they expect me to fucking get all heated up and, like, respond and and say, like, well, fuck you, and blah, 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 blah. And I used to do that when we fucking first started, but after a while, I just didn't care anymore. And so I just stopped. I just stopped. There's no reason for it. So I didn't respond to this guy, and I would say a week later after I didn't respond to this guy, and I don't know if he listens now or not, I haven't heard from him since, but he, he fucking sent me an email and said he was sorry. And he shouldn't have reacted that way, and he's sorry for sending the email, and I said, nah, it's no worries, whatever, I, you know, it's water under the bridge. But, um, it's never, it's never been my in intention to, to hurt anyone or make anyone feel any less of like who they are, um, on this well, show. It's busting balls is kind of like, I think it's just kind of like a rite of passage on this show, Jake. Like we all bust each other's balls and I love it when it gets to the point where like we're fucking busting somebody's balls and they just, and they, and you've heard it on past episodes. I know the listeners have listened and they've heard Paul has said it. I've heard fucking the sweetest Paul has said, fuck you to me before on episodes and I die. I fucking die laughing. I love it. I love it. When I can get the sweetest person in the world to tell me to fuck off, it is the funniest thing to me. And, um, yeah, that's, I guess, where I'm going with this one, Jake. For what it's worth, oh, yeah. for what it's worth, the first time I was on here, I was in my living room, and I went to put the mic on, and it was echoing like crazy. Yeah. And here I am on my favorite podcast for the first time, and you guys are fucking, Brian, especially you, are busting my balls. <laughs> and the whole time, this is my first impression of the show as, like, a guest. Yeah. I laughed my ass off running to the bedroom that's more like closed in with sound yeah and putting the mic on and, and as you're busting my fucking balls i'm laughing my ass off and the whole thing is i figured this is the greatest thing it's like this is awesome because it's like you feel like you're, you're part of the crew dude it's like if, if you're so sensitive to that it's like it's, have you not heard the show 
Is it not, Jake, is it, is it or is it not part of like the fucking like ritual of being like part of the show of us busting somebody's balls? Cause we kind of want to feel them out. Like what kind of person are they? Can they fucking handle for sure. this? And I, for sure. And I think it's worth doing that shit before we even hit record. Yeah. But we're better off reading out the people that can't handle it before we even start the episode than we are taking it to that level after we hit record and having some super awkward moment hit the show. Yeah. I've busted your balls, Tristan, in the past. You know I have, but it's all been in fun. Yeah, yeah. And I've also uh, fought back. Yes, you have. You have fucking... <laughs> mother Fucking Tristan, Jake, has stood up to me in the past. You know he has. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. I... I I think we've done enough of a public service annou- announcement that you've cut the emails by 50% at this point. <laughs> Anyone still send me an email, please stop. Brian, Jake, and tonight Tristan have been amazing. Um, I'm so glad as a fan to come back here. And it's fucking awesome, dude. And you can pick on me all you want. It's part of the fucking show. Anyone has an issue with that, fucking listen to more episodes. You should know what you're getting into, dude. Uh, that's yeah. Bad, that's, bad, that's bad advice. If you hate this show, don't listen to more episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said, listen to the show, you should know what you're getting into. It's not hate the show, it's, it's, yeah, dude. Well, if they... It was a pleasure, whether you intended it or not, I was laughing my ass off, like, multiple times due to shit you were saying. I, 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 I... I don't know what, I don't know. Th- th- this show is dumb. I hate doing this shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You've had one too many beers. It's on. Oh, this man. show is dumb. It's my, it's my, now you, now you're starting. Uh, I'm back and you're saying this show is dumb. Last thing that I, last thing that I want to talk about here real quick is, did you guys read the, um, this, yeah, let's jump into the pop culture leftovers news. I'm just going to do one story because we do need to wrap. Did you notice when I said we need to rap and then he goes into a full rap there, Jake? <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Great segue. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, very well done. I know. What a what a transition. Um, I got this from Cinema Blend, but it's all over the fucking internet. Ghostbusters Afterlife has screened. Have you guys, Jake? Did you read the reactions to Ghostbusters Afterlife? I did. What are your thoughts on the, uh, well, well, let me read a couple here. Cinema Blends Sean O'Connell says, saw Ghostbusters Afterlife at CinemaCon. CinemaCon happened. That's where the, uh, it happens in Las Vegas. It's, it's their, their convention there. And, uh, that's where Sony dropped the, uh, No Way Home trailer. Uh, but they, they let people that were at CinemaCon watch Ghostbusters Afterlife and Sean O'Connell from uh Cinema Blend said uh saw Ghostbusters Afterlife at CinemaCon and it's good. A solid continuation of the original two films. Nostalgia for the original and a strong turn by McKenna Grace as Egon's uh granddaughter. Paul Rudd gets the best lines. Fans will dig it. Uh Scott Menzel says Ghostbusters Afterlife is the Ghostbusters sequel that I've been waiting all my life to see. It is nostalgia done right, a perfect blend of classic Ghostbusters moments with 
a fresh and unique twist for a whole new generation to enjoy. I got goosebumps. Lauren Huff from Entertainment Weekly says, Ghostbusters fans are going to be thrilled with Ghostbusters Afterlife, I think. I'm afraid to say much more than that, but there's a lot to love. Easter eggs and nostalgia fill just about every frame. But the story still manages to feel fresh and new. Uh, Jason, Jason from The Insider says, Ghostbusters Afterlife, wow, was not expecting how heartfelt it is. It has a very childlife Spielberg vibe to it. And Jason Reitman is extremely loyal to the original. Jermaine Lucier from io9 says, Ghostbusters Afterlife is the sequel fans have been waiting decades for. For better and worse, it's got great new characters, lots of surprises, and plenty of laughs with just the right amount of nostalgia. I loved so much of it. However, it's not without some issues. Mainly, it packs so much into it. There are big leaps in logic and plot that hold it back from really firing on every cylinder. When it works, the when it uh, when it works, though, especially the kid stuff, damn, it works. Just at times, it doesn't. Overall, though, I cheered, cried, and can't wait to watch again. So those are just a few of the reactions uh, from uh, some of the critics that watched Ghostbusters Afterlife at CinemaCon. Jake, does this... does Do these reactions have you a little bit more hopeful, or are you still standing by that this movie is and I dude dude listen I know how you feel about this I know how you feel from the trailers and I 100% get it but does do these reactions get you a little bit more excited or are you are you are you looking at this cuz honestly like I feel like these are like good reviews but they're not glowing reviews Right. Yeah. Yeah. These these reactions they feel like honest reactions. It's not like they're showing it to just investors that have financial stake in this movie succeeding. So uh, I mean, these critics, if if they didn't like it, they could honestly say they didn't like it. Yeah. You know, they're not being held at gunpoint like Willie to say like Brian isn't being mean to him. <laughs> um, I am. I am a bit more excited hearing these reviews honestly uh one of my biggest worries that it was just a big member berries nostalgia fueled sequel and hearing a couple of these quotes say that they do pack the jokes that it is funny that paul rudd has good stuff yeah um it does make me a bit excited my, my biggest problem with the trailer and i tossed the trailer was that to me it just was completely devoid of any humor yeah. whatsoever and it was just way overly serious for what I wanted from a Ghostbusters movie. Right. So I maybe that's just the tone of the trailer that they wanted to strike with the first trailer and we'll see a little bit more of a, a comedy based trailer. I mean it's it's a double edged sword because I also don't want to see all the funny jokes before I see this movie. Right. But I would just like some like proof that at the end of the day we did make a comedy here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean and I think Jake like I at the end of the day, I feel like, I'll be honest with you, like, these quotes have me, <sighs> these quotes actually have me less excited. And I, let me explain, is because they're saying, like, Paul Rudd has, like, the best lines in this movie, and that there is a lot of nostalgia, but, it, you know, fans are going to like this movie. I just, 
at the end of the day, now that I think about it, like, there's no way you're going to be able to cut fucking... There's no way that this movie's going to be able to recreate what they did with that first movie. With fucking taking Harold Ramis and, you know, who I think is brilliant... And taking Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray fresh off of Saturday Night Live, who I think are, you know, fucking brilliant guys. And I, I don't know if they can capture that kind of magic again. I think that this is going to be good, but I don't think it's going to be great at the end of the day. I don't, I don't think we're ever going to get fucking Ghostbusters magic ever again. I yeah, think- this is. I just don't want this movie. I just don't want the Stranger Things version of Ghostbusters. With I get Ghostbusters it. Lore. I get it. I get it. I get it. I. I don't think that. I think that these quotes sound really. They sound great. Like it sounds like they enjoyed the movie. But like at the end of the day, I don't think that this is gonna fucking reinvent the wheel, right? At you know, I don't think it's no, gonna. No, yeah. no. And I don't expect it to. You know, it's like. I mean, let's be honest, like Ghostbusters 2 didn't live up to the first one. Sure. So it's like they haven't been able to replicate what they did in that first movie. So, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't, I don't expect them to. I just want something that is what these reviews are saying, which is basically something that honors the original and, you know, gives you an appreciation for it. Something that's nostalgic that makes you remember that original one. And yeah. according to the reviews, it sounds like it does that. Mm. Um, yeah, Willie. I, I, this was my most anticipated movie so far this year. Yeah. And, um, between this and the last Daniel Craig Bond. And, uh, I gotta tell you, after listening to you guys making so much sense, thank you for not taking air out of my tires. You freaking slashed them. Because what you're saying makes a lot of sense, and I'm like, now I'm now I'm now I'm worried. No, don't worry. I I I hope honestly, I hope that I hope that everybody goes into this and absolute. I hope that people love it. Um, I mean, you, you guys made sense. I mean, I know it's not going to be 2016 or whatever year. That yeah, was. yeah. Ghostbusters it's, answer the call. I think it's going to be good, like you said. Yeah, maybe not great, but I think it's going to be good. Um, just the fact that this is one of the few movies that they said, fuck it, we're going to show it to you. Right. Means they have some confidence in it. Yeah. As long as it's better, if it's better than two, I'll be happy as can be. Yeah. Yeah. And Jake, I think you'd be happy with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big, I, I shit on two all the time. I, ha, better than two is, is, you did a pretty good job. Oh yeah. I, there's, there was that. <laughs> In part two, I always did love, um, <laughs> Jake, you're gonna hate me here. I always did love it when they fucking took the, I loved it when they took the Statue of Liberty out in the street. Yeah, <laughs> and I, she's do, all I like do hate you. <laughs> Dude, it's that so it's, it's the, your love, your love, I love it. I love it. Oh my god. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Your love take me higher and I've ever yes, been lifted. Yes, he did his own version of the song too. Uh, what's that? Yeah. Bob the Bobby Brown Ghostbusters song from Ghostbusters too. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? How did that song go? How did that song go? I can't, I can't do that. I guess that's why. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Get it. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, I know exactly who I don't want to sing that song at karaoke, and it's Willie. <laughs> no, what are you talking about, dude? That was magical. You know that. <laughs> Honestly, I think I heard Whitney Houston screaming in the afterlife after you sang. Bobby with his his hands around her neck, dude. Oh, he didn't abuse her. Oh, she was crack. Yeah. Oh, so they were just doing crack. Yeah, that was just crack. Oh man, I, dude, dude, that Whitney Houston biopic. Who they got playing Whitney Houston in that? I don't know. Is that shooting? I don't know if it's shooting right now. I love Whitney Houston. Oh, yeah. What a voice. Dude, I fucking, yeah. Oh, shit. She's my top. As far as female artists, as far as, like, her fucking hitting those notes, man. Jesus Christ. When she was on top of her game, Whitney, nobody nobody had a voice like Whitney. No, not at all. Ever. Ever. Mariah Carey, you tried. You're a close second. She was up there. Yeah. Yeah, but nobody's like Whitney. Nobody's yeah, Whitney, 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 the the national anthem. Oh my god! Oh man, what do we do? What do we? Uh, what do we? Let's end this, Jake. Are you done? I'm done. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's end it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't want to talk about Whitney Houston, dude? I, I, trust me, there's been <laughs> been plenty of. Ep- I could talk about Whitney Houston. I grew up listening to Whitney Houston. I love Whitney Houston. I fucking love it. Dude, anytime Whitney Houston comes on the radio, I fucking crank that shit up. That's the God's honest. I fucking okay. love Whitney. I don't Beat care. On that I, one. I'll, fucking, I'll fucking roll the windows down and, and, and crank it up. Uh, I, I don't care. If she wants to dance with somebody, I'm going to let everybody fucking know on the road. <laughs> I want to dance with somebody. I want to feel the heat with somebody. I'm going to let everybody know when I'm fucking driving down the road that Whitney wants to dance with somebody. I don't give a fuck. I have no shame. I fucking love that song. Brian, can can we watch The Bodyguard together, please? Willie, that is the last thing I'm ever going to do in my life. All right, let's uh, let's wrap this fucking bitch up. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, Ghostbusters Afterlife comes out. I think it's November 11th, Jake. I could be wrong. Yeah, it's going to be a busy couple months. November, December is like so cram-packed with movies. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know if we're going to do like a uh, dedicated uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife episode, but we definitely will be talking about it. But, uh, yeah, uh, Tristan, thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Great time. Oh, man, I, I don't... I, Jake, I, I don't think I believe Tristan. I believe him. Do I'm you? Sincere. I do. Since, yeah, I, keep, I keep accepting your request to come back, so, I mean, I'm not just trying to be a people pleaser here. Yeah, that's true. You are... You, you're like... Uh, you're a glutton for punishment, apparently. <laughs> 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 and Willie... Oh. Thank you for thank you for coming back after sixty episodes in case people forgot. <laughs> like I haven't heard that the entire fucking episode. It's been sixty episodes. I haven't been said anything. You brought it back up. <laughs> even after even after Tristan said he's he's implied he's tired of your request for him to come back. I didn't say anything. I did not say anything. 
So you're bringing this back up, and, and Brian, I, I don't think we should live in the past, dude. Let's move forward. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm the one that keeps regurgitating this bullshit. That was three hours ago. Let's move forward. I know. I know. Oh I, my god. Oh my god. No, it, good material. it turns in, no, it went from, it went, it went from Willie being bitter and bringing it up to me fucking being the bitter one by the end of it. You're, it, Willie, you are toxic, sir. <laughs> Willie, where, I, I want to watch Bodyguard with you. Let, Will, let's watch Bodyguard together. Come on. No, um, Willie, where can, where can, when, when I'm not watching the bodyguard with you, which will never happen, where can, where can people find you? Uh, Willie Ranson Reviews, uh, Willie with a Y, um, on YouTube. There you go. Check it out. Willie Ranson Reviews. You get, you get your daughter involved in these as well. She does the reaction videos with, with me. Yeah. And they are real reactions, which we see the trailers the first time we don't over you know do our thing even though I'm gonna probably cheat a little bit on the Spider-Man one because I did see it with you guys so I'm just being honest full transparency and Brian if it's okay with you I would like to do a reaction video watching the bodyguard together it's not okay with me (laughs) (laughs) yeah this joke has gone on too long right yeah (laughs) <laughs> I'm I'm actually a little sensitive about my body right now after talking about you <laughs> talking with you I'm having I'm having some body issues right now with just talking to you about the bodyguard movie so that's not fun but uh yeah we will be back next week uh next week is Shang-Chi I'm so excited nice nice, nice. you care if I do a quick plug real quick Whoa, Jake, you're doing a plug? I'm going to do a quick plug. What are you doing a plug for? What the fuck are you doing? I made it, I made an appearance on the Leftover Army Monsters podcast this week with uh, the great Daniel Hepner, Amanda Albers, and Eric Marable. Uh, Kay Hadi is also a guest on this episode. And we discussed Godzilla from 1998, the uh, Dean Devlin Roland Emmerich movie starring Matthew Broderick. Uh, it is the first time I've watched this movie since opening night in the theater, and uh, it's a very, very fun podcast. I will, I will tell you this: there's one person on the podcast that loves this movie, and everyone else pretty much thinks it's dog shit. So, uh, so it's, it's, it's a fun podcast. Holy uh, shit! Everyone, give it a listen. Just uh, search "Leftover Army" in whatever podcast app you use. Wow. I want to make a comment. How long have we been recording? This is like the longest we've ever gone without like more than one break, huh? This is like insane. Uh, shit. We had like, there's usually like a multiple Jake breaks. Oh my god, this is like fucking two hours and 51 minutes, dude. Yeah, I only drank two cups of coffee, so I was able no, to. And, it's, and full transparency, I was able to pee extra during the Candyman review. <laughs> 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 you took a fucking piss during the Candyman. Re- so you got up and left and took a piss. No, I, I had you on mute. I was pissing with you guys on. <laughs> it was clearly during my monologue. He's <laughs> laughing because it's true. Jake is laughing because it's true. Oh yeah, it was. It was definitely when Willie was going off, right? Oh yeah, yeah I knew I had like, the most ample time. I'm gonna piss right point. now. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, guys. All right, we'll be back next week. Going to be reviewing Shang-Chi. And uh, just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. And Willie will be back in 179 episodes. <laughs> Start counting down, folks. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. No, no, it's not. <laughs> I enjoyed you, Willie. <laughs> you enjoyed Willie? Oh, okay, come out right. I'm not. Yeah. No, yeah, I did yeah. not. I did not mean that in a like perverted what you want way. Like Tristan, it's no. <laughs> I did yeah, not. We're all very acceptable on this podcast. <laughs> okay, well, we're not because sure. I'm going to be there in 170 episodes because we're not all acceptable. So it's fine. <laughs> oh God, Jake! I don't know if I can handle Willie ever again. It's a little. Tristan, no, it's no. a little bit too much Willie to handle. <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much Willie. <laughs> what was the name of that fucking Will Smith album? Big Willie style? Big Willie style. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not, not to be confused with Willinium. Oh. <laughs> There's an album called Willinium? Yeah. Like, yeah, there is. Oh my god, I didn't even know that. That sounds horrible. Uh, <laughs> I wish I could hold a lot of copies. At the end of the day, I wish I could title this episode "Big Willie Style," <laughs> but I'm worried. I'm worried about getting sued by Will Smith. Actually, that might bring some attention to the podcast, Jake. I should probably consider that. All right, guys. Just like all good leftovers, saying their doggy bags. Yada yada yada. We'll see you. Whatever. Later. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Gonna toss it, gonna take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carryover, counterculture, pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and we're the shaft of crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, pushover, pop culture, leftovers, and with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Pop, 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 pop
we love it. Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushover. Pop culture. Leftover. Uncool kids. What's his already been said. Leftovers. Only talent. It's the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.